captured Bastard Callista. We have been betrayed. The Warmaster has turned from the light of the Emperor. No, it cannot be. Why would Horus do this? He has fallen to darkness. We must flee the system. Take these four remembrances to Terra and carry word of this heresy. The navigators tell me the warp is in turmoil. We will be ripped apart. We cannot do this. You must have faith in your ship, my old friend. Your service will be remembered. We will carry word and ensure the galaxy knows of the War Master's treachery. And when we can, we will send the Legion to reclaim your sarcophagus. Only in death does duty end. Empire, a Horus Heresy podcast. Tonight, as always, I am joined by my esteemed colleagues of all things heresy, Mr. Michael Bottrell. Hello. Mr. Robbing. Good evening. Our man in the north. And of course, our southern representative covering all four corners of the country, Chris Mills. Who's who's from the west? Oh, don't don't spoil it. It was okay. <laughs> an orphan, Rob. Oh, yeah. You guys, you guys are basically Pedantry. in Greenland. Rob's slightly lower than that. In it's Greenland? Not... Why are you asking who's west? <laughs> well, no, but learn to geography, if, Christopher. If, no, but if he's saying it's West Greenland, it's in the four corners. Oh, that's all it. Right. four corners. Zip, zip, bag, <laughs> oh, zip. Then open, surely it should be somewhere. But we're open. all. The bag of you guys were fairly east of the. What's uh, that sound effect? Well. What's that sound effect you've usually got on standby, Chris? Tangent. That one. <laughs> <laughs> Quickest <laughs> divergent after like a sentence. That's <laughs> well, your own fault. You should have, you know, what realised that there's no one in the four corners. Yeah, we're not covered. Well, I was trying to think of something, you know, because you went with the Cosby Stills and Nash things. I yeah, I put effort in. That's why. I went for a witty talk about putting the fist into fisting, but that's neither here nor there. Anyway, down England, you know, we've got we've got a couple in the north, one in the Midlands, and one in the south. Okay, thank you for clearing up exactly. Like, <clears throat> no, I resent that statement. <laughs> <laughs> You're a southerner who's moved. No, no. Okay. In Don't. Okay, let's. Can we, please, gentlemen? People yep. have already switched off by this point. They've just gone to the list channel. Joe, people listen to anyway. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Take a look. <laughs> at I don't know why I bother with the rest of it. Anyway. The rest of it's just, you know, nonsense. <laughs> right. This this month, once we eventually get to it, as you can tell, we've all obviously not really been speaking this month because nobody's been out for a game, which is, I think, is now starting to, you know, it's starting to affect my sanity, to be honest with you. I know, um, you, know you guys. It's it totally has. It's been a long time. I, can't, I was thinking today, I can't even remember mm-hmm. after the rules which is obviously at my advanced age difficult to come back from. So anyway, this month, we're going to look up this month's new releases, and there are three, four. Um, we're also having an update on what we've all been up to this month, uh, which, again, probably not the thickest bit of uh, journalism we've ever done. Um, we're, harsh going run, myself. we're going to run through this month's news. Um, Aubrey Scanner, so some has a lot of good feedback this month though, so that is something. Mm. Um, Engine Kill, 
is going to look at Titanicus news and Chris and Michael will delve into Legio Mortis, which is handy because mm. that's what I've just finished painting. Mm. And well, you can join us. I finished painting. I have no idea how to play the game. Uh, for this month's list challenge, uh, we are, and in turn, into actually this month's special episode, if you like, we are going to fly in uh, with the Raven Guard. So one thing we've been promising ourselves to do for a long time. And we have all created lists. And we've also got some listener lists in as well. Do so... Well. Sorry, let me say that, rephrase that. We have a listener's list in, but you know, I like to pick these things up. And was, um, was it just the one? one? Yeah, just the one. Just the one. Not even, so, not even one from Graham's alter ego? No, obviously yeah. not, because I, you know, I spent all my time doing time this. Doing one. the other one, yes. Yeah. So, anyway, as always, hotly contested, but this month we're looking at Raven Guard and we're going to be talking about their, uh, their narrative, um, what their rules are and what their rules they have. Um, a kind of painting guide, various different painting guides and modelling guide as well. So also as a sort of special bonus this month, we'll also be doing a mission. So something that we've got some feedback for um, is we were going to act, we actually created a specific mission for a Raven Guard scenario. So um, something for people to play along at home as and when um, that's safe. So we were also talking about that, which is quite nice. So after all of that, all of those shenanigans will just go through the list of forthcoming events in the UK and that will be it. So 20 minutes job done. Anything, anything we'll be home by, yeah, we'll be home by 20 minutes. I'm already at home. Um, Anything anybody else wants to divulge before we set course through these perilous waters. Nope. I don't think so. I I believe I'm legally obligated not to divulge, but that's fine. Okay, fair enough. Good to know. <coughs> Mr. B. No new podcasts that are coming out or anything? Oh, oh. Would you want to talk that. about that now? Okay, yeah. Oh, right, okay. We could talk about that now. Gonna, we could we talk could about that. that now. So, uh, 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 so yeah, we've got 55% of the Edge of Empire team. <laughs> as, yeah, because that's now my nickname, apparently, the 5%, but we'll carry on anyway. It could be worse. It could be 52 it could be 52, but let's not encourage that, shall we? No. We have decided, it was sort of Rob sort of jabbing us with sticks, to do a Sabbath Crusade podcast. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's a, 40K, a 40k podcast, but no, no. not, but just set in 40k. Yeah. yeah. So I think it was one of these things, we would often talked about this, um, how much we enjoyed the Gaunt's Ghost novels and that setting. And it would, we'd, we kind of thought about how we were going to do this and we'd like to do it rather than just sort of doing reviews of the books and things, but maybe almost like a historical-esque view of the things with that mm. kind of kind of um, way of doing it. I think it'd be really cool. So like Dan, lots of different Dan, things. But, Dan Carlin's hmm. Hardcore History meets Dan Abnett. Yeah, I think that's fair enough. And not just like say um, about the but, but about you know other things around that, you know, like Gaunt's mm. Ghosts and all the rest of it. So it's going to be really good fun. Really looking forward to it, and um, I think we're going to be starting out in a couple of weeks. So um, yeah, so that's going to be uh, I'm really a two-week break between episodes. So your main Edge of Empire episode, and then a couple of weeks later, uh, Straight Silver will drop yeah. into the DMs. Yeah, and it's just, it's not, not like we've got anything else to do, like you know, Company of Legends or anything in between. No, no. <laughs> Michael, and Michael should be able to seamlessly edit in the audio from the. Uh, from the trailer in here i believe uh, yes okay cool yeah and just 
just yeah. give him something else to do. Charge your power packs. Knock back your sacra. It's time for Straight Silver, the Sabbat Crusade podcast. I have been reading uh, Ghost Maker. And, That's good because you started at the proper start, which is. And I, I was I I found myself then looking on Games Workshop for what models could be used to to make Tanif. Oh yeah, it's. Well, they did do some. The Perrys did. They did, but they're long out of print. So I've been Victorian, yeah. Victorian miniatures. Yeah. All lot of best ones. Yeah, I mean, like I said, those are the sort of things we covered. The miniatures actually, we found the old rules from I think it's fourth edition. It's yeah, yeah. they're in the, yeah. the fourth head book. So, um, yeah, all very cool. Anyway, that is Straight Silver. Let's move on to new releases then. Let's do it. Okay, what are, what's next, Mr. B? Because we're not normally at this stage of the proceedings. Yeah. What we've been up to? So we really are okay. We really are. This is going to be the sh- shortest episode ever. There's not that much news either. It's all right. We've got to we've got to spend time getting the Raven Guard completely and utterly wrong. Yeah. Got to uphold the Edge of Empire tradition of legions who wear black armor and just get everything completely wrong. Yeah. Who wants to first Go on then, Rob. Oh me. Um, <laughs> right. So. Uh, after a little jingle, this is what we've uh, been up to since we were uh, last in your ear olds a month ago. Um, so I'll change the order and I'll go first then since I've been nominated. Um, I said I would build a Moirax Knight. Well, I didn't build a Moirax Knight. I built three. Mm. Oh, I like what, I like what you did there. I yeah, like yeah. I built three Moirax and I have ordered enough foam to actually store my army. Um, ordered it from Tabletop Tyrant. Oh, not, not used them before, but um, good prices. And there's not many places where you can get a foot thick single sheet of pluck foam. Um, so that was that was quite a deciding factor because I need that for the uh, Porphyrian. I've now just got to build a case around it, and I mean I've physically got to panel work and build a case around it. What's wrong uh, with an, with a two ninety nine container from um, the pound shop, or not the pound shop, obviously, and and some bubble wrap because that served me very well. To be fair. not when you don't have a car boot to put it in and you've got to put it on a train. Yeah. Ah, point well made. Point well made, sir. I have to put it in. I have to put it in taxis and trains and yes, yes, problems, problems, problems. So, so it needs to be uh, general public proof. 
okay, I rescind that as a so, potential uh, option for your army storage. Uh, yes, and, and considering it's got a porphyrian in it as well as everything else, I ain't putting it in bubble wrap. Mm-hmm. That's disaster um, all over it. Point yeah. carried. Yes, yes, I think that's another car- carried motion on that one. So, yes, yes um, I've built three of them, uh, built three Moirax, ordered the foam, working on the plans for the joinery for the figure case now. Cool. Um, Just out of interest, the Moirax, is that the one... Is that the Games Workshop one? Is that the Forge World? It's, the, it's, it's the Forge World one with the Funky Claw and the Volkite. Oh, that's very cool there. Because I've got four of them in my Mechanicum. Nice. Forge World Armager, as it were. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, that's right. It's an Armager in the other. Yeah, in the other, basically. In the other system. Yes, it's a lovely um, little kit. Heresy too. Okay. Yes, sorry. But anyway, the Forge World <laughs> ones do look better, I think. Yeah, uh, definitely, definitely. It's the uh, the armor carapace uh, aesthetic for the Mechanicum Knights. It's just lovely. So very good. That, that's what I've been up to. Uh, next, no um, painting, no squire. Uh, no, not this month. Um, not this month. I must admit, we've since the last recording, we have crossed the threshold of one year until my wedding. So there has been um, lots of organising caterers and stuff. And that's been quite rightly taking uh, a bit of a priority <laughs> over you organising the wedding, dear. I'm going to sit and paint my man dollies. Funnily enough, that ain't, that ain't going to happen. It's not going to fly. No, no it's, it's not. It's it's not going to fly. It's not going to walk. <laughs> At best, it's going to sink. Um, <laughs> Along with your potential marriage. So. Yes, exactly, exactly. <laughs> but um, so that's why I haven't done any painting this week. But for for the wedding, there's an ice cream van booked for the wedding. Well, that's. Marvellous. Is this on a tab or do we have to pay for the ice cream? No, no, no. All the ice creams are free. They will turn up and you can eat as much ice cream as you want. Just remember, Mr. B. Don't say it. But I can point, but but you've got to be nice because otherwise I'll give them photographic evidence and go, this man is diabetic. Do not serve him. Yeah. (sighs) I'll give them the photographic evidence. I'll be the Uh. bouncer. (laughs) <laughs> rugby tack you to the floor cut off his supply when you go for your third mr whippy i'll have one and i won't have any pudding yeah so interventions I'll, all round. i'll have one and no other yeah there, there, there's a pizza van coming for lunch there's an ice cream van coming in the middle and then there's a fish and chip van coming at night you know how to put a wedding on <laughs> right then who's next out the bag uh i nominate nominate oh. michael Oh, me, okay. okay. I, I said I was going to paint a Sons of Horus tactical squad, Vulcan oh, yeah. bolters for the Warlord Titan, and an Ultramarine's Contempt of Dreadnought. I failed on two of them. I didn't get the squad done or the um, tat- or the Contemptor. Um, I had a bit of a, a couple of bad weeks in the middle of the month. I just couldn't get motivated at all to do anything. But I did do a few other bits. So I got... Um, the paired Vulcan Megabolts for the Titanic. I got those done, but then I went and ordered the rest of the weapons. Does that count? Um, <laughs> well, I paint them as well. Uh, you know what I mean? I mean, painting weapons, it just doesn't feel, you know. Anyway, go on. To you, Michael, man of your talent and ability, that's almost like a like a wafer thin mint. We were saying earlier that it's a it's a fairly light episode and Michael's failed to paint something. What, what the apocalypse really is happening, isn't I it? I think that's possible. I think that's possible. And I mean, I'll be honest, I've not been in my best 
mental health, you know, the the the, the, the rubbish going on in my lungs, uh, <clears throat> sort of sorry, sort of giving me some a bad few weeks. <sighs> couldn't I couldn't get motivated because it was just it's like when I come downstairs. It's okay, Michael. Michael, we're sorry. It's yes. okay, bro. I'm trying to say, you know, when I come downstairs, I'm stuck here for the day because if I go upstairs, that's two puffs of the inhaler. And okay. the doctor's like, you can't have any more than four. A day, man. Exactly. All right, mate. Really? Are they that strict with Ventolin now? I, d- I don't know. I, this is like only my first time I've ever had an inhaler. So I haven't yeah. even lesson on how to look, use it properly yet you know well, what what you do next time this isn't me telling you off for failing to do the Before things that you said you're going go to do any further yeah this is a podcast and we could be sued horribly if whatever advice you're going to give is That's potentially well, no no the advice i'm going to say is what you do is you phone one of us if you're feeling rubbish michael all right uh, yes. you drop us a message and say give me a ring me head's a shed and we go and we go all right then. What's up, Chief? Because that's what mates do. Fair enough. I shall that's do that. Consult, you know, as far as your inhaler goes, stick entirely to your doctor's recommendation <laughs> and ignore anything I say. Well, it but, does. But I haven't been able to get into the surgery because they won't have anybody in at the minute. So. Do you phone appointments? Right? Yeah, we're doing phone appointments, but there's not so much you can do over the phone. Oh no, but they can. Gents, they need to see you to do it. So, oh, I'm gonna. Demand a phone call appointment tomorrow. Fair enough. Well, I've got a phone anyway because I need a refill. So good. Okay. I think that that is a very good point that you do make, uh, Rob. Which is obviously, particularly you know, people are slightly cut off with the COVID thing. Although you know, lockdown has eased somewhat. It is very easy to get uh, you know a bit depressed about this whole thing. So mm-hmm. give your mates a shout if you're feeling a little bit down. Yeah, that's what we're here for. It goes for anybody out there. Talk to somebody. Totally. Okay. okay. And we, one of us, will do our best to. Hey, we have our, 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 our response rate from Messenger is very good. Okay, who's next? Me or Chris? Fifty-fifty. Oh, oh. So sorry, I thought that was that was the, the end. Oh, of course it isn't. My God, there's like three pages. <laughs> I did my. I, so I did. I ordered the weapons. I actually did get them painted this month. So that's a, that's the paired turbo laser destructors the um paired uh, gatling cannons and i even got an extra um gatling macro gatling blaster as well um nice really good so i can have an all gatling warlord titan which is and i i sold my copy of book five mm. which was book five is that tempest tempestus yeah so what's that one got in it uh, Means, uh some word bearers and uh militia it's the cow's book yeah yeah but, but I, yeah it's the Kalth, but i've got I, I sold it to pete Rees, but i've got all of this stuff oh, you know, a dozen times you know and yeah. i've got the game i've got the gaming materials and it's hard to carry around and you know what i wanted to do something with the money so i sold it to pete Rees, just sold it for retail i know some people were saying when on the post oh sell it for a bit more sell it for a bit more and i was like ah oh. Pete's a mate. I'm not going to rip him off. Am I the only one concerned that Pete Reese has got book five now? I think he, I think if I remember the post correctly on the trading site. He, he wants to get, yeah, he sold his collection. 
Anyway, uh, okay. I don't think it was anything particular. I mean, all of the all of the legions that are in there are superseded or at least yeah. available in the red books anyway, aren't they? Militia can't take jet bikes, so he's not going to be interested anyway. <laughs> um, I got that, and I got a little tax rebate as well, so I was quite happy with that. And I bought um, Dark Uprising for the Zone Mortalis thing because I'm going to make a plastic Zone Mortalis table. Mm-hmm. That was your, that was the deal, yeah. Yeah, because I've already got a bunch of stuff that I've been collecting for it. So I got like uh, a bunch of the when Conquest were doing their um, their scenery, they did the um, galvanic magna vent just without the middle bit. So I've got a bunch of you know um, supports and um, floorways, and um, got an armored container as well, uh, hematrope reactors, and some galvanic servo haulers. So I'm just going to make a uh, you know a it's not going to be a as a, 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 you know claustrophobic. As I think it is being traditional with Zomotalis, but it's going to be, you know, lots mm-hmm. of site blocking stuff. But so know. almost like sort of battlefield, but very a, a very close quarter battlefield, but not as claustrophobic as say Zomotalis. Yeah, yeah. Or, or I'm going to get claustrophobic, but it's going to it's going to be sort of there's going to be a, a few more open areas, but those open areas are going to have terrain within them. Mm, no idea. Um, like you're going to have an area which is going to be a few uh, containers. Mm-hmm. And some low and some um, cranes and stuff. So yeah, it. that make that makes sense because I mean, you see some zone mortalis tables and you think, well, yeah, that looks ace, but you've only got six turns, maybe seven at a push, depending on who you're playing, whatever. Um, a lot of it, you, you're like, well, there's like nine turns of movement before anybody can actually get to anybody because you've got this many corridors in. Yeah. yeah. So so th- so there's going to be some open stuff, and obviously it goes multi multi-level as well so i did a few test pieces for that uh, i did the wall a wall um some uh uh what else was in there there was a wall um a floor and a few bits of uh, sector mechanicus terrain and then i'm gonna get um and then i got the floor tiles they arrived and i was like right yeah i'm just gonna do them i did the floor tiles um, nice Nice. I liked, yeah, I liked your paint scheme that you used for that. I tried to replicate that. Yeah, they lot, did look a nice. Easily, a lot more, less, with a lot less work. But I really liked them. Yeah, it was, a, it was quite a bit of work. Um, you know, there was sort of like masking fluid and. Yeah, that's at that that point. It's you know, it's not Agrax, is it? <laughs> dry brush, Agrax, dry brush. I mean, you know, anything more than that, and I'm struggling. There was salt, there was salt, wasn't there? Yeah. I tried the salt, but it didn't work. I, I, I tried the salt, but it didn't work as well as the masking fluid for what I wanted. So, okay, uh, maybe I'm just not that good at that technique. You had the same. You had a nice texture there. I've got to say, it looked looked good. Yeah, but that's that's also because I used um, some typhus corrosion. I just watered that down a lot, and just the whole thing got a coat of typhus corrosion. Yeah, that's what I've used actually, because I've got some of those. What are they called? They're not the sector sector oh, thing on bases. They're not the, the bases with the. Hold on, bear with me two seconds, folks. Got them here. Uh, sector mechanicus bases. Oh, hmm. sec- sector sector even. Um, so I bought another set of them to use for my secret project. So yeah, I wanted to try and use that kind of look that you had michael for them i think i've got some of them kicking about as well um graham if you want some the more mechanics. the merrier if you more do of them the, the zone mortalis uh, and necromunda bases are virtually you know uh, fit in with those really really well yeah. gotcha. 
and they're a lot cheaper. They're like yeah. four for a pack of ten. The only thing is you'll need the Sector Mechanicus ones for anything bigger than a 40 mil base. Yeah, it's all good. Okay, cool. Uh, and then I did a thermic, some thermic plasma regulators. Yeah, some thermic plasma regulators to go with that. And finally, um, I did some Chaos Spawn. Because oh, I yeah. demon brutes in my new mm-hmm. demon of the Root Storm arm. Because yeah. I think they look much better than the um, than the demon brutes will for Nurgle. Let's have a look. Yeah, you're right. I'll, I'll yeah, I can that. see that. The uh, the four jeweled ones are a bit pointy, aren't they, for Nurgle? Yeah, they're they're, they're not quite Nurgly. So I've got four Chaos Spawn that have all been painted up for for that now. So yeah, I can I totally agree with that. You're right. They're not the the brutes for the four jeweled ones look a little they're bit corny, don't they? Corny, yeah. yeah. Yep. Oh, I, I don't Chris. like them for Nurgle. I mean, you could use them for just about anybody else with the right color scheme, but for Nurgle, yeah. I don't. Cool. Okay, that's me. So I think Chris is next. Oh no! So someone had the idea of doing a second podcast. So a fair chunk of the last before <laughs> we spent going through twenty odd books trying to piece together an accurate timeline of of those events. And and, the, and episode one will explain how well that went. Yeah, I spent. Do you know, I spent twenty five pounds a quarter of a Sakarian on a book. That's how dedicated I am to that freaking podcast before it's even been made. Same here. Book. <laughs> yes. Yeah. You, you got one or the old one? I got the old one. I yeah. got the old one. Chris has got the new one. I've got the old one, and I've got the old one. So, Mister B, if you want a copy of the old one, oh, I might, I might, I might borrow it off you at some point. Um, yeah, I, I thought about getting the new one when it came out, but I just didn't have the money at the time. Oh, and did you see the map they did at the same time? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Luckily, it's in the new book, so it's uh, right, yeah, it's a it's a thing. Of um, so yeah, so that was a that was an adventure when sort of you're going through that book, the, the books, and sort of a character goes, oh yeah, this thing two years ago, and you're sitting there going, but hang on a minute, how how is, how is that two years before this? Because ah, uh, and just sort of having a slow meltdown, which Graham and Rob had to receive many whatsapp messages about as i so decided to punch the <laughs> photo yeah. on the wall <laughs> you were trying to make a, a timeline fit something that was probably not considered at the time when it was written to yeah. have any continuity i think i think i fixed it i think i've i've got it you have it's very I've, very good I've got it around yeah. the right way now so um so that's good and then so i have built some models as well so i've got um because you've got mr b's painting challenge coming up <sighs> Uh, this weekend at time of recording. Oh yes, crikey! I've got nothing to paint really. Okay, so that's why. I, um, so I, I made an effort to have at least one thing sort of built and primed, and I've got three things built and primed, which are Scarlap, Scarak, Scarlock, can I pronounce it? Scarak, the mm-hmm. uh, Mazarel, and my Big Blood Thirster. Nice. Ooh. So nice. some big models. Yeah, I'll try and do one of them, but I thought I'd give myself a choice. Also, what I probably will do during the paint, the, so I'm going to step in in the in the nighttime hours of the Saturday night because I'm sort of slowly going back to work and I'm working Saturday, so mm. I'll do the, the the night shift with Mr. B, and I thought I might just work on the bases oh. of the the night shift with Mr. B. Sounds like a like that, a, sounds like, um, that sounds like a third podcast challenge for you there. I, I think it's that sounds like you know a sort of a you know a, an all night DJ in sort of the Midwest somewhere. 
Yeah, crossed crossed with like joining us on the night shift. I'll try and talk in a sort of a very calm and relaxed. Uh, That's what you want at that time of night. You know. So actually, tangents, Phil, Mister B. I mean, yeah. are you a, are you are you are you an all nighter kind of guy? Actually, that's all kinds of wrong in terms of a question. Teaching <laughs> <laughs> Doctor Freud. So, um, it's going to be it's going to be an interesting one. So, uh, do you? I mean, do you you normally sort of you know, get to bed quite early and get a nice good night's kip, or have you? Are you like a night owl? I am a bit of a night owl. Okay, cool. Judging by the timestamps on the WhatsApp chat, he's definitely a night owl. <laughs> that is true. Bear in mind, Greg, we have shared many a room with him at various events over the years now. True enough. I've actually, not known him right. to sleep before two. That's that is true. He goes to bed early. Basically, he go to sleep. That's how I sort of. Yeah. Yeah. Makes makes I'm sense. My night. Okay, what else is that? What you've done then this month, then? Yes, yeah, so ready for yes yeah, Saturday. So yeah, I've got my cool. basic materials ready. So yeah, I'm just gonna have some fun and base some stuff. And I've tried to soundproof my airbrush enough so that I can use it, but we'll have to see how that goes on the night, really. Yeah, cool. That's cool. Yeah, be good fun. I'm looking forward to it. Red Bulls are in the in the fridge ready. Nice. Yes. I'll pick up some tomorrow. For that, uh, you know, 3 a.m. kick that I'll need. Goodness me, you are brave. I'm doing the morning shift, I think. so Saturday morning, I think. Um, well, actually, most of the, I've, it depends on whether the wife's at work or day. If she is, I'll be there as long as I can be, Mister B. I'm not quite sure the logistics of how you want us to join, but we'll be there. Yeah, we'll sort it out. I've got Skype set up, so. Lovely. Okay, so I, I guess finally. Aid of the Willow Foundation, which I suppose people will still be able to donate to at this point. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. So if you did watch us over the over the weekend. Yeah, because uh, we had a building session as well. That was quite funny actually. Okay, um, me next. Yeah, Go on, finish us yeah. on. <laughs> <laughs> Oh dear. Why can, why does no such thing as a Frankie Howard sound effect keyboard I know. exist? I know. <laughs> Hang on, I can Um so anyway, I said actually I said I would paint some warhounds at Reavers, which I hadn't even built at the point, um, for Tanatanicus, and I might start my secret project. So I actually got created or created assembled two warhounds and a reaver and got them painted, which I'm very pleased about. Because I've actually managed to get um, a full mana point now, so I've got a warlord, two mm-hmm. reavers, two warhounds, all in Legio Mortis colours, all looking approximately the same. Um, I used some of your advice on the whites, um, Mr. Ing. Oh, um, and yes, I did, and uh, it's come out very well. So thank you for that. Oh, um, I'm very very pleased. So I'm I've got them all ready to paint. Oh, sorry, all all done. So. As and when lockdown gets lifted for me, uh, Mr. B, you and I have a date. Yep. I'm I might maybe I might see if I can get a pass to join you on that one because I too have a have a maniple that is currently mm. finest sprue grey. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but I have uh, not a clue on. No. Uh, I've never rolled on a Titanicus dice in anger. It's weird because I didn't enjoy painting the first Reaver. It was a real chew on. It was like a real endurance t- test. But the war, 
warlords, warhounds, were really nice to put together and they're nice figures and I painted them really easily. And then the Reaver just was an extension of that because I painted them all at the same time. So I got some sort of continuity of color. Mm. Um, but yeah, I, I enjoyed that actually. And I didn't enjoy painting the Reavers for some reason. There was one that I didn't enjoy and put me off a bit. But I thought, you know what, um, with lockdown going on and stuff, the chances are that I'm not going to get this much time to sort of put these things together. So it was just like, gird your loins, you know, get through it, get them painted, get them created, and away we yeah. went. So I'm really pleased yeah. with what I've done because it's an achievement. And then I that left me, because really I think the motivation was I wanted to get them out the way so that I could start my next thing, which is my new project, which is Ultramarines. <gasps> I know, right? This is this is good. So oh, yeah. um, go on, Ultramarines. Michael. Go on, then. It gets better. Ultramarines without a defense line? Uh, prob- yeah, almost certainly without a defense line to start with, anyway, <laughs> until I get 15,000 points of Ultramarines. Um, 15,000 uh, points of defense line. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so Ultramarines. So this is Dan Abnett's fault. So there's a theme here. Uh, this is because of No No Fear. <laughs> uh, a legion that I wouldn't have touched with somebody else's barge pole up until finishing that book but after reading that i was like oh wow they are pretty good actually i really like them yeah. and uh, so i was determined to do them so i thought about um, an ultramarines jet bike unit obviously it's very expensive um because i've to- been toying with a jet bike army and to be honest with you, every time i think about a jet bike army and this may just be me and maybe my kind of beardy gamey way i only every time i think about it i think yeah but white scars are so much better at this and it's like, if I'm going to do that army, I'm going to do a White Scars army, I think, if I'm going to do jet bikes. But with the proviso that there may be a Ravenwing-esque option in the new book. Yeah, there might be. I can't imagine they're going to be shabby. No. So that's my plan. I will do one eventually. It's going to be my next project after this one. So, so yeah, so Ultramarines. I'm doing an Ultramarines recon company because I want to use recon marines don't see them very often recon company is quite a hard right of war mm-hmm. not in terms of hard as in it's really hard to it's quite a hard right of war to play so i want to do something different and i like the idea of them you know maybe in a sort of calfesque um sort of surrounding that kind of thing on the back foot fighting against the word bearers somewhere um but you know infiltrating getting forward and um you know causing them do you want me to talk through my list would that be anybody care yeah, that's no, go for it. Yeah, we need to fill space. So. Oh yeah, that's a good point. It's, it's perfect filler. <laughs> yeah, so this is. Uh... It's all killer. It's no filler. <laughs> it's like Chris is like, yeah, I can go to sleep now. It's fine, mate. Um... <laughs> it's like you in the book section. <laughs> it totally is. Have a little sleepsy. But you may have something to comment on this. I've, I've, I found a. So I was looking for a carry-on soundboard. So don't worry. Okay, no worries. So um, I don't know where the conceptually this came about from a you know an idea of doing this with an allied detachment right so i'll come on to the allied detachment because that's probably what people are interested in so this is what i've got right so this is my list that i'm building for my ultramarines so i've got a praetor um with otis rama iron halo not massive i've given him up just a power fist to be honest with you um nothing else pretty much standard but just basically there to get the right of war to be honest with you um uh, recon company yeah yeah so i've given him um him i've actually given a boarding shield to because uh, i think there's a model that i've got in one of my bits boxes that i think will fit quite nicely um but yeah just and then i've gone on for a pravian check this out right and i actually painted this model and i've got to say i really liked painting this model i thought it was a lovely model then if you've ever i think you've painted a pravian haven't you michael 
Yeah, I painted Prodium from my Duffguard. Yeah, so I think it's a really nice model. It's I like it without the with a with a helmet on. The helmet's a really cool helmet. Um, not the you know I'm not a big fan of flesh heads because I hate painting flesh. But so I really liked him. So I've got a, a Pravian in Ultramarines colours. It's quite nice the Mark IV armor on him. So anyway, I've got him. So he's going to be accompanied by guess what? If you're going to have a Pravian, you're going to have some robots with him. Yep. What yeah. sort of robots do you think I'm going to take? He says. Well, I know exactly what robots yeah. you're going to take. Yeah, I know what he's taking as well. But I would like to. I would like to just pause, go back and listen to every episode prior to this and count out the number of times that he's complained about that particular robot. Yeah. Totally, totally right. But that is that is the mere, this is the mere tip of my hypocrisy, to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> when you get to the Volterax, that's when it really gets very bad. <laughs> so part of me is like actually playing to the crowd a bit here because yeah obviously i'm gonna have three castellacs aren't i so yeah. they're really good the castellacs we know how good they are and I, I moan about them because they are very good i mean they're not cheap points wise but they're a, they're a great unit um with the obviously the obligatory dark fire cannons and obviously you can use the Do either give them tank yeah they um See, more bolt cannons are pretty useful they are I'm very useful but, but i just don't, i think for the points i'd rather get a Oh, yeah. Two shots, strength six, AP two, and it's yep. armor. Uh, is it armor back? Lance, that's right. So they're pretty cool. But you can give them Tank Hunter, of course, if you've got a Pravian, or I can give them the Ultramarines rule, which I can't remember off the top of my head from the Pravian. But it's not the, it's not the, it's something quite good. So this is the thing, right, with the Ultramarines. So I looked at this, I kind of, where I try and do a list, I try and sort of match what they're good at to what sort of units I take, if that makes any sense. So the the ultramarines out the bag have got that um, re-roll ones um, to wound rule if something else shoots them. So it's like, well, okay, shooting. I know they've got another rule about charging and stuff, but yeah, it didn't interest me as much as shooting. So I've gone for three. You have to have uh, three recon companies to do the recon list because I think you need two and an additional maybe you need two an additional um compulsory troop choice but i've just taken three lots of them basically it's 20 troops split across three three split, split across th- three units so also branching out yes indeed so so these are the guys that are going to kind of infiltrate scout forward if you like some camellio line um cloaks and the like sniper rifles to the fore very good looking forward to them i know they're going to die horribly to various charging units but I like the idea of an infiltrating army in that regard, you know, like a special forces thing. Um, and then I've gone for, for ultra kind of trolling, I suppose the kids today would call it. I've uh, I've gone for a javelin attack speeder. Oh, my God. <laughs> I know, right? If you're going to go, go big, I say. You know, if you, what about Michael's if, been replaced by some kind of alien body snatcher? I think you have as well. Oh, I had 70 points kicking around. I'm like, 70 points? You can get nothing useful in 70 points. Wait Apart a minute, from a javelin. <laughs> Apart from a javelin, which is incredibly useful for 70 points. Well, who um, would have thought it? This was year four, episode seven, the episode where everything went backwards. Everything changed, right? Bizarro yeah. episode. I think that 2020 is the end of the world. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Mr. B won't let me get a 40k model into his list for the new Mr. releases. Mr. Graham. B hasn't painted everything on his yeah his channel, on his list. <laughs> Graham's we've having we've... javelins, uh, ultramarines, and we've... Dark 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 oh yeah. god. Rob, it's just you and me with the only sane ones left. 
Trust I know, me, what, what, what's that, 30% of the podcast? <laughs> <laughs> Trust me, gents, we're not at the top of the pinnacle just yet. Hang in there. So, And then I've gone for a more sensible approach. Seeker squads, right? Very good, I think. Don't see too many of them. Not quite sure how to get the bits for them. But anyway, Seeker squads look great. And I'm going to have a big old squad of them. They're pretty pricey, but they fit that kind of infiltrating-esque thing so but i've put them in a um in a rhino because i need the the um need them to get forward a little bit when they start which can um should be useful so that's that's yeah seekers g use uh plastic marines anvil industry cloaks and anvil industry lance carbines because they're magnetic compi weapons basically and Ah. they've got they've got a little recess in the top to uh, magnetize and they come with either grav melter plasma or volkite equivalents oh, wow, that sounds like a lot of work okay anyway seekers it is um or you could just do what i didn't just glue the one you want on and keep the spares but they do come with all the spares okay i mean my magnets you know if they're not like the size of a 50p piece i'm not interested um and actually i've got to confess here gentlemen there's that's everything in my army except one thing, which of course you know is going to be a. What am I going to have in an army where you need cover? There's going to be an edge defense line with, with, with an ammo dump. Of course, of course. I didn't think there wasn't going to be. I, you know, I didn't think you pointed <laughs> out really. I'm, I'm just waiting for the com- I'm just waiting for the company of legends when he comes out and, and, he, and he takes his shirt off and realizes that he's actually had an edge defense line tattooed across the back of his shoulders. Have you wearing it, Rob? <laughs> what his pants are. It's like a thong. Oh, that's true. It'd be like, like a trap stamp. Just defense line around the crack of his thong. backside. Yeah. <laughs> Steady. Steady there. While oh, Bangarang so might be listening, they might release it. <laughs> <laughs> Impervious to penetration. <laughs> oh, there's some merch boys. right there. There is some merch right there. Anyway, anyway, if you think that's if you think that's bad. Hold on to your hats. It gets worse. It does, because that's half of the army. The other half is made up of an allied detachment. And the allied detachment is a full-on Mechanicum army. So this is basically Chris's army the other week to other week, other year to Blood and Glory, not Blood and Glory, um, Throne of Skulls, the doubles tournament, which I kind of... I was kind of a bit envious of, to be fair, because it was very, very good. Ursarax, Thalax, Alasax. No. Lots of things things that sound like they could be cleaning products. Yes, absolutely. So so this would be uh, six six man, I guess. Uh, Thalax cohort, lightning guns, and phase plasma fusel, and a photon thruster. They're great weapons. I mean, their weapons are so can good. You, can you still get them? Because didn't they discontinue some of the Thalax with snazzy uh, weapon A or B? I, I think Chris said... I, I do know, have Chris got them. Yeah, because yeah, I think Chris said he's got them. So these are just existing models. And then I was very impressed with the uh, strength 10 power fists. Fantastic, right? Yeah. Six. I think there's seven of these guys. One with lightning claws. Six for power fists. That'll that'll hurt anybody's day. I think. Yeah. I think there's actually more than that. I need. To, yeah. There are. I think a couple more than that. It's nine in total. But okay. I think I only used sort of a small. There's yeah. Eight, I think there's eight. So the models are returning to the north. They are. Indeed. Yeah, that's right. So then, yeah, yeah. And then, because of course I have an army and I've got a defense line, 
I've got t- another great tank. Don't have a look of it, but it's it's stats speak for itself. Two, not one, two potential Krios battle tanks. Rocking See, I like there. the Krios Venator. I think it's the a great, Venator's a great tank. It's it a lovely looking thing. Yeah. Mine's a bit different because I didn't put the um, sort of TV antenna dish on the front. And okay. I haven't got the armor shield on it either because I thought it looked a bit, I preferred it looking a bit more steampunky. Okay. So it will look yeah. different to the one that you assemble. Okay. Yeah. No, I'm kind of I'm kind of with you on that though, G. I've I've got no tanks in my Mechanicum for that reason that I'm like mm, they're really good, but they, they look a bit biff. Yeah. So that is that's next year's project basically right there. Now a lot of that's already Chris has done the lion's share of this stuff anyway. So that's what I'm hoping to paint up. But I want to get the Ultramarines. I've started doing them this month, which is where this whole out from really so i painted up a kind of test figure i i if, if you know like your testy the test dreadnought yeah i've got uh testudo the test <laughs> 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 and uh Dr. and he's he, he's, testicles. he's had, yeah, he's had more strips than a very rich bachelor on a head on a stag do let's put it that way than a um, tory politician <laughs> so yeah David Miller. Um, so yes, I he's been in and out of the dip more often than Roger Rabbit. More often than the sheep. <laughs> more often than a pack of Doritos. Yeah. Do you know what? I, it really bugs me when I can't get a colour quite how I want it. I have that uh, annoys you, like it annoys me. Yeah, and then I'll if, usually if I had that problem, Graham, I wouldn't have anything painted. Yeah. <laughs> I just go, yeah, that's fine, that's place now. And then I just think oh, I'll resort to experimentation. And at that point, it's into the dip with you, my lad. Yeah. You look like a fluorescent nightmare. So he's been, I managed to get him in and eventually after kind of working out what I wanted to do with the army and what sort of blue I wanted, because I was coveting um, Mr. B's kind of blue, which is quite dark, which mm-hmm. I really like. Obviously, big fan of that sort of grim colour. And I also saw on the unrelenting brush, you had a picture of a, um, just a Primaris, you know, standard book Primaris, Ultramarine. It looked really good, and he and just gave me a little, few little tips as well. So I've kind of got my colour scheme nailed now, which is great. So I'm always happy if I can do it at pace, if you see what I mean, you know, bulk paint in a scheme. Yeah. So I've done the painted the Pravian. I've painted the Tech Marine, which I had hoofing about. I don't like the head of the Tech Marine, so I've just basically raided him a bits box. I think I've got, a, for some reason, I don't know how, I've got a load of um, Iron Hand bits. I don't know where. I think I might have got them off Christian when he was going to think about doing Iron Hand. So the, the Iron Hand's heads are quite good, the sort of Mark III head that I've got. So I'll put that on there. It looks pretty cool. So, yeah. So that, my friends... Is, is what I've done. So I've started painting the Ultramarines. I'm very much looking forward to finishing them off. And then once Chris posts me the Mechanicum, yep. I've got a paint scheme in mind for them. And I've actually bought a off eBay, a uh, Tech Priest Domitus. And he's going to be my Magos. And uh, yeah, I, I was I was cruel and I wouldn't I wouldn't send up my uh, <laughs> my UR zero two five. I thought no, he can he'll stay yeah. here as uh, on the display case. Yeah, it was. Um, because I know I've got Belisarius Crawl or whatever he is, but he's a bit too big just to be a Tech Priest Domitus. He's like a super magus thing, really, I think. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. um, so yes, yeah, so I'm look, I've given actually got, I'm talking about him. He's a bit HQ, and you know, the episode the Dreadclaw you guys did about magoses yeah. and how quickly the, the points can rack up, it's scary, isn't it? 
Yeah. It really is. You, so, know, you can get to 300 without batting an eye. Yeah, really easily. So I, I wanted a shooting Magos, obviously, because it's me. Um, so I didn't want him. So I thought, right, I'm not going to worry about close combat at all. He's just going to be there to shoot. So yeah. this is Myrmidax, what I've given him. Myrmidax by any chance? Uh, yeah, I think so. So let me let me run through it and see what you think, mate. Because I know you, you and Mr. B did an episode on this. See what you think. So I've given him uh, Mastercrafting a single weapon. He's got a Machinator Array. That's a great upgrade. I mean, I know it's 25 points, but it gives you a lot. Oh, yeah, you, you know, get a lot for it. You know, it's it's worth the money. Uh, and then, actually, no, I've gone for Ordinate. What's it called? Order. you got an Ordinator. Yeah, Ordin- because he's going to sit at the back and shoot, and he's got an orbital bombardment. Yeah, that's what that's what mine's got in my cool. my mechanic. And it's an Ordinator. Oh, so it got, let me have a quick look. So, yeah, he gets Tank Hunter and Wreckers, or Tank Hunter as well, out of the bag. So I've given him, um, so I've given him an Aubrey scanner, although I'm 50-50 about an Aubrey scanner because actually the Cyber Ocularis gives you interceptor if you're within three inches of it for 15 mm. points, right? Which is better, in fact, than um, the Aubrey scanner because it's not limited by range. Mm-hmm. So Cyber Ocularis, what a great upgrade. 15 points for that. And they can go off yeah. and give that to other, other units as well. Obviously, yeah. it has to be Cybernetica. Um, well, not Cybernetica, Mechanicum. But, yeah, so you get intercepting... Um, Dark fire cannons. I mean... There is, uh, it's an evil combination. Against flyers, you're still hitting on sixes. But, yeah, you know... I mean, actually, I was thinking of intercepting those, those tanks, you know, intercepting things that fly oh, on. Yeah, four shots each, aren't they? yeah. I mean, put them with a defence line for re-rolling ones. You're going to get some of it. Um, so that's Cyber Ocularis. And then I've given him a photon thruster, which is a really good long-range shooting thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, two shots, I think it is, isn't it? I always get those stats wrong for these. Yeah. Strength, so strength 48, six. six, AP2, heavy two. Lance, Lance blind gets them. Yeah. So it does get hot, but um, if you're re-rolling ones, I'm not going to worry too much about that. But the photon thruster is a great weapon. And again, if he's intercepting things pretty cool plus whatever he's got on the server the um the what is it called the machinator array i think comes something melt a pistol flamer and power fist, power fist. Yeah. absolutely awesome and it's got a power axe because it's free and a volkite serpenta because it's free but even that comes up at 210 points which if you think about it compared to a praetor You'd have to be given a praetor pretty much everything in the book to get to those kind of points, wouldn't you? Oh yeah. So yeah, great. I'm looking forward to this army a lot. I mean, it's it's a it's a ways off. There's a lot to paint, a lot to put together, and a lot to buy, which is obviously the big problem. But um, yeah, and I know obviously that I slagged off Mechanicum players and javelins and everything, which is true, and I probably still feel that way inside. But I thought about doing something different, and you know, like potentially. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say it was all fluff related because it's me but um i liked the idea of you know a kind of recon company that was fairly lightly armored and a, a bit more uh powerful uh base coming out of the mechanic i mean like lightly armored lightly armored with robots and mechanicum like i know this this is a little bit like and I'm not equating I'm not equating you personally to one of the one of the examples I'm gonna give. This this, <laughs> this, this this is a little bit like the Whisper Baptist. Whatever you do, don't no, this, is, this, is, this is like the Whisper Baptists putting together a flat a pride float, basically, <laughs> and going, We're gonna join in the pride parade, what shall we have on the float? <laughs> 
that's how big a turnaround it is. Because you were quite even, you were quite evangelic, evangelical in your hatred for the Mechanicum for many, many, many an episode. Many you'll be collecting, I mean, you'll be collecting space wolves next. Well, I mean, you know, that's that's not going to happen. That will never happen. <laughs> I mean, there's a line that's drawn. Or imperial <laughs> fists, even. Yeah. Again, I think yeah. given given the things that I would collect, right? So. Imperial Fist would be the last thing if I had nothing else left in the entire <laughs> yeah. world to make. Then the next below that would be an army with just Erebus. Is <laughs> <laughs> and then after giving up the hobby for 15 years and deciding I wanted one more, you know, or 50 years and, and deciding I wanted one more game before I died, but the only army available in the entire world was Space Wolves, I'd say, ah, oh, don't worry about it. <laughs> But you've said you've said that now. I'm pretty pretty sure you said something similar about Mechanicum. I yeah. probably did. I probably did. So I think yeah. actually what it is is I've softened my stance a little, um, because of I went you know there was a year of it was almost like an uh, its very own microcosm, some sort of massive siege. Oh, you no. know, every every year I would be fighting every every week in fact sometimes even twice a week fighting against Mechanicum and that's a that's a challenge. So yeah. I, I don't know how it's going to play. I don't really, not really bothered too much about that, to be honest with you. I think it's okay. I don't think it's too, too cheesy. Um, it doesn't sound it. Doesn't. I mean, it doesn't. It doesn't read like, oh my god, what on earth am I going to do against that? There's some tasty stuff, but it's not. Um, yeah, it's not, it's not. There's not everything in it is super powerful. I mean, the it's it's not armored. Gonna, it's not armored no. break. It's not armored breakthrough or a typhon and allied knights. No, that's true. You know what I mean. <laughs> I know exactly what you mean. I know exactly. It's not too bad. What you mean? You know, so, you're not. You're not going to get an eleven on the Company Legend score with no. that list. Its challenge is that it's not got. It's got some good stuff from either side, but it's not got enough of the good stuff from either side to make it. Yeah. yeah. You know, really, really nasty. Yeah, and that's fine with me. I think it's a. It's a reasonable middle of the road kind of army which is great because really those are the best ones i think because i found with my salamanders which i love to bits right um they're just a bit too strong to play casually mm-hmm. you know particularly the fire drakes and that's why i've had to get more models so i don't have to use the fire drakes if you see me because they're just a bit too strong so great for i mean they're fine for things where you're going to have strong lists and so maybe you know a, a, a throne of skulls or um Blood and Glory, some of the armies there, you know, there's a good spread there, but, you know, I usually take quite a strong army to that. But um, this one I think would be okay for, like, playing at the Battle Bunker or playing at the Log without it causing too much trouble. No. Wow, that really was a massive tangent because that's not what we usually talk about. But anyway, that was me this month. Yeah. <laughs> that, that hour. We're gonna so, do something. I've read a whole bit of narrative in that time. That's good. Cool. He's worked out the talent timeline while you were doing that. Yeah. Sorry about that. God knows. What are we doing, fellas? Beg your pardon? What are we doing next, fellas? So so next is games played. Well, that was easy. But what what are our commitments for next month? Uh, Right. Go on then. Well, I've already said that I'm going to be working on my Ultramarines and or Mechanicum. Uh, What do I want to get done? I suppose get one of these big boys painted. Mm. Get them all based, certainly, because I'm trying to get that done the weekend. Oh, you're based in this army. I, 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 was, I, was, I was literally, literally timing how long that would take you. You were off like a shot. I was <laughs> expecting at least five seconds. But <clears> like, actually, Mr. 
most eng. And I can, I'm going to base my demons and my blood angels <laughs> with, in, with exactly your the, yeah, in exactly the same way. Yeah, do it. Because use, I, your, use Yorkshire tea. Trust me, it looks ace. I'm going to, uh, no, so what I'm going to do is uh, airbrush orange, yellow, and red splurges onto the bases, cover them in that whatever that paint Crap. is that's the yeah. crack. Uh, Agrella and Earth, is it? Is it the black one or the gre- or the or the, the, one? the black one? Modern Earth. That's the one. Through the with the Modern mm-hmm. Earth, and then then they're done. Basically, it'll make them look um, vaguely yeah. signusy, and then they're all done. The big guys are going to have a bit more going on. I want to try and get my blood sort of thing going on with them a bit. Mm-hmm. So that's the plan for them, really. But yes, the, everything will be will be based. Thank you very much. One army out of five, but that's all right. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> So there you go, that's Chris, that's me. What about you, Rob? Uh, I am going to do my best to finish my 20-strong unit of tech thralls. God, who would take tech thralls? Thank you, my dears, Rob. <laughs> uh, yeah, I am going to finish the I have, I, have, I have no, you know, it's just like stones in glass houses now, isn't it? you've admitted that you admitted that point for point probably the best troops choice in the game that is what i said and i stick by it <laughs> i'm going to try and get that thunder horus tactical squad and um the ultramarine contemptor done and i've got my own little secret project with him <gasps> i'm what's what's this you guys know what it is i know what it is I've, I've forgotten what it is. This, this time I get to I get to play the brain damage card now and go. Have you told me? I don't remember. Oh yes, I do know what this is. I, I oh, 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 so it's just me. It's just twenty. No, no I've just remembered. I've just yeah. remembered. So, think... so fifty-five percent of the podcast knows what's going on. <laughs> I will send you a. I will send you a, 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 a picture. Very good. Yeah. It's the one I don't like, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. That doesn't limit. I've got HQs mostly done. I've just yeah, got. No. I've started one of the troop choices. Uh, I've just I'm waiting for um, some cash back from my top cash back account to clear before I buy the next unit. Well, there you go. So yeah, because I love dreadnoughts. Anyway, uh, right. Okay. What so is the next unit? It's a dreadnought. Okay, fair enough. Damn, I thought it was going to be a bit. I thought I'd lure him into a little trap. There. Oh, you have mentioned you have mentioned this because I was telling you to take double Volkite on the. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But I just can't remember what the army it's in because. Yeah. Oh, okay. Right. Okay. I will. Uh, we will. What we'll do now is we'll run into the State of the Union. Right, so now it is State of the Union, our annual going through of the things that have popped up hobby-related over the last 30-odd days, or however many days it is since we do this. Uh, first up, if you're after some music to paint to, Games Workshop has released the soundtrack to the forthcoming Angels of Death series. Uh, it's pretty good. It's composed by Jonathan Hartman, who you may be familiar with some of his work on the Amazon Prime series Outlander and the sci-fi series Superstition. It's, it's, so mood music it's a new thing I want to get hold of the mood music for one of the Gaunt's Ghost books as well because it was Ace 
sure. Didn't they do a soundtrack for that as well? Yeah, they did a soundtrack for Traitor General. Uh, that's right. Um, so could we play, could we play this music while a company of legends is in the background? Yeah. To add to the drama of the situation. Uh, it would depend how you're set for PRS. <laughs> Technically. Um, Technically no. I mean playing it in my headphones privately. Oh, in, in your oh, headphones yeah. privately, obviously. But if it's more than eight people, then mm. you need a PRS license. Technically. No, no, no. I just mean so I can listen to it and admire the carnage going on while I walk around the hall. Oh, yeah, you can do that. Actually, if you want um, PRS-free things, I, there's this uh, great website, we've got, I mentioned it, called Tabletop Audio. Oh, yes. Which, oh, yeah. which is superb. And you can actually just put a big playlist together and listen to it all day of ambient-esque sounds from mm. all sorts of things like Hobbit Villages and deep space spaceships and wrecked freighters and stuff so it's really cool and there's some of its music some of its kind of sound effects but it's it's really good so i've got a patreon for that because i used them quite a lot for our background stuff in company of legends yeah so um i would recommend that actually it's worth a listen if you you know work and you want something chill to listen to anyway great news for ebook fans as the government has stopped requiring that on them uh, and thus, when you buy an ebook from Black Library, it's now going to be a little cheaper. I don't know if it's going to be twenty percent cheaper, but it's a little cheaper. Um, and I know some people from across the world are now using VPNs to use the UK store as their now cheap prices because obviously there's no delivery costs, right? Yeah, Genius. Definitely. Yeah. Genius. Genius. Well played. Yeah, Good my stuff. Pa- my my pa- one of my pals in my um got I'm in an online book club. Uh, for Black Library, <laughs> and and the dude was like, "Yeah, I've just bought this. It saved me so many euros, because you know, it's great." Yeah, not that yeah. we're encouraging that. Yeah, so say, this is great for tax fraud. to come and have a knock. You should pay the tax in the country that you live in, of course. Uh, you absolutely should, one hundred percent. You and your red prison. I mean, it does. Does beg the question, you know, this is the sort of person who would pay for a VPN. Are they really? You know, why do they need a VPN if they're that desperate to because pay? Because they tax? want to watch the things on Netflix in America that they can't watch here. Oh, is that what it is? I assume so. All the choice adult entertainment. Or the BBC BBC website. BBC, you can't watch without a VPN, can you? If you live in another no. country, this is very true. Oh. Oh, to be fair, I, that's exactly what I use my VPN for, for watching Netflix in other countries. Oh, I'm glad you clarified that. <laughs> yeah. mm. so, we, so we've got the tax man come around and the Netflix man coming to have a knock on the door. Okay. Probably. Yeah, Netflix probably. Man, yes. Actually, there <laughs> okay. is an argument as to whether that is a breach of Netflix's terms of service. Well, anyway, I say it was all right. Michael. But- Go, 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 go. Before we get into any more trouble. Element Mm -hmm. Games, uh, one of our favourite friendly local gaming stores uh, that we always recommend, have um, started selling stuff from Green Stuff. Yes, this is very exciting. That's what Mm. you're interested in. Um, You know, if you're interested in any of that, you can go get it there. Uh, Remember, use our affiliate link. This has just reminded me that I need to place a Green Stuff forward before Saturday. Yeah, and you can guarantee uh, none of it will have the same name as anything else. An element of order, though. From, uh... You need to, sorry, Chris, you kind of broke up a little bit there. What are you ordering? <clears throat> no, I need to order, do an element order before Saturday. I just remembered to so. say, I'm going to do that now while, I talk, while we're doing this. Yeah. Okay. Well, while, you're, while, you're, while you're doing that, let Go me tell you about... Go for the affiliate link. Yeah, oh, you've oh, got, you get through that affiliate. You, use my... Rob yeah, 626. Use, <laughs> <Rob 626. laughs> use, yeah. use my code. 
And, it's only uh, about four paints. Don't get you. Don't well, get while, while, you, while you're using the code Rob six two six, which is open for anybody to use, <laughs> say, let me uh, let me tell you that uh, Fanatical are doing a Black Library bundle. Don't know what my code is. Oh, I love yeah. how that was professionalism right there, wasn't it? I was like, going to say um, you should yeah. probably work for Q, QFC or something like that. Or QVC. <laughs> don't don't I, work I make, for QVC. Because... I, I make things that are available to buy on QVC or something. <laughs> So we were at one point. Um, Rocks and Co and QVC are basically my ex-wife, which annoy me. Would you have an ex-wife? I do have an ex-wife. Yeah. Do you? Yeah, I do. But, yeah. you, but you look so fresh-faced and I young. I know. But I do have an ex-wife. I thought the cynicism was just natural. No, no. <laughs> but oh. She would. She would hide the TV remote, put Rocks and Co on because I was out working the jewelry trade, mm-hmm. and make me watch the god awful people talking. <laughs> about stuff on that program Ed, editing point there mike one hour 33 four, oh, no. 35 seconds it, it, it needs staying in because oh. <laughs> anyway so let me see if if by next month we manage to have not got a visit from her majesty's customs and um <laughs> the revenue, hue and cry uh, we haven't been uh, absconded by the netflix police or finally uh, the people who are shareholders in QVC and Rocks and Co haven't issued a cease and desist order. I will be frankly amazed. <laughs> but, <laughs> so go on. But we will have had a thank you from the folks at Fanatical for doing their Black Library bundle. Um, oh, so mul- multiple tier options, but you have to get a third tier to get the Heresy books. But for eighty quid, you get Horus Rising, False Gods, Galaxy in Flames, Flight of the Eisenstein, Fulgrim, Descent of Angels, Legion, Battle for the Abyss, Mechan- Mechanicum. So that's the first nine. Also, you get Reboot uh, Gulliman, if he's your thing. Uh, and Lehman Ross, the Great Wolf. And Magnus, the Red Master Prospero. Uh, in addition to 14 Age of Sigmar and 40k books, which for 18 quid... Wow. That's, uh, is that, that'll, that'll be hard copy as well, isn't it? Yes, I was going to say, that's not digital, is it, Michael? I think it's digital. I don't oh, okay. know. I, I don't know fanatical. Um uh, no, I do not. I couldn't quite. I, just... I couldn't quite make it out from the uh, from the link. Uh, but either way, yeah, it's ebooks. It's ebooks. That's right. It's oh, still okay. a hell of a bundle. That's even better than the humble bundle. Yes, couldn't it? That, that came up a few months ago. If you were going um, on a holiday somewhere, that would be a great thing, wouldn't it? Just I mean, I mean, you know, delete Battle for the Abyss. Um, because just trust me, you'll thank me later, even if you have paid your eighteen pounds. Delete Battle for the Abyss. Yes, yeah, it's pretty awful. Uh, Robert, Battle... Robert Gulliman's supposed to be a bit naff. Yeah, I've read Lehman Russ because I got that on the Humble Bundle. Uh, I That's must admit, good. I wasn't that impressed. Okay. I was like, didn't, other than actually going into detail of this, then he, you know, he punched the lion, the lion punched him back, they punched him here, they fell through this window, oh. they punched this. It didn't really tell me much. I didn't really kind of. No. Fair enough. I was like, kind of, where's the where's the thing that's going to be? Where's the interesting bit? Where's the interesting bit? And it, 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 never materialised. No, I didn't really. But um, don't let that put you off. Don't let my Darren review put you off. I thought it was good, but that's compared to Reboot Gay Gulliver. But it's the only. It's, but it's the only in in its defence. It's the only Primark novel I've ever read. Oh, I man. haven't I haven't read any of the rest for frame of reference. I've heard no, people say that, I've heard people say the Angron one's amazing. Oh, Angron one's amazing. There's actually loads of really good books in here. I'm just just looking at them. I mean, you've got Cadia Stands. That's a good one um, by our friend Justin. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
Priests of Mars. That, that's that's amazing. Requiem Infernal. I'm going to go. I'm going to be honest here. I didn't get this book. You know, everyone raves about it and says it's great. And, you know, it's pretty good read. But I didn't get it. No, Requiem I, didn't in, I haven't read it. So it's a Sisters of Battle book. Oh. But it's a weird Sisters of Battle book. It's like they're not in battle. It's 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 weird. It's like, what is going on here? Seriously, I really want someone else to read that just so they can just so they can tell me what the hell happened. I've got to be honest with you. Books that say this is a battle book, but they're not in battle. Um, would <laughs> I would probably uh, avoid that to be honest. Surely, with you, surely then they're just see. surely then just wandering around in their vow of silence, praying, going well, they're on some sort of, they're on some sort of medical. Sure. They're on a medical planet. Oh and, like, God. There's definitely some demonic shenanigans going on in it. There was an episode of Deep Space Nine that was the Doctor trying to go and cure some plague or something, and it lasted like three episodes, a little mini arc, and God, it was boring as hell. So, yeah. Oh, you don't go dissing Deep Space Nine now. I'm not. I'm saying it was just, given given how awesome Deep Space Nine was, that was a really naff little <laughs> thing of... <laughs> and it was only one episode. Was it only one? Yeah. <laughs> 40k nonsense, I think, was the cry from the crowd. 40k yeah. nonsense. <laughs> okay, <laughs> fair enough. Okay, right. Let's let's get, let's get on then. All right. So, yeah. Sorry. Uh, sorry. So what are you Chris. talking about, Chris? Then. Hello. Uh, I am talking about the Yar Casti Sci-Fi Desert Terrain and Stronghold. That is a Kickstarter. Oh, oh, I like these. It's yeah. quite Star Warsy. Oh yeah, I'm not at Yeah. See, I put in not Star Wars. But where, it is. Where did you put in non-Star Wars? So I, I was actually looking at the Kickstarter I, I, as opposed to reading uh, the kind things you've written. Yeah, I'm looking at the pictures. That's totally Mos Eisley. Yeah. I know, I know. Yeah. But, it, but it's cool. Conflict. Scum and villainy, left, right and centre. Yeah, no, it's not. It's it, The Kickstarter's finished. It raised 16,290 euros. Um, but the stuff's going to go on sale on their website eventually. But that is, I think it's really good stuff. Can't use Scum's pile, but you can S- have Star Wars terrain. <laughs> <laughs> These are, just I, I, S, these are STL files, are they, Michael? STL files, yeah. yeah. STL files. I've been saying for ages that I'm going to do a Tatooine-themed oh, desert nice. board for Company of Legends, because I think it will look awesome. Those are big as well, aren't they? Mm-hmm. Got Fairly big. Scale, right? 28 <laughs> you look at the right website again. Hey, steady. I'm looking at Sisters of Battle, but they're not in battle site. <laughs> careful, careful. <laughs> <laughs> That's not, there's some strange that's, demonic insertions. That's no, okay, let's wrong. take that out because we're on a misogynistic track. <laughs> yeah, let's, let's. Right, come on, man. Right. Make a note there, Mr. V. Yeah, make it. Okay, fair enough. That, right. landing, that landing pad's huge. Yeah. It'd be good with a land pad shot on the top. I tell you what I found out the other um, the other day that I hadn't realised you guys probably knew that um you know the robot barman in the Mandalorian yeah it's uh, it's Mark Hamill yeah Mark Hamill oh I did uh, not realise that yeah I mean nice. the fa- the fact that it was Richard Ayoade as the other robot which I thought was hilarious oh yeah, 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 so yeah. Like he, Rich, he Richard and, and, Ta- and Taki Wata was another robot yeah Taika Waititi yeah is it Taika Waititi I can't pronounce yeah, not Takiwata. Takiwata. That's when you want. That's when you want to. That's when you want to get um the the water. I don't know who does the water up there. Is it Durham Water, Tees Water, Tyne Water, Northumbria Water, Northumbria Water? Yeah, get them round if you've got Takiwata. <laughs> that landing pad is basically the one out of Return of the Jedi. That yeah. That yeah. That landing pad needs needs a warhound stood on it. 
Good old days. <laughs> yeah, but you guys. You, but you see what I mean. That's what Graham's got planned for his mechanic army. <laughs> Done it before. He'll do it again. Yeah. Well, I've got time. He's gonna get a wall. He's gonna have a wall lord and have one foot yeah. on two of them. <laughs> yeah, but that's that. Uh, that is a long-term aim of mine to have a Moss Eisley themed board because I think it would look absolutely fantastic. You just need a three D printer, though, mate. Yes, I do need to get a three D printer. I'm prices are, co- printer prices are coming down. They are. I'm going to get one at some point. Come on then. Next up is that me? Yeah, it, it is. So foreground, for number ground have shown off some nice new terrain made in corrupt cooperation with vanguard tactics which are now up for sale although clearly designed with competitive 40k in mind um, Michael, for polystyrene blocks that aren't, haven't been painted yet he's oh, <laughs> not gonna let that one go is he never 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 it's colored stuff as well so it's pretty so colored Ah, so so we know that foreground miniatures don't have anything to do with the London GT then. Nope. Because it's got <laughs> colour on it. Yeah. So what they're are these made cool. of? They look alright. Uh, MDF, I believe. Yeah, they're okay. Yeah, they look nice then. Yeah, they're pretty nice. I like them. Line of sight blocking terrain can be rubbish. See the earlier ex- example cited yeah. of the London GT, but but it is also needed. Yeah. Because no one wants to run across a flat battlefield at whatever's on the other side of it yeah but this stuff i think this stuff looks really nice as i said yeah, it's all uh it's all pre-colored so you don't need to paint it or anything you just need to mm-hmm. put it together. wow that is nice uh, uh, yeah, that is i good. believe it's all pre-colored but yeah um it does look good yeah and you just put it together and there you go i like it i, I like want to work on some scenery over the next year i think that's yeah. something i'd quite like to do Definitely. yeah i like I, I like there's one there called the arctic military U-shaped ruined building two, rather natally titled. <laughs> um, but that's, uh, yeah, but that's, uh, that's a nice kit, isn't it? It's got yeah. a couple of levels there. I don't know yeah. what that compares to the Games like, Workshop plastic one, but I like the jungle military base U-shape ruined building <laughs> two. <laughs> we sound like we're comparing craftwork titles from the yeah. 1970s. Yeah. What's your favourite album? Well, Jungle Military Base uh, <laughs> U-shaped yeah. ruined building two. Yeah, yeah, Jungle Military Base U-shaped ruined building one. That was good, <laughs> but yeah, the, the middle three tracks not so good. But you know, yeah, yeah. building two. Yeah, I agree. Bassoon solo was not yeah. really well placed. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, okay, so um, moving on, and I'm going to ask, do you want squats? Hells yeah. Sorry, what? Yes, you want squats, because uh, our friends at Wargame Atlantic are launching their new range, the Einherjar. 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 Okay, I'm terrible at pronunciation. I think everybody knows that, but uh, they're launching on in August. We'll put some links in the show notes. We've also got some pictures. Um, and they are absolutely phenomenal. I think I love these. Oh, it's, hello. I absolutely <laughs> love these. Oh, hello, militia. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, hello, hello, militia. I mean, admittedly, I've been joking with some other geeks. Like, as soon as the squat codex come comes out, I'm back on 40k. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm a, I'm, I might not play it, but I'm, as soon as the squat as soon as the squat codex comes out, I'm having a squat army. I don't care what anybody yeah, says. These are some really, really, really nice models. Uh, and I like the the variation they've got in the heads there. So they've got like the the traditionally you know dwarfy type heads and uh, helmets, and then you've got more modern military type ones. And 
Yeah, no, they look really great. Yeah, More they the look good. I just hope they come with trikes. Yeah, that'll be next. <laughs> so anyway, so that's I, when that I, assume they're, I assume they're sort of static pose, sort of resin. Yeah, they uh, look mono, they look monopose. Yeah, they look yeah, monopose. Yeah, hard plastics. Yeah, so actually putting forty k GW weapons on them, but it, yeah. if you look at if you look at um their other rangers, they're the people who did the less grand yards. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, same people. Yeah. You got like um, Let's Gronyard. Let's Gronyards. Um, they were. Let's let's have a look. How much were, was a box of them? Because they are really really good. They Best are player uh, for Bonzo Dog Doodah Band. A I believe. Box, a box <laughs> of them is twenty five. Ten year with all lot power fist. Twenty five pounds for twenty four <laughs> models. Oh, that's Not good. Bad. That's good. Uh, and you get those, and they have. I think they've got three, four different heads each. Right. Okay, that's good value then. Fair uh, loads of weapons. They are really, really good. good. That's what you want. That's what you want. I tell you, I, I tell you what. Uh, it appeared, it appeared that, that some thing? people. Tell you what, it appeared that some people didn't want, and that was part six of Road to Thremas. Oh. Um, oh. Yeah. Because we uh, we looked at vehicles of the Dark Angels and Night Lords. Um, yeah, the community didn't cover itself in glory, really, with its response to it. Um, what, I was get, the, what was the main argument? It was like, really, the Dark Angels and, tank, and Night Lords used tanks? Never would have guessed. Um, because there wasn't much... Basically, because there wasn't anything new in it. Yeah, there wasn't, but there wasn't much... Uh, there wasn't much that you wouldn't know without the art. Well, not, not even new. It was just there wasn't anything that wasn't blindingly obvious to anybody with yeah. the wit to, you know, with greater wit than a concussed sparrow. Um, I mean, you know, it's like, yeah, they, they were full legions. They they had everything. We all know this. We, you know, everybody. Oh, now I remember looking at yeah, the picture. I, I was yeah. vehicle. You know, yeah. it's like, did you well, know the Dark Angels had a glaive? Yes. So, did you know? Let's let's just quickly address what Graham's alluding to here. This is his nonsense that two people now uh, are corroborating his his nightmares list. But you see, the interesting thing is about Graham's thoughts. And Rob, I know you said that I'd just shout him down a lot, but I'm going to do it here especially. In oh, fact, right, that okay. has been pointed out that you shout me down a lot, Chris. But go on, yeah. please feel free to. Because you were banging on again about how they use the. It says in this article they use the wep- the tanks to cause fear. That mm-hmm. was your crux of your argument, but that's not actually what the article fairly, says. Fairly tenuous, mate. And to be fair, I'm going to go back and review every word I said in the aforementioned article to see because I do believe you are quite right insofar as I did say, "Hey, artillery can be terrifying," and that was the main crux of the you. Well, they'd never use artillery. But is the yeah. is the argument that did they use artillery? Yes or no? Well, clearly yes. Did they yeah. use it to instill terror as part of their ethos? It's undecided, right? Yeah. And I'll I, I'd go with that. Does that does that appease your? Yeah. I mean, obviously, I first of all saw this, and you know, and it wasn't me that pointed out. I'd like to point. No, to I, say know, it was I'm not, yeah. no, I know. Yeah. And 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 you know, I thought, well, there's been asked, you know, for all the slings and arrows of discontent that have been thrown and cast in my way, finally, 
vindication and somebody else pointed it out. However, I conclude the point that you made. Yeah. I think mo- I most people, most people's disappointment was it's the first heresy content we've had for a long time, given that people haven't been um, content creating for the community page during the lockdown period. And it was, I didn't voice it maybe the way that some people did because I'm not seven. Um, but it struck me as a bit inane, I think the, is the, is the, the uh, thing is, is polite way of putting it. I think they could have done, I mean, I, I said to you, I said, you know, they've had four months. Let's, let's have this, let's have the red book that everyone wants, which is full of missions and scenarios. If they'd just gone road to Thramas <coughs> book six, this isn't going to be in the book. But for the Night Lords fans of you out there, the Dark Angels fans, or actually for anybody, here's a scenario. Or here's a mission. Like, bang, here you go. Have something that lockdown's starting to be released. There are places that are opening up. There are ways you could, you could in theory, play a socially distanced game um, physically rather than just being emotionally distant from your opponent like most of the time. Um, <laughs> you know, they, they could have just gone, here you go. Have this. This is something completely new. The you know the 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 fact that Dark Angels have snazzy tanks and the Night Lords have tanks, but you don't see them very often. Yeah, we we all know this. Let's let's have something with a bit of. But I suppose the thing is that this was probably the road to Thrama stuff would have been planned out. January when they first did the first article. Yeah, so but for, after, four meant, months, after four months, sat at home, four months after, ago. But you don't know what they've been doing in the four months. Yeah. In their defence, Robert, yeah, I would say, so if they like my work, then our work hasn't changed one iota since Mm. working from home because it doesn't, because fundamentally the work can be done at home. It doesn't need to be done in the office. So whatever they had planned, I would imagine they probably just carried on doing it with a reduction in what they're expected to deliver during that time. So I don't think it was like, right, off you go, lads, sit at home for four months. I very much doubt that. I suppose it was off you go, here's a laptop, we'll see you on Monday, get cracking. And it'll be the same thing they were working on previously. So I don't think that they would have changed their schedule. Now, there's an argument, a separate argument, of course, which is at large seems to be re- getting to the point of where their patience is starting to wear a bit thin. You know, they see the new release for 40k. Mm-hmm. You know, two new releases in quick succession they see all the models churn i mean that's a you know, big games workshop marketing machine churning away and then they, they kind of look around and go well you know nothing has fundamentally changed in this game for some time um we're still using the same so. missions that we were using years ago and we're waiting on this book that was that hasn't turned up and i think that's probably where it comes from to be honest. so i had this discussion on well discussion there were some people on Crusade and Heresy moaning about how uh, Heresy hadn't had any new releases or something. Um, and I was like, well, up until lockdown, we pretty much had a release oh, a month. Oh, we, got load, we got loads of, loads we had loads stuff, of stuff. It's, it's like in the last 12, in the last 12 months, we've had loads of stuff. I mean, we've had three bombards. We've had the Sabre that came out of nowhere. We've had Praetors, Dark Angels, bits, White Scars, bits, Blood Angels, bits. There's been... Um, Transfer sheets. Yeah, the same thing happened when um, a lot of stuff was going last chance to buy. Yeah. Whenever that was, someone was like, "Oh, we've got, you know, we've had nothing." And I, I quickly totted it up, and there'd been something like thirty-seven releases in the twelve yeah. months for Heresy. I, 
I think the thing is that people forget, I think, when it comes to heresy is there's a lot of legions to cover. There isn't just mm-hmm. Space Marines. There isn't just Imperial Guard. There is Solar Rocks Militia, 18 legions. So the people's legions may not get anything yeah. for a while, yeah. and they don't take it into account. Yeah. I mean, then you've got Mechanicum, you've got um, yeah. Custodies as well, you know, 20. So, yeah, I get where you're coming from. And, and again, we know it's a smaller I team. I just find the constant thing where people go, oh, we know, we haven't got anything, or we haven't, uh, model-wise, you know, our release is like, uh, glacial it's like well it's not it, it, it was fast it's stopped because the the world hit pause for four months yeah i, I do mean, kind of I do, the, the big thing here is though that making a resin model is not the same as making a plastic model a plastic model is i, I don't I, I mean i don't know how familiar you are guys with uh, modern injection molding technology but it's a big machine with lots of room around it um and it literally just you know, does what it does. It's, it's more or less automated to a degree. Whereas um, making a resin model is a very labor-intensive thing. Mm-hmm. It's an extremely labor-intensive thing. And I obviously I've not seen the Forge World uh, working area, but I am told reliably that it is not, it is not it does not have that much room. Well, that's why they're building a new factory, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. and at the, it, 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 you know, the, the, the thing that's been expressed to me is it's really difficult to make models in, in you know, right now and keep up with demand um, and socially distance at the same time. So if they're, I mean, they're barely keeping up with what it, I mean, loads of stuff has gone off sale, uh, either temporarily uh, not available, or in some cases, it seems to have gone from the website, which is a shame. But I suspect there's a degree of they're just making sure they cover the basics, the big stuff that's always being needed, uh, you know, being ordered, rather than getting on with new stuff. It may be that my prediction of us getting book nine by um, August isn't going to happen because, you know, they are they literally can't do it in a safe way, and that's think, the key. We've got to. Yeah, I- yeah, got to do it the safe way. Is it just models? I mean, if you think about the number of models in the Age of Darkness book, and the number of mod, I have a mod right in that Forge World make. That's a lot of units, and I guess it's a question of is it new models that's the problem, or is it the point that I think you alluded to a bit earlier, which was, you know, could they spend a little bit of potential resource on things like a mission book or? even just updating the FAQ, which I think the community would appreciate. So I'm not saying that it's sort of entitled, well, I demand this kind of thing, because I don't agree with that either. But I think that on balance, there is other things that they could probably do that would help. And I think that those are two that would really help the community. But there's quite a lot of the void has been filled by based stuff now. And I'm not sure that's, you know, I mean, it's a good stopgap, and they're great rules as far as I can tell. Um, but it's it never feels quite official, does it? You see what I mean? And I think that that that's something that's desperately needed to some sort of degree of sort of clarification around that. Now, I don't know what their work schedule is. I don't know what they're working on now. That you know, they could have be stuff planned for years and years, and they don't change it because that's what's in the plan. But yeah, maybe, true. just maybe, something along those lines would would help. In terms of community engagement, let's put it that way. It's a community engagement exercise. Yeah. It would be very useful. But also from a financial engagement point of view, couldn't you think of anybody who wouldn't buy a red book full of missions? 
Yeah, but I suppose it's. I mean, if you put it as out as a PDF, right? If you said actually it's free, we're not going to sell it. We're just going to. These are some missions, like another six missions that we've play tested or that we think would be quite good as basic missions that you could go from. So it goes from six missions that you can play it to twelve, for mm-hmm. example. I mean, that would be enough, right? I mean, yeah, but again, the there is a degree of if they take someone on to do these missions and remember you can't just put missions out you've got to play test them yeah no i agree you've got to make sure they work so uh, we didn't no I, you see I, I don't i don't i don't think you do for heresy though because there are so many iconic moments in the story that aren't balanced that the outcome is pretty much predetermined yeah but uh, what's well, that stand, what's that standard mission where it is it breakout where there's like yeah. a circle in the middle like mm-hmm. how many times has the person in the middle won that game I have. Yeah. The thing is, I think that there's a point, slight difference, right? If you took all the books and all the books have got missions in, all the black books have, but they are missions like that, right? They're generally a campaign style mission where it's usually a predetermined outcome. You're kind of playing Mm -hmm. a reenactment rather than a competitive-esque, and I use the word lightly, competitive-esque mission that you can play multiple times and get different results, if you see what I mean. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what's possibly missing. You know, like the book that we've started to use, you know, Ultra of War, for example, which 40K did back in 7th edition, which was just a book full of missions, and they're replayable, tested missions. They work every time, right? They're not specific to a... They're maybe kind of specific to a uh, faction, if you want, in 40K terms, but they're still play- replayable missions, and they're, you know, that you'll get a different result each time, and that's the balancing part of those missions to make sure that they don't favour one side or the other. So... They would need a degree of playtesting, you're right. And I think that that's really what's missing is another set of repeatable missions that are different to the ones we have. For example, ones, you know, a lot of the tournaments now have this, have missions where, not tournaments, events, have missions where they're kind of more hold the objective for rounds. You know, you get points for getting on objectives because mm. that means that troops have a pay, part to play. They don't just get blasted off the board. So, you know, those kinds of dynamics that we, we try and introduce into our mission planning as well. But yeah. I think that that would be, I mean, an FAQ is really needed. And I know we had one, I don't know when it was, February? February last year. Yeah. So that's a long time, right? This, this rule set is it's getting there. I mean, but there are still these grey areas, right, that keep coming back. And it's just, come on, just please... Dear God, solve this one so that I don't have to argue about it every game. I, well, yeah, I mean, I, I intend to grab the open war cards and chapter approved for 40k because um, sometimes, as we've seen Greg to do to great effect, there are missions in there that are easily adaptable for heresy. Yeah, I mean, we've used we've those. We've thing. used yeah, we've used the Ultra War book um, to adapt certain missions because they're a good starting point. Tweet, and they've worked with seventh. Tweet sort of our own sort of spin on it a bit, you know. Mm. And we also, you know, we created that mission for the LVO, and those were all custom missions made by um, event organisers, which was very cool. In fact, I might have to ask if we could get a copy of all the other missions as well, because that would be really good to see. But I don't know if we can. But anyway, let's speak to Bill. He's usually pretty cool. Yeah, actually, I think Bill's. T- heresy i saw on a podcast which is another conversation so anyway come on lads let's get shifting okay get shifting so who who, who is it uh, now i saw um sorry sorry, sorry for derailing Chris. that yeah. no I, no it's a good conversation uh did, did, did you which one was that sorry character week. oh yes character week at the end of july so this week i guess 
26th. I think they're doing it. 26th. 25th. Next week then. Um, so, a few new things for sale. Uh, Signs of the Emperor, which is a Primarch's anthology, a Primarch's anthology, not a Primarch's anthology. Oh, God. <laughs> in a second or what? Uh, which is an event only exclusive for about 18 months, so people will be able to pick that up. Hammer and the Eagle uh, will feature 27 stories from the wider Warhammer universes. Uh, probably the Lightning Towers in there, yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love yeah, how I thought it, I and, love, Robert, love. Uh, and Michael already written it, so that's good. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, uh, also, yeah, we've got the lovely Horus uh, bookends. These are nice, aren't they? Yeah, they, they do are. look nice. I, 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 I like them a lot. I saw someone on Twitter saying, I wonder how long it'll be before someone turns them into terrain. Yeah, they can like, That hasn't even crossed my mind. Oh, that would yeah, be... I, I know, right? Michael's just had a crisis. Yeah. So, so, I thought that was... Because I thought when I first saw them, I thought, oh, they look like the, the, the statue, the plastic statue you get as part of the terrain mm. set. The sort of honoured um, statue. Yeah. Shielded. I think if you're going to have bookends, though, personally, you should have two different bookends. Yeah. See, I, 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 for me, it, it's a bit of a nitpick. A missed opportunity that it couldn't have been Horus on one end and the Emperor at uh, uh, the other, because that would have just, you know, yeah, they're that very nice. They are very, you know, it's an ultimate. It's it's a real nitpick, like you say. But I mean, I know when back in the day when the Lords of the Rings special editions came out. And I've still got them actually. I'm looking at them now. They yeah. gave away these two, uh, I think it's Arnorth or something. Uh, good oh, the Argonath. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, the Argonath guys. Oh, I couldn't afford them. Such that a time. great thing. Like, yeah. Just, you know, it was brilliant. And that's what I was kind of expecting because they're like a pair. You know? But you're right. Thematically, yeah. or story wise, one for. Yeah. Anyway, opportunity missed. They should have come to speak to us about their marketing in the future, I think. <laughs> There's also the possibility that, um, you know, casting-wise, it was too expensive to make two. Yeah, no, course, I don't get it. I'm not, I'm not, but if you can do a limited edition <laughs> Don't come to me with your details, Michael. I'm an ideas man. Things like cost <laughs> and the characters. <laughs> Who gives a rat ass? So there you go. Uh, oh, goodness me. Is it me again? It is it you is. again. So is anybody going to get these? Actually, Rob, would that would that float your boat? Um, I I would very much like the bookends, but I don't have a bookcase, so <sighs> they would be um, my limited edition Lord of the Rings Minas Tirith bookend uh, uh, yes. is is currently on Hendrix's windowsill uh, with uh, uh, eagerly awaiting teeth basically uh, when it gets <laughs> a bit older because um, if I'm not mistaken it's got like a little thing that you can take the top of Minas Tirith off and it's got like a little velvet thing isn't it yes exactly yes the, uh, you, um, you can you can take it out off there so um, in, in our hand in our house Gandalf takes his teeth away um, oh that's <laughs> uh, Gandalf, I like it Gandalf and Shadowfax come and take his teeth away and swap oh, that is pennies. so cool that's so uh, much better than a tooth fairy um so um your your child's gonna grow up with some great imagination mate. you you missed him headbanging to la- to black sabbath in the bath this evening you would have you would have been very proud very yeah. proud yeah yeah <laughs> um so yeah i i would like him i like stuff like that but um until tomorrow night's lottery ticket comes in and i have a, a chateau to fill to fill with all this <laughs> kind of stuff you know what i mean yeah, yeah exactly. 
Yeah, I guess. Does anybody know yeah. how expensive? No, nope. but I get the feeling they're going to be pretty pricey. Do you think they're going to be a, a Sicarian price? I think, I think they're going to be on eBay the day after for double. Oh, I hate that. Well, they're probably they're probably resin or plastic. They're not going to be anything. They'll be resin. They'll be polystone yeah. resin. So yeah, I imagine polystone. What? But it's sixty quid. Do you get the book as well, or is it just the bookends? It's just the bookends. Just bookends. Okay. Christ. I reckon it'll be. I reckon it'll be nearer eighty. Really? Yeah. Okay. Rob, uh, any any speculation? Because you're then. I'm, I'm gonna gonna tip in. I I think they might price it a bit more reasonably to actually get them to sell. Because at eighty quid, they know us heresy people are daft, but I don't think we're that daft. Uh, um, not with book nine not being out yet. It's like, yeah. do I spend book nine money on book nine when it comes out, or do I spend it on a little model Horus bookend? They, they are limited edition, though. This is the thing. Yeah, but they can't charge more for the bookend than they do for the Primark model. <laughs> they can't uh, because, but because, because yeah, but 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 then you then you just buy. Uh, no, I'm gonna I'm gonna say forty five quid a pair. Do you know, I was thinking about that. Fifty quid. I'll I'm, go gonna 50. Say, I'm gonna say 45, 45, 45 quid a pair. Price is right. Someone write okay. it down. I have a way they're out of my price range. Yeah, totally. I wonder how long it'll be before someone proxies Horus as one of them. I think it'd have to be like you know Demon Prince Horus, wouldn't it? Like it'd yeah. be enormous. But anyway, there you go, folks. Probably fifty quid minimum. But forty-five. <laughs> that might make it slightly, you know, into that realm of you know if you've got a few quid in your back pocket. And, and just to confirm, we have no knowledge whatsoever before Bill because. <laughs> We, we literally have no insider knowledge. We, these are pure uh, say, <laughs> we have no knowledge whatsoever about anything or just <laughs> just that, well, yeah, particular because there's there's, no, there's an argument for both. To be fair. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, it's been said. It has been said. So anyway, there you go, folks. Um, so second, penultimately, oh, you always give me these because I can't say it properly. Let me have a little think. See, <laughs> humble bundle. Humble Bumble, wasn't that the band that Billy Connolly was in? And that was a Humble Bums. Humble Bundle, then it said it again. Uh, once again, doing a bundle of Warhammer games. Nout specific, but uh, £10.50, you get 11 games and you get to donate to an amazing set of charities. This time they are special effect, which helps kids with disabilities, sorry, play video games, which I'm familiar with. And they have some other games you fancy. There is also a sale on Humble Store for several other Warhammer video games with up to 80% off. So yeah, Dawn of War et al. It's all in there. Yeah. Very nice. And finally, Mr. B. Uh, yeah, so we got a video, a painting, a couple of painting videos. Uh, these are for the Indomitus release, but they you know... The legions haven't really changed, but you've got, apart from the Dark Angels, um, you've got some painting guides for the Ultramarines, a specific one for them, and and loyalists, uh, other loyalist legions um, there. So they're battle-ready ones, but they're a little bit more advanced than the ones that we had been seeing. For example, they were introducing recess shading as a, a battle-ready technique, which is interesting, mm. with, with uh, contrast paints. Nice. Very good. Good, good, good. Okay, so that's that then. <laughs> that might be the longest state of the union ever. I think we've gone longer. I think yeah. we've gone longer. I think we've had, had about an hour and a half talking about their financial results, if I remember rightly. It was very interesting. Though. 
Yep, yep. Okay, so we'll move on and we'll talk about um, Titans. Me and Chris are going to talk about Titans. Lovely. So now it's time for Engine Kill, the time where we go through see what fun and games we've got for Titanicus, as things are a little bit short on the release front, although we're now aware that some exciting things uh, sort of on the on the close horizon. Indeed. Yes. Defensive defensive riser or assault of riser? I think it's defensive riser. De- defensive riser, I think, yeah. 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 That's gonna be cool. So that's something else to talk about. So in the meantime, we're going to continue going through uh, the Legios. And we have stumbled, or sort of uh, shambled upon, I suppose, in Legio Mortis. Yeah. Uh, the, the Legion that Graham has painted his Titans in. So I expect he's going to be closely listening to this section when he uh, decides to listen to the episode uh, on their release. You never know. He might. He might do. We tried to get him involved in it. He, he, uh, he, he wasn't. He's got his post bag. He'll leave us to have the engine kill. So let's dive in to the fluff. So Legio Mortis, the Death's Head, were formed on Mars before the Imperium itself during the Age of Strife and were part of the Triad Feromorgolas, who we spoke, which we referenced, I think, last month as well, didn't we? Uh, Yeah, yeah, I think we had... uh... Yes, Graphonicus were... Graphonicus. No, Grapho- I don't think Graphonicus were... No, we referenced it the first one. Oh, was it the first one? Oh. Yeah, Tempestus were part of it. Of course, yes, that's it. That's it, it's all blending into one now. Yeah. Uh, they were, according to legend, formed to be the personal guardians of the Fabricator General of Mars, and they have great rivalry with the Legio Ignatum and Legio Venator. After the solar unity that they were viewed as being more loyal to the Fabricator General turned to the Emperor, and so they were assigned to serve with Horus Lupercal, where they scored victory after victory and became fiercely loyal to the Warmaster, whom they willingly followed into treachery. Not massively surprising there, given the fact that, you know, they're not perhaps overly keen on the Emperor to start with. Nope. You know. Kind of expected, really. Yeah, exactly. The biggest surprise would have been to call, no, 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 we'll, we'll, we'll fight against Horus, thanks. Uh, as one of the largest titan, uh, titan legions, they were present at many famous battles, including Isfahan, Prospero, Talan, Beta Garmin, Moloch, and, of course, the Siege of Terror itself. Yeah, they were like a veritable, uh, you know... Um you know, a veritable uh, list of battles, you know, they're basically everywhere. Yeah, they've co- they've covered some ground and taken some names, haven't they? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Okay, so um, shall we have a look at some rules for them then? So yeah, I'll start off, I'll run through the Legio, tr- Legion, Legio traits. Uh, the first one is the Reaper's Tally. So the more enemy Titans you kill, so that's the more engine kills you declare, as it were, um, the better your engines get. So basically, every engine, every enemy engine you kill, you get to reroll a single one during the shooting attack. Um, but during shooting attacks of the Titan that scored the kill makes. 
and that can be used on either the hit roll or the armor roll. So that's pretty good because you don't get a lot of rerolls in Titanicus that I can see. And that's, you know, quite handy. Um, so probably this is going to be great for your self-sufficient um, warlords and warbringers, really. Um, yeah. Uh, then the other one is State of Decay. So you could ignore damage to the head for a round. But, you, but if you take advantage of this, you can't allocate any repair dice to the head, which makes it really risky because then you're going to get uh, shot at. Uh, and they're going to target the head. Um, but the way I look at it is, uh, this one, is if you've got a Titan that's literally on its last legs, its head is knackered, so its shooting isn't great. As soon as you pop, uh, as soon as you use this, it's like getting one last good round of good shooting out of the, uh, if that makes any sense. Yeah, I, I mean, this is, a, this is a Legion that is built to last, isn't it? Yeah, um, endurance is the word. Yeah. That is yeah, very much the watchword of these guys. And yeah, State of Decay, um, a dead useful uh, trait to have. Yeah, excellent. Okay, do you want to talk about the uh, Legio-specific strategy? Uh, yeah, so we get March of the Dead. Uh, this allows each of your Titans to make a free non-boosted move during the first strategy phase. That's pretty useful. It costs three of your strategy points. Um, but it's a very, very powerful strategy, letting you move very aggressively. Melee Titans can now make that extra move to get closer to the enemy and shape the game before it even gets started. And also some of those sort of medium-range weaponry, you know, not even just the melee, but the medium-range uh, guns as well, you can really sort of maximise their benefits. Yeah, you're really putting yourself into a position where you can do a lot of damage yeah. very early on. And you can really rack up some of those kills to get your um yeah uh, rerolls yeah basically start uh, the way I look at it is you can really start shaping the game you know before it even starts yeah yeah okay cool. cool um as for legion specific war gear we've got the war masters benef uh gives a bonus to lasers bolt weapons and missile weapons weapons when you fire them for the first time so i'm not sure about this one and how much it actually match you know works it's, with it's the plus one isn't it i think they get yeah yeah gives a gives a uh, yeah gives a yeah gives a plus one i believe but so i'm yeah, trying to think of, of things that this would actually affect um yeah it makes your apocalypse launch a strength five so, you know, sixes, you're sort of doing damage on head or, or you know, fives, you're doing damage to the body of another Titan, assuming the fact that the shields are down. Um, you know, there, there are a few. It, it, it's not as useful as um, sort of the Griffonicus um, sort of a, assault um, options, I didn't think. Yeah, it's definitely putting you on a um, on a sh hit them early kind of thing, but yeah, which seems to be a, a, a kind of thing here, you know, do get you know hit them early. Um, okay, so uh, laser blasters. What's the laser blaster going to be doing? Just trying to think of other. Uh, he says quickly trying to scroll through. So laser blaster would then be strength nine, I suppose. If you've got that plus three move, short range, 60 inches. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's pretty tasty. 
Yeah, there's definitely places I can see it, yeah. but I think that the next one, the the remains of the fallen, sounds a lot better. Yeah. So yeah, this this forces enemy titans within eight inches to increase their commands characteristic by one to a maximum of ten, and I think that works going to work really well with your aggressive titans that are getting straight up front, and of course with your um. Um, March of the Dead, you're getting closer and closer to be able to start yeah. using that sooner and sooner. So I think that's a that's a really handy one. Yeah, I think that's if you can if you can any time you can affect someone else's dice roll. You know, I often th- I often think being able to affect an opponent's dice roll is always is, is more effective than a, uh, your own, if that makes sense. Yeah, because you can plan for affecting your own dice rolls during the game. Your opponent cannot plan for you affecting theirs because they never know, they don't really know when or what what's going to happen if that makes sense. Yep. Yep, definitely. Definitely. Um yeah, so that's a that's a really good one. Um so what about the personal traits then? What do you, what do you think of them then, Chris? Yeah, so we get rotten heart, uh which is the uh, roll of a one. So when the pin- princeps awakens the machine spirit of their titan they may ignore its effects rather than rolling on the awakened machine spirit table. If they do this, then advance their plasma reactor track by two places. So, just trying to remember, oh, I, can't, I can never remember the uh, table for awakened machine spirit. I know we spoke about it. Uh, let's try and find it. I'm trying to think what you would want to ignore, really. I suppose that there's uh, awaken. He does quickly. Oh god, awaken, there we go. Machine spirit. Now, okay. Spirit awakens. Uh, What would you want to miss? Uh, Predatory, no. I can't think of anything you'd read. I suppose in, impetuous. I suppose you know you want to be able to move D three. You don't want to be able to sort of going into the sort of D three in the wrong direction or D six inches in the wrong direction, do you? Uh, yeah. And other than the haughty one, haughty, but is it going to be worth those two extra plasma things to sort of ignore ending a turn early? Yeah, but I, I guess it's uh, more for it, uh, it. It just will help with that slight reliability of your Titan. Yeah, yes, that's true. The, the, the thing is, I suppose it's that that trade off of you know last stand kind of Titan, but you know I don't want to run roll that dice, get that one, lose my titan's turn before it, it never gets destroyed 30 seconds later yeah yeah it, it is a bit of a rock and a hard place to a degree but yeah do you have to uh to say in which order you have to do it can you just do you do it before you roll the dice to see what it is or do you have to just burn it before you roll the dice i assume it's see what the dice is and then do it um you can ignore the effect um yeah so yeah you roll the dice and then yes you ignore the effect so. the ability yeah cool 
Pityless uh, can help finish off a damaged enemy. It adds one to the strength of a weapon targeting an enemy titan that has suffered critical damage to head, body, and legs. Very yeah. nice. Get that killing blow. I love that one. Yeah. That works. That that, that ticks, uh, ticks my boxes. Mm-hmm. And then finally, we get Ancient of Terror. Now, this one I really like. I have to be honest. I, this is a... Uh, probably the best one for me out of the three. Uh, when the Princeps Titan must roll on their reactor overload table, only ever roll a D6, even if the reactor status marker is in a red hole. Oh, yeah. Um, again, it's that survivability thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and being able to almost halve your chances of getting um a sort of a really bad result that's you know because it's what d6 or a d10 isn't it if i remember correctly if it's yeah. in red it's in d10 yeah so you know you're, you're actually almost halving your chances of getting something horrible which is good yeah it's fantastic i think yeah that's what i would i would take that yeah i'd be tempted by pitiless but ancient of terror would probably be my although really it's yeah, just called ancient of mars yeah. <laughs> you know that you can you know you can push it that little bit further if that makes sense yeah you know you, you know you've perhaps got that little bit more wiggle room to, to sort of hurt some things mm-hmm. because yeah you're, you're basically books one thing so basically you cut out the fact that you might get a reactor meltdown um which is you know pretty useful it is indeed Okay, so um, moving on to the appearance. Well, um, basically, the Joe Mortis carrier, uh, their, their armor is red, black, red, their primary colors, and they've got gold armor trim. Now, handily enough for us, um, Games Workshop have done a video on painting the Joe Mortis, and there is available also a, a color Legio Mortis transfer sheet. And, of course, Legio Mortis are one of the Legios with transfers on the basic transfer sheet. So They've got it all. Yeah, they have. They're pretty good. Um, yeah, so in summary, what would you think about what do you think about Legio Mortis? I, I think they're good. I, although they've got, you know, they have a reputation as being sort of one of the more popular ones, I don't know if I find their rules particularly characterful enough mm. um, when we looked at Graphonicus and it was very you know there was a clear role around it if that makes sense yeah yeah I, I get that the you know a lot of these ones are for these guys are about surviving um I just yeah it, it didn't jump out as, as, as being quite as characterful mm. Um, I mean, it does kind of fit with the whole Nurgle way they go down. Yeah, there. but I, I don't know really. I, 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 I like that. You know, I, I get why they're attractive to people. Um, mm-hmm. maybe it's you know I have that traitor, sort of a loyalist blindness, um, by which I live my life. So maybe that's just what it's, it is coming out. Yeah. Fair enough. Uh, I mean, I think they are quite nice. They, 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 um, they, they, they're one about, as we said before, they're about endurance. You know, these guys are going to be there at the very end of the game. Um, I think they're going to be more likely to outlast enemy because they, 
you know they, they they can take that damage yeah um and because they can get a lot of punch in earlier turns it means they're more effective like you know they've got they can just mop up the remains later on you know that uh, uh, you know the war master's beneficence and the um march of the dead just gets them a chance to do something quite early on yeah yeah i suppose the thing is is they have a good opening but are they gonna you know be able to tolerate the mid game if that makes sense the mid to late game yeah um, yeah it's it's a you know they're they're closely linked to horus and horus is is, is the spear tip isn't he basically as um and this is very much that kind of spear tip you know get out in front early doors kind yeah, of yeah. thrust definitely um, which is, yeah, it's good, but I yeah, I th- I prefer the other Titan Legions that we've looked at so far. I think. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, what do you think about Manipul for them? Do you know what I I was sort of my, I don't know that there are that I could think of one that sort of made me think oh this is the one for them. Yeah, I'll admit that was a struggle. There was one I did come up with, the cool. Mandatum. The uh, Battleline Maniple from Shadow and Iron. That is um, a Warlord and four Warhounds. Um, it increases your it makes increases your command. Uh, you know, it, it basically makes it easier to get off command checks. And um, while you're within twelve inches of the Warlord, the Warhounds get plus one to hit rolls. Okay, yeah, quite quick little things as well. Got the um, the Warhounds, haven't you? See. Yeah, so I, I figured that with. You know that's a that's a very aggressive get up there as a unit and start destroying stuff. Yeah, no, oh, that sounds fair. That sounds perfectly fair to me. Um, yeah, the Warstone Titans plus one to hits. Yeah, for the Warhounds. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that, that's my interpretation. Cool. Anyway, um, so next time we uh, come back next month, I think we've got what's that? What's that? What's next on the list? I think it's a. Oh. Uh, uh, the Warp Runner is a storeroom. Oh, yeah. Awesome. That would be good, because they're quite a jazzy legion. They are. Yellow and blue, isn't it? Yep. Yep. Okay, Pretty cool. Strong. All right, so what we'll do now is we'll run into uh, the Augury Scanner. We're not going to talk about Titans now. Obviously. Uh, we're going to move on to Augury Scanner. Your Augury Scanner. Um, yeah, I'll keep going with this. Uh, recording. Okay, Augury Scanner. Who wants to introduce this then? Me and Crystal uh, have just been talking for a bit, so... Uh, I don't think I've introduced one. No, I don't think you have. You introduced the show. Okay. Uh, next up, uh, we have the ever-ready Augury Scanner. And... Um, where we have a little look-see around, but mainly to see what's going on in the community that's cool, and also to uh, look at the feedback that we've been getting over the last month. So, Michael, what did you, what, what piqued your interest? What, what um, tried to penetrate your perimeter? <laughs> Steady. Okay, I saw some cool models on a... Pants on again. There's a, <laughs> there's a guy on um, a Brother Vinny. 
Um, he does some original historical and fantasy miniatures. He's, he's quite good models. And he's been doing a Regiment Jotun um, minis. And I notice he put up some special weapons guys. Um, oh, he's actually done he's actually done a few more models that have literally launched between the time I wrote these notes um, this week and now. So we've now got a few more models on yeah, there. Yeah, they look, they look ace. They're basically Valhallans. But they are really, really nice. So I am yeah. I am really hoping that range gets extended because that could be. Uh, I, there's so many options for militia. They're not cheap though. They're not cheap. No, 13 euro twenty for two two um you know um hellgun guys. But yeah, they are they are beautiful models. Howie. Yeah, they they are really good though. I'll give him that one. Okay, so um. In terms of uh, feedback, then, so uh, Chris, do you want to talk about the next one? Uh, give me one second. Let's just open up these models. Uh, yeah, big thing. Scott Wilkinson and Ollie Appleby. Someone was looking on Crusade and Heresy for recommendations for uh, podcasts people listen to, and both independently of them of, of us, they recommended us, which is very kind of them. So just thought we'd take the time to say thank you. Yeah, thanks, guys. Um, I do mm. appreciate it. Checks in the post. Hopefully, if the guy did listen to us, he didn't listen to the first eight episodes. Yeah, please do not listen to the first eight episodes. Um, so there was more. We had some more feedback from uh, some factual and accurate analysis. Uh, although Chris disagrees quite vehemently. Uh, God smoked, who is a, a paragon of virtue and awesomeness in my <laughs> mainly because he. <laughs> He trolls the living bejesus out of the imperial fists, which is always yeah. good to say. You're yourself now, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> there is, of course, still the argument that I am, in fact, fifth godsmokes, which I can categorically deny wholeheartedly. Yeah, I'm going to go. Why would Graham pick a. Um, pick a uh, because, Michael, it, pick it would make us think, oh, it's not Graham. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm, maybe. Have you seen that? Have you seen that uh, scene in the Life of Brian, where where he goes, "I am not the Messiah," and they go, "Well, only the true Messiah would deny that he is the Messiah. <laughs> Therefore, you must be the Messiah." And that's a bit circular. A little he's bit not like fifth gobsmote. He's a very naughty boy. Exactly. It's, it's Graham trying to cover his own. Do you think, in all reality, that I would actually? I think he's infinitely wittier than me, so it's definitely not me. But anyway. Um, <laughs> Just to say thank you, I appreciate it. Keep strong, brother. Keep keep it up. Um, Talk to yourself. <laughs> um, it was really good, actually. So I really liked doing this. I think Chris and I had a lot of fun doing this. Um, do you want to talk through this one, Chris? Because you did most of the work here. So sorry, sorry, Rob. I know I haven't I'm given you anything to talk about here. That's not that, that, that's I feel like right. I'm leaving you out now. That, that, that's oh. all right. I'll I'll, I'll just I'll, I'll swap with Chris and I'll be the five percent. <laughs> <laughs> don't take it Actually, away from me stuff, <laughs> stuff oh, God. Um, right so yeah we got this so uh, Damien Turner I can't remember if he messaged directly or if he just put it on the Edge of Empire group like but he, it was, yeah. yeah that was it um, he wanted to do a particular mission sort of a, a particular scenario which was the Raven Guard escaping Istvan so having the dropships coming in to collect Korax uh, Korax, and the survivors and being pursued by Angron 
and world eaters and he wanted to sort of you know because we occasionally write missions for things he hoped that we would be able to come up with a solution so you have a sort of a fun balance game um that did those things so yeah which which we did we we, we uh, i scoured lexicanum for uh, those particular events and we sort of went from there yeah so we'll talk about that a bit later in the because it's sort of syrup surreptitious surreptitiously um the same week that we're doing the raven guard so yeah played in quite nicely so but it was i think it was um it was him and his son uh he is i think he plays the world and his son plays the raven guard or vice versa might have been the other way around but anyway he wanted a sort of way of balancing this mission and so chris went and researched the actual bit of narrative so we took some narrative away and we came up with a mission and we think actually it's such a good we quite enjoyed doing it it took us a bit of time yeah, but, sort of um, an hour or so yeah sort of, sort of tweak but it was a, it was a nice distraction so and then it kind of got us thinking that actually talking about missions which we have been already you know maybe when we do a uh our army sort of army special that we should try and do a mission for that army if you see yeah. so we know that some of the stuffs uh, some of the historical stuff's covered in the black books obviously yeah. but so if you when we you know if you hear us about doing a particular army and you think, hey, I have a commission that was um, about this part of the narrative or that part of the narrative or something that reflects this, send it our way. And then when we do that army, um, we'll try and do a mission for it as well, just to put ourselves to the test. So they won't always be balanced because obviously the books aren't always balanced. But um, we'll try our best to try and make these things actually repeatable and fun to play, even if not using that particular army. So it's going to be a new section when we do this. So I'm looking forward to that. It, 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 it was balanced out. I think it was a close game that they had in the end, I think about 7-6 victory point-wise. Yeah. Um, but it, it, yeah, it, it tried to maintain as much of the narrative and, and, and the pressure um that was would be involved in in that situation yeah like I said, it was a yeah it was a good hour or so that we were sort of, uh, sort of had, the idea kind of came quickly to me but then it's it, it's tweaking it to make it um so it's actually going to work on the tabletop yeah it's good yeah. so um, rob you can you can read the next one sorry man no so yes so uh we've had a, a question in from ollie no, this was actually sorry, my bad. I should apologise. I just chucked it in there. This was this was one of the questions on Crusade and Heresy. So it's like a rules question. So the next two yeah. are rules questions. So go on then. Yes, one. rules questions. So question for the hive mind says Ollie. An issue has been raised in the Iron Warriors group. <laughs> Alternate force organisation charts and right of war. Now, the Edge of Darkness Legion's book states you can't take the two together, yet this isn't mentioned in the Edge of Darkness rulebook. So, Ollie says he's inclined to go with the Legion's book, yet the opposing argument claims that the Edge of Darkness rulebook is newer and therefore supersedes it, which does have precedent. Basically, the argument is about combining the Onslaught Force organisation chart and the removal agency that Michael's got in by the sounds of it. Yeah, he's doing it. It's Lindsay upstairs. Ah, uh, right. Um, My microphone is way too about, sensitive tonight. Um, it's combining the onslaught force organization chart and the ham- and hammer of Olympia right of war yes. to end up with five, five heavy support slots. Yes. I don't think you can. So see is that. that? So is that yes. like? Is that like fifty siege tyrant terminators, or are they At elite? Least. No, they're heavy support. Um, so Ollie refers to that as a steaming pile of Stilton himself. 
Um, now, I'm going to say that you can't do it because I think if you could, then Graham already would have <laughs> tried it at least <laughs> once. <laughs> so, um, this, yeah, this, yeah, it was a good one, this one. What do you guys think? Because actually, I, I zoned I out I, to the Iron Warriors Facebook group. So, uh, okay, yeah. So, yeah. Um, um, I think a nuge actually did say something on this. So, go on. I think not, because it specifically states not in one publication, just because it doesn't specifically say it doesn't in another one. Yes. Um, you know the um, the sort of you know the the, the Legion specific Red Book has rules for Fulmentaris Terminators that, but they're not in the non Legion specific Red Book. But that doesn't mean you can't use them. Yeah. In an Ultramarines army, it's the same. It's the same thing, just because if something's expressly forbidden in one publication, then it's expressly forbidden in the game. Yeah. In in my Yeah. That's that's my take. Mr Mr B, Chris, you agree with that? No no means no. It's a hard one because I suppose the core rules that are in um you know the the, the black books that we had have been superseded. However, I don't think it's in keeping with the spirit of the rules. Don't go with spirit of the rules. That is the worst oh, argument. Down that ever. path, madness. Do not like. go down that path. Next I, thing you were saying, roll the dice to decide it for goodness sake. No, I would I would I would say <laughs> kind of hippie per- nonsense is this. <laughs> on, a, on a personal level, I would say no. I would say no. I think the intent is clear that you can't do that. But Unless, uh, again, this is something that may, if someone's thinking about this, then that's the kind of situation where we have to go, come on, Game Shot, uh, well, Fourth World, give us an FAQ because people are idiots. Yeah. And if, so, if, so, if, if someone's, thinking, up, if someone's thinking about doing this, play somebody else. I don't mind if you guys, uh, I, I'm going to, I think I would say, no, we wouldn't accept this at your COL. You yeah. can't. Okay. Can I, um, so actually, Anuge said, I think it was a nooch. It was something somebody called a nooch. Um, that, um, <laughs> there may be more than one a nooch. That's what I'm saying, right? Not the worst um, GW, though, I'm sure. No, I don't know if it is the same one. I'm just assuming. That's like saying there's um, more than one slash. Yeah. The reason the reason why the the um, Legion's book supersedes the core rule book is the core rule book's used for all of the armies, and basically the the rights of war are specific to Praetors in the Age of Darkness Legions, if you see what I mean. Yeah, okay, so they're right. like an add-on. They're not a core rule, if you like. So they don't supersede mm. They're just an add-on as how you play the army. They're an army rule, not a core rule. Ah, uh, so right. Okay. I does that make sense? Yeah, I think it probably explains it better to me. But fundamentally, yeah, that makes sense. That makes. No, sense. you can't because it's the, the core rule book's about for all armies, and then the extensions are in the Legions book. The hierarchy of age has no bearing here. So the legion, so the legion book is as basically the well, it is basically a codex. So. Exactly, and that's and how that's it's, it's like the right of war is an add-on just for them because you don't have rights of war for mechanicum or militia or anything else to you. This is why it's not in the core rule book. Yeah. So All there right. you go. Very that sorted. Well, how about this little Good. chestnut? You like this one? Ooh, you like this one? Delta. Yeah, so, like Allied militia warlord. So he can have the warlord trait, Merchant Princeling. Mm-hmm. Merchant Princeling lets, gets, lets you reduce, as in make one better, the AP 
of an infantry unit. Can he then confer that onto a marine legion unit? So take you, you have a, a legion army with allied militia. No, with, legion army with, so primary oh, detachment. So, sorry, militia. yeah, militia with allied allied legion. Space. Could you take an allied legion tactical support squad, say, and have AP-1 plasma cannons? No, AP-1 plasma cannons. <laughs> He'd have to be Battle Brothers, wouldn't he? So okay. I don't even think Battle Brothers would do it. I don't they would. think. Regrettably, yeah. Go on, I'll explain why, but go on. I, I'm looking at the book now, actually. Mate, I, I, don't, don't think, I don't know the rules well enough to comment on this one, so I'm going to shut up. I don't think Battle Brothers confer uh, abilities onto a units that they're allied with. They Shall I find out? Because I will. So, I don't know I'm about that one. Really. But I, I could be wrong, but I, I'm I'm sure I've looked this up before. So anyway, so yeah, I'm going to say something so sworn sworn brothers, right? Just come, we'll come back to controversy in a minute, Michael, because I know what you're probably going to say. Um, so sworn brothers, closest of allies who have fought beside each other many times. The two forces are considered friendly units in all regards. This means, for example, that sworn brothers may be joined by allied independent characters. Yeah. And are treated as friendly units for the targeting of psychic power, special abilities, warlord traits, Ooh. and so on. Okay. So Ooh, may also benefit that. from nuncio box carried by allied units, right? So that's the crux of it, right? So basically what they're saying is if you have a, um, whatever they're called, I can't remember the HQ unit, but the war, whatever it is, for a militia, and he joins or is part of it. I'll have to have a look at the rule for the in a minute but anyway long and short of it is if you look at imperial army and this is from the age of darkness book so i think it has changed a little bit but i haven't got the latest version so in terms of imperial army who's a sworn brother so salamanders um, sons of horus sons of horus ultramarines raven guard they've got to be haven't they no no oh it's only four yeah so those four five sorry five arms yeah could basically do that now let's let's it's one of those kind of classic um jurassic park things really which is you know just because the scientists they never stopped to consider whether <laughs> yeah. they should you know they were just so obsessed with the fact they could they never stopped to consider whether they should now i would say that if we got that in company of legends i would say no now i know it's the rules but i it's it is so i mean you could get some flipping horrible combinations there i mean god ap1 god yeah i mean ap1 last cannons are, are bad news right because ap1 siege tyrants oh ap2 no, sorry siege AP, tyrants ap2 siege tyrants i mean well you couldn't get siege tyrants that's the problem right because iron warriors iron warriors aren't oh yeah brother. true so so ap, AP2 fallman tower AP2 Fulmentaros. Do you see that Ultramarines could do it? Yep, because they're Swarm yeah. Brothers. So you could do it that way. Um, there's a whole raft of potential exploits. I would say that it's if you had that and you use that, you're asking for a bit of bother because is it minus one to all units or is it only a certain unit you've joined, for example? I'm just trying to find my Crusade Imperialis. Is it, but is it, is it ranged weapons? Let or, me, is it just um, any, or is it just any weapons? Let me find... Let me find the, the, got the actual. Okay, cool. Let me just find the thing. Here we go. Cults. Where is it? 
Okay, which one is One squad it? of Iona's plane chose infantry uh, because having all their ranged weapons. Right, it's, it's ranged, we- it's ranged one weapons squad. only. It's only one squad. I was just thinking if it was melee weapons, you just stick him in with your fire drakes and have AP1 chain fists. No. One squad of the only player's choice, infantry type, counts all of their ranged weapons having an AP of one better than their normal for that type. Which is the rule? Which was the rule? Sorry, it's a, it's a warlord trait for imperialist militia. Oh right, so, so you have to. Oh yeah, but I think you can choose so, if you if you upgrade your um, force commander, can't you? Yes. I think planetary yeah, overlord. You planetary, can choose. planetary overlord. Pick it. Yeah. So goodness, right? Okay, and then it's merchant. What's it? Merchant, oh, yeah, merchant, merchant princeling. Two in a row. So. One squad, I mean, a 10 man last cannon squad. I mean, would it make a huge amount? It wouldn't make a huge amount. Of Maybe one placement squad. Yeah, that would be a difference, I think, because it gives you the extra chance of blowing vehicles on a five rather than a six. But, you know, that's one exception. What about plasma wouldn't be too bad? But I think somebody said about somebody said that the actual, the real gubbins, the real nastiness, actually, it wouldn't be Volkites because Volkites are always AP5, aren't they? They'd yeah, AP4 though, wouldn't they? Yeah, yeah but it wouldn't be too bad. I don't think any are AP4. No. Are they? I thought they yeah, had an AP5. They're AP5, yeah. Um, you're not going to get them any better. Assault cannons, maybe. Actually, assault cannon heavy. Can you take them in normal heavy weapon squads? Assault no. cannons, no. Assault cannons are. Not assault cannons, auto cannons, my bad. Auto oh, yeah, auto cannons. Yeah, yeah, yeah auto cannons. AP4? So, AP4, so you could get so auto cannons, AP3, strength 7, 2 shots. 10 of them, 20, 20 AP3 shots coming at you. Twin linked, I think. Mm-hmm. Oh, gee, that's going to... Tank, tank hunters with iron warriors? Yeah. Nope, iron and warriors can't, can't do it. Can't use them. Oh, no, sorry. And we can't even use the old... Uh, get them in through cores of the Hydra with the... Um, what's the name? Alpha Legion. But anyway, I mean, what, what you could do is you could stick in with a unit of Seekers and you have your um, Scorpius bolt shells... Um, which are the uh, the heavy ones? Raven Guard could do, Michael. Just sorry, but they would be uh, Raven Guard could do, could could have this effect. I thought they'd be able to. Yeah, they are. You could you could have um, strength four AP three Kraken bolt shells on your seekers. You could have strength five AP one shred. Scorpius bolt shells. What are the flamers on the salamanders? What yeah, they would, they would actually they would become really good. <laughs> so heavy, <laughs> oh, heavy God, flamers yeah. would go from AP four to so AP three. They'd be yeah. strength six, so they'd be strength six AP three heavy flamers. And would they count as twin links because they were salamanders once? Uh, yeah, oh. uh, <laughs> I can't remember the rules. Is it twin? They'd have something to make them more no. flamey. It just it just and no, I just to the strength of them. So is it? Yeah. So that basic, so I think a normal with a normal heavy flamer on a salamander, it becomes strength six. So it becomes strength six, and you get plus one to the AP. So it'd be strength six AP three, which is pretty good. But I don't think they can take a full squad of. Or can they? I'm gonna have to look it up because I'm, you know, I know it's got the same rule. You know that rule with like with the um, you have with the blood angels where they can swap out an assault cannon for a heavy flamer. I yes. think, in the back of my mind, without looking it up, Salamanders can do the same with heavy bolters, which could mean that you could take a heavy support squad with heavy bolters, swap them out for heavy flamers, and they could all be AP3 heavy flamers, which would take some stopping. 
But you could also have AP3 heavy bolters. Actually, yeah, now you mention it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so... That'll, that'll do it. Yes, that's uh, it's it's, interesting. It's, the, 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 it's the, a naughty list, is but there. it's a band. It, it, it would need further investigation. It depends. If it comes with a Typhon and an Atropos, it's definitely getting naughty listed. I think it, I think it needs. We'd really need to sit down and look at what the options were going with that. If that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. If, if someone's just rocking it up and they've got a load of Volkite, then you just get, you know that's fine. If they're rocking it up and they're trying to bust out AP3 twin linked heavy flamers on a ten man squad. That's a different kind of thing. Yeah. Hang on. What's that 10 man Laz Cannon unit doing? Oh, nothing. Yeah. Nothing there. AP1. So, so, yeah, I think that's definitely a Jeff Goldblum, which is what we're going to call that now. Yes. Yeah. Where, where somebody does something that they, just because they should, they never really thought to think where they should. <laughs> should, yeah. Anyway, thank you, gentlemen, for indulging. Very good. Yes. Okay. So, what we'll do now is we'll move into books. Okay. okay. And we'll just quickly do books now. So books. Um, did you read some of the Salah? I have. Oh, sorry. Uh, yes, I did. Fantastic. So I'm gonna have a little chat about that then. Okay. Okay. So um, I'll introduce books. Yeah. Uh, quickly. Um. Okay. So uh, me and Chris, just me and Chris for the books. Um, and we're gonna have a have a little little chat about Sons of the Selenar and then look at what books are hopefully coming out soon. So um yeah, Sons of the Selenar. What what were your thoughts on this one then, Chris? Yeah, so this is one of the sort of the um novellas that's going around sort of in between Siege of Terror, isn't it? Um yeah. it it was nice to see the Shattered Legion guys um play not an inconsequential role in the future of the of the of the 40 of the sort of 40k universe yeah. I, I like that idea that you know these guys um who have survived the worst that um that the heresy has got to offer at times mm-hmm. are the ones that basically mean that you know the the, the uh, um, what are they called Primaris Marines, uh, you know, come into being sort of ten thousand years later, which is pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, very, very, uh, a very big link between these guys, what they did, and and Primaris Marines, which I suppose is interesting in a way. Yeah. Yeah, definitely interesting. Um, I suppose they do need to find a way to unify the law. Um, because I know yeah, a lot sure. of people. Belisarius Call sort of, uh, sort of dabbled around, haven't we? He's sort of um, sort of in bits and pieces so far, and then we get this as well. So yeah, just just wraps it up nicely. Yeah. So uh, yeah, so yeah, that was nice. I mean, it was a very it was a very intense story. It just it didn't uh, it didn't pull any punches. It was just right. Let's start. Boom. Here we go. No build up. It was just like action right from the start. Yeah, I mean it's it's a novella, so it doesn't really have the time. 
yeah it felt it felt like a very short novella i must admit yeah. if i paid 40 pounds for it i wouldn't have felt yeah. great about that but it was a really really good story i mean um obviously graham mcneil fantastic author um yeah. and yeah it closes off it, you know it, it brings to an end a story strand in the heresy that uh you know um i suppose otherwise may have gone un you know unfinished yeah a couple of some you know um the the sort of oh no give me two seconds i'm just trying to see how many pages it was i was just thinking about how many how big actually it is but it didn't felt like i mean i i, I read one chapter on the one night uh and put it down and then i picked it up the next night and finished it in not a terribly long time yeah yeah sounds like oh, but it it, it, it it was just always going and there was something happening to the crew there was something they were getting involved with in that and their and their you know their time on luna was short but very very intensive yeah and it's good it's nice to see that you know i know we talked about um how one particular story came to an abrupt end in uh the first wall sort of un, un sort of in, in a weird way yeah and we didn't we got we got the end of the story that this sort of leads on or cut leads off of in the first book so it's not maybe you know it's good to see them sort of then picking up those strands um other authors picking up those strands and, and running off with them yeah yeah so so yeah you get sort of set up in the first in the first in the solar yeah. war and then and then fixed and finalized in this one which yeah. is nice yes some very cool things in this book oh yeah awesome awesome okay it's, it's a fresh book so i don't want to sort of um yeah, we can't give out spoilers. Give, yeah, exactly. That's it. And it's it's because I, I know a few, I enjoyed it. It's it's yeah. I know a few people are waiting for it to come onto Audible, uh, um, and it isn't on there yet. So okay. Hence, I'm being very careful about yeah. Anything. That's it. Trying not to trying not to ruin for people. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. So cool cover art as well. You know. Oh yeah, the cover art is brilliant. I mean, that Volkite is just you know superb. Loves I love seeing a Volkite. <laughs> You don't see them often on, on, no. on cover, so yeah. Okay, right. Very so, cool. what do we know that's upcoming? Well, at the minute, we know that Fury of the Magnus is due on the twenty second of August. It's due on the twenty second of August, but that was announced before the um, the lockdown so we don't know if that's still going to be coming on the 22nd of august we can't you know we're, we're, we're in a situation where we just don't know what the situation well you know we don't know what the crack is going to be no, and, and there hasn't been an update to uh to the to to um uh, to the thing we do know however that the first of august science of the emperor is going to be out uh we have for um Black for character is it character week character yeah. character week yep yep it's a it's a it's an excellent book I actually really highly recommend everybody go out and grab this one because it is phenomenal is this Lots. the one with um dawn and the secret room yes yes yeah, yeah definitely worth a read definitely worth a read lots of lots of insights into into that uh buried 
Dagger is due out on the 15th of August as a paperback. Okay. So that'll be the last Heresy book gaming against paperback. Yeah. Blimey. God, that feels like a thousand years ago that was out. It does, it does. And uh, November would do the standard version of Fury of Magnus. Again, we don't know if that's going to be the case. Um, and finally... Uh, we don't have a date on Lionel Johnson, Lord of the First. That is a to be confirmed. Mm-hmm. So hopefully we will find out some of those dates yeah. soon. Yeah, I mean, Saturnine was out when expected. So, you know, fingers crossed the rest of the books will be. Yeah, fingers crossed uh, uh, they will come out and they'll, uh, and they'll find a slot for uh, Lord of the First. Yeah. Because uh, I really want to get hold of that. Because I hear yeah. it's very good. And it's, it's good. Any stories about the lion? I mean, he's a super cool character. Yeah. Yeah. Who who wrote that again? I just have to. I'm just gonna have to Google it because I can't remember who 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 wrote um who wrote it. I've got I've got a feeling it was Guy Halley, but I'm probably wrong. Um. It is um, no David Geimer. Oh, that's pretty good. <laughs> no, Mr. Mr. B's uh, author review, David Geimer, pretty good. Well, according to Amazon, it's due out the 29th of October. Okay, cool. But we don't know. We shall we shall eagerly anticipate. Yeah. All right. Nope. No problem then. We'll uh, run into uh, the Raven Guard and their fluff. Oh, yeah. Some of the enemies of unification decided to stand their ground and fight the Emperor. And it was then that the 19th Legion would reveal themselves as a gun already raised to their temple, and they never saw them coming. Raised from techno-savages, the 19th Legion quickly demonstrated their skill at reconnaissance and target identification, an ability to move from being unseen to rapid attack at a moment's notice. When they infiltrated their enemies and were revealed as being right among them, most enemies capitulated. The Raven Guard were noted for attacking without warning, and thus they were able to engage with forces far more numerous than them. They specialised in the assassination of enemy leaders, leaving their opponents uh, without uh, direction and unable to function or coordinate their response. The original recruits of the Raven Guard were the first-born sons of the uh, tribes of the Asiatic Dustfields, who were known for constant battle with each other and with their neighbours, the much larger Indonesian bloc. But these... Uh, These warriors were extremely well suited to the Emperor's vision. And they had a capacity to switch from cold impassiveness to swift, brutal action 
And this made the Legion a subject of dread amongst those who would deny unity. They remained nameless, and they kept their armour grey. But, on the eve of war, they applied war paint made of Asiatic dust to their faces. This caused the Lunar Wolves to bestow the title of them on them of the Pale Nomads and the Dust Clad. And other than that, they just remained a few tribal markings. Their gene seed also made their skin unnaturally pale, and for many of them, their hair to turn as black as midnight. And in smaller numbers, their eyes turned entirely black, which lent, lent them a fearsome aspect, which suited the unscrutable, watchful mien. Their primarch, Corvus Corax, was found in a lightless chamber far beneath the surface of a barren moon called Lycaeus, a desolated but inhabited moon of the planet Kiavar. Kiavar was a technologically advanced Ford world with city-sized manufactorum, fueled with minerals extracted from the moon of Lycaeus. Korak was taken in by the, by the slaves that found him and hidden from the mine's cruel underseers. And you see, the slaves of Lycaeus were prisoners. Most of them were, the, in fact, the descendants of prisoners. For once you were sent to Lycaeus as a prisoner, your entire family remained there. And under the iron watch of the guards, the enslaved inhabitants of Lycaeus worked to raise Korax. They recognised him as a phenomenal being. He matured in a very short period of time. And it was believed that he, he represented a great gift to their people. His name means saviour or deliverer. And he was created with a wealth of knowledge in his mind already. But he still learned a lot from his protectors. Many of the prisoners were radicals condemned for holding views contrary to the interests of the tech guilds that ruled Kiavar. And, unfortunately, within those tech guilds, notions of justice and human dignity had no place in that brittle regime. And Korak swore to the protectors that he would liberate them from this cruel existence. Thankfully for Korax and the Imperium at large, the young Primarch's mentors counseled caution against overt signs of defiance or precipitous quests of vengeance. And from these brave men and women, he learned to bide his time, observe his foes, to use his superhuman Genhan's faculties to plan for ahead uh, today to the day when he would lead the uprising and overthrow the hated slave lords of Lycaeus. Korak soon discovered that he had an ability an ability to move one step ahead of the Wardens without being discovered, even in, when indirectly in light, line of sight by them. But, and he was able to uh, prevent a willing observer from seeing him. He utilised this uncanny ability to go where no other slave in the prison could go, moving about unseen beneath the gaze of the guards. But, auspexes and other artificial methods of detection were able to see him, and it was only the mind of the observer that he could trick. As he reached his maturity, the rule of the guilds was about to end. 
Korax led a masterful, conceived campaign that bled the prison authorities dry, taking small cells of freedom fighters on a range of mission, some to steal weapons, others ammunition, and more to sabotage the key systems. So at the moment of his choosing, the prison would fall. When that moment came, Korax led the slave uprising and cast off the shackles of centuries of oppression. In a bloody battle, his freedom fighters took the prison. The bloodshed was great. Not all the slave prisoners had been imprisoned for their radical ideas. Some were convicted killers, murderers, worse. But he still had to use them. He overlooked their previous crimes on the condition that they never repeat them after their bondage was cast off. But, in the immediate aftermath of the liberation of the prison moon, Lycaeus, Korax, used an atomic weapon to bombard Kieva, was the only way he felt he could bring down the tech guilds and change things for better for the people of Lycaeus. But at that time, the emperor arrived, and reclaimed his lost son. The Master of Mankind and the 19th Legion of Primarch spoke for long hours. Some claimed that the Emperor spoke to Korax of things men, some of, and some, even some of the Primarchs were not ready to hear, of the truth of the unhuman powers that seethe within the warp and the darkness to come, and about his own abilities. But the Emperor left Korax to complete his mission, to defeat the tech guilds of Kiavar, only later would he be able to assume command of his legion. Korax liberated Kiavar on his own, allowing the Primarch to learn and assimilate the most vital lessons of war. He left, leaving Korax to complete the task using only the weapons he had to hand. As we said, those weapons were a stockpile of atomic barrages and mining charges the masters of Kiavar had left on Lycaeus, believing them safe. But Korax turned them on them. They tried to launch a counterattack against the massively outnumbered freedom fighters. And Korax used the steep gravity well that tethered Kiavar to its moon, and he led a full-scale atomic bombardment of the vast Manufactorum city directly below. Korax hated himself for this, but he knew that slaughtering a few thousand, millions would be saved. Their greatest city decimated, their greatest factor factorums and manufactories destroyed, the tech girls capitulated. Kiavar was liberated and Lycaeus was renamed Deliverance and made the fortress monastery of the new, of the 19th chapter, now renamed the Raven Guard. The Mechanicum came to Kiavar, assuming direct control over the planet as a forge world. And the former Kiavaran garrison was became the Raven Spire, the home of the Raven Guard. The Great Crusade was already a century century old when Corvus uh, Corax became Primarch of the Legion when he took command and inducted into the legion the most the most trusted of his uh, for, uh, of his former freedom fighters 
many who would later rise in the ranks of the Legion to, be to become its captains and commanders. Finding the Legion's tactics in uh, keeping with his own from Kiavar, Korax went to the forges of Mars and asked for several new innovative technologies. The first of those being the Shadowhawk, a stealth Thunderhawk. The Whisper Cutter, an open airframe flyer constructed about a, uh, 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 constructed out of a gravita, <laughs> constructed about a gravitic impeller and capable of dropping ten legionnaires into a war zone with utter silence and practically no chance of detection. Korax took the skills that he as legion had and dedicated them towards swift and decisive decapitation strikes of the enemy. They developed their skills to an almost preternatural level. In exercises, Korax even bested Rabute Gulliman in his brother's notoriously testing Sustrijo Simulacra. Making use of several unconventional troop types his brother Primarch had never seen before, including the forerunner of what would become the Mora, sent out into the stars, his legion was able to punch well above its weight using small forces to take entire planets that conventional forces would have needed to have been much larger to take. Although they were assisted from time to time by the loyal titans of uh, Legio Graphonicus because of the close ties that the uh, forge masters of Kiavar made with uh, those of uh, Griffon uh, IV, but generally the Legion preferred to fight alone. One of the systems that they liberated and brought into the Imperial fold was Istvan, a world that they would tragically return to later in the heresy. And now that you've heard the um, the terrible written and dictated fluff of the Raven Guard that I just did, um, actually, I might get Lindsay to do it. <laughs> um, yeah, going back in time now, timey-wimey stuff. Uh, we're going to talk about the crunch of the Legion. So I'm going to talk about the, the, the special rules that the Legion has that, 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 you know, that it gets with the Legion as a rules. So I think these are really cool. Um, <laughs> I, I, I don't know about you guys, but reading through the stuff for this put this list together it was the first time i properly really looked at the raven guard and i'm like maybe i should get a raven guard army do this every time but i really like some of the stuff i could i was thinking of with this so we'll always the danger when we do this section i i struggled to be honest with you i found because they're really not an, an army that appeals to me in the same way that you know chris wouldn't find a shooting army something that he would do straight away and I kind of got, I could get behind, you know, some other close combat armies, but I found them really hard to work out what it is that they're, they're kind of good at. Yeah, you see, I like close combat armies, but I struggled with them as well. Yeah. yeah. So I'll run through the special rules they have. We've got by wing and talon. So all infantry, apart from terminators, get infiltrate and fleet. Nice. Which is really good. Mm. Um, bike. Jump pack units and terminators get furious charge. Now, I know a lot of people are like, oh, if you're taking uh, Raven Guard, you need to take infantry. 
because you get the infiltrating and fleeting stuff. But I still think bike units with furious charge that sounds pretty decent. Yep. Mm-hmm. So I think that applies to jet bike units as well. Does it though? I think it does. Uh, let's have a look. <laughs> I think it does. I think it sounds fantastic. Yeah, it, it, I've got the red book here: jump infantry bikes and jet bikes, infantry uh, and terminator so armor. There we go. If it just said bikes, I would probably argue that. But jet bikes. Oh no, yeah. I, I, I just missed off jet bikes, but I think that sounds fantastic myself. Uh, and then they've got flesh over steel may not take more tanks than infantry units. I think that's at Ooh. that point when I read them first that it was like Graham yeah, switched that's, off. That's where, yeah. that's I'm out, Graham I'm out there. We can, we can tell that exact point where Graham's okay. like, no, nope, not for me. Okay, what about the rights of war? Rob, what, what do you want to tell us about uh, so, Decapitation Strike? Decapitation Strike is the first one. Now, um, although the Raven Guard possessed as many Space Marine Legion did, the ma- uh, manpower, will, and materiel, such as heavy weapons to fight wars of brutal onslaught and bloody attrition, they found it to be both needlessly wasteful and primitive. Strategically, where possible, they preferred the clinical effectiveness of a literal decapitation strike, launched with preferably complete surprise or um, setting somebody up for it. It was a highly organised and precisely targeted attack whose murderous and unforgiving force was contained and directed with precision like the predatory strike of a raptor at its prey. So, this has several effects with suitably grim uh, names. For Whom the Bell Tolls, good album, good, good song. Good song. Ride the Lightning, 1984, Graham will approve. Oh. Um, track three, brilliant. All Legionis Astartes Raven Guard units in a force using this right of war game preferred enemy independent characters. Yeah. Yeah, maybe people think they're independent characters, yeah, but the Warlord's always going to be an independent character, so it helps you get that VP. It also applies to the unit they're they're part of. Oh, does it though? Yeah, it's in the FAQ. It's in the FAQ. Ah, so that that got buffed then. Yep. Are you? I'm not disputing that, but I'll have to look it up. I'm not disputing that, but I'm not disputing that, <laughs> but I'm going to check because I think you're lying. Yeah, because that does come quite. That becomes pretty powerful, doesn't it? I can see why. Otherwise, it's a right pain to distinguish which attacks go onto the character and which ones don't. But yeah, that seems a bit weird. Mm. Yeah. So but the independent so, character, you know, transfers that to his unit. So have you got a boyfriend squad. <sighs> preferred enemy versus the boyfriend uh, squad. Oh God! A bodyguard squad, as we like to call them now. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> oh, all right. Okay. Yes. Um, so yes. they also get uh, something called predatory strike, which is uh, as long as the fo- as long as the force using this right of war forms the army's primary detachment, the controlling player may re-roll the dice to see who goes first slash deploys first. Yes. So that's very useful. Uh, they also have Fury from Above. Tactical squads, veteran tactical squads, tactical support squads, seeker squads, and heavy support squads may choose a Legion drop pod as a dedicated transport using this right of war as long as their number does not exceed the Legion drop pod's transport capacity. Does. Yes. Uh, in addition, the Deathstorm drop pods may be chosen as elites rather than heavy support choices by using this right of war. Nice. Interesting. Mm. I mean, Deathstorm drop pods, mm, meh. They're much better since yeah. the FAQ. 
Yeah, I haven't I played them since the FAQ. I played they got completely redone in the FAQ. Like the whole, the whole rule, um, the whole rules for the Deathstorm drop pod was completely rewritten when they did the the FAQ. So you can download the new rules from the website now. Like for example, they're a bit cheaper and they come with Deep Strike automatically. Sorry, drop pod assault automatically. Yeah, right. Just before they didn't. And I think when they land, if now I'm top of memory here. They basically all of the guns, all of the kind of facings of those missile pods can shoot. I think it's D three or three. That's D three shots. I think within twelve inches, and they're strength eight AP three. So it's right. pretty good. Um, and they, and then from that point on, the guns shoot independently. If you see mm-hmm. what I mean, or the missile. They're really, really good now. They're they're okay. The yeah. problem is it's getting them in the right place at the right time because yeah, you can kind well. of do a do a good land and then you're good but sometimes if they deviate too far away you, they're kind of wasted well there's yep. ways there's ways around that in the raven guard but we'll get to there that there totally later. is there totally is um so there are some limitations to the right of war um so you're only allowed a single heavy support choice that's fine um you also may only take a single console as part of the hq mm-hmm. so you've got to have your master of the legion of but then only the one console. Um, and then this is why another reason why Graham will never take it. You're not allowed any fortifications. Sprite out. Or allied space marine detachments. So only one tank and no fortifications. It's not good. It's not a good. It's not, a good. <laughs> it's not, not, not looking like it'll survive long on Planet Mills, does it? But the thing is, right, you could. I haven't, but you could. You could take Allied, Solar Auxiliary, Mechanicum, or Colts and Militia, and they could take as many tanks as they want. Lehman rust the bejesus out of it. Of course, then you're spending a lot of points on, would you be yeah. watering down the effectiveness of the right of war? So, yeah. Probably, yeah. <laughs> but that is the decapitation strike. Who is going to take on the liberation force? Uh, I think that'll be Chris. So, uh, liberation force scrolls the wrong way down. There we go. So, liberation force. So, freedom fighter. Once per game at the beginning of the turn, you can give all models in the army zealot for the remainder of this turn. Uh, Slay the warlord gives D three victory points instead of the usual single one. Nice. Uh, lead by example, if you take allies from the Imperialist Militia, they gain Fearless if they stay within six inches of any model with the Legionis Astartes Raven Guard rule. Bolt can hard. be used with Shattered Legions. And if you're going to use it with the rule that we got earlier, uh, with the being able to improve AP, that'd be pretty useful for someone. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, it has to be allies, so it has to be the other way around. Oh, yeah, that's true, yeah. Uh, cannot, uh, but they can't take any fortifications or units with the mobile or slow and purposeful special rules. So, so that, it's kind of like a reverse sacrificial offering. Yeah, it's a bit, it's a bit that way. Yeah, I it's mean, like a friendly one. It's like, it's like a like, yeah. I can see it. Feel, 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 feel us within six things? inches of any Raven Guard model. Like what? you could have a big blob of. Like you could target, yeah. You could have inducted Levi squads, right? And you could then get an independent character 
Raven Guard independent character, like a console, cheap console, and get them to join that massive blob squad. And then all of a sudden you've got fearless 20 man tarpits coming out the wazoo. With a Legion champion with a Paragon blade in the middle, just um, in case anything tasty does get to it. <laughs> just for gig. See, I'll come on to the Legion champion with that. But it's an interesting point. But yeah, you could do it that way, or you could, because I don't, you know, but there's still, I mean, even a 20 man blob squad is still. Even if it's even if it's just Jeff the tactical marine just happens to be five and a half inches away, it's like, yeah, don't worry, us, us 20 guys here, we're not going anywhere. 45 yeah. points. No, just a 45 point apothecary. He couldn't join them because he has well, to join. He doesn't have to join. Doesn't have to join them. He just needs to be yeah, within yeah, yeah. six inches. Yeah, doesn't need to join the unit. Yeah, I guess it's having them join the legion means that they can't then be kind of sniped. If you see what I mean? Oh, well, to true. take away, take away the fearless. So uh, you think, uh, oh, there's twenty man, twenty man fearless squad, but there's a five man tactical squad next to them. I'll take the five man tactical squad to stop them from being fearless. You see but what I mean? the uh, the apothecary can't be bought to stand alone. No, 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 exactly. Cheap way of doing it, but I can't. Yeah. Um, Tech Marine. Same thing, because he can't, he can't join. He's a character independent. Yeah, but character. he doesn't have he to stand join the around. squad. No. He doesn't have to join the squad. Yeah, no, like, yeah Apothecary, who does? Yeah, it's the Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Some war gear yeah, now, then. Yep. Yeah. Yes. War gear, Graham. Do you want to talk about war gear? Yeah. So one of the kind of big selling points i think of the raven guard is this which is these raven talons so any lightning claws uh, can be upgraded to be master crafted and rending so if you by giving them the raven talons rule so master crafting means you can re-roll one hit if you miss it and uh they got shred anyway i'm assuming they still get shred mm-hmm. and rending obviously we know what that is six it's ap2 and um yeah, it's ten What's points on top of on top of the cost of what, what the light, whatever the lightning claw or lightning claws are. Yeah, so it's not cheap, but you know, rending lightning claws, four attacks usually. You know, for independent character on, on a cha- on a chaplain. So excuse me, on a centurion type. Um, mm-hmm. Five with attacks with, with, furious with fury, furious charge as well. Only if he's got a jet pack or something. Otherwise, you get some um, infiltrate. Mm. Yeah, but yeah, it's it's they're not bad actually. They're a, they're a good a good thing. Uh, next, they can get uh, improvisers, which give them night vision, but um, blind tests are taken at initiative one. So yeah, watch out for that. Uh, Camellia line. So any independent character can take a, a basically a, a cloak that gives them the stealth special rule, mm-hmm. and it but it can't be taken on obviously jump packs, terminators, bikes, or jetpack characters. And See, my thinking with a chameleon, I'm just going to tell you this now because you'll think I'm evil, but I didn't do it in my list. <laughs> what do you mean, think? <laughs> Put that on a Pravian. Uh, yeah. Okay, go on. Explain. Because explain. He'll, give the, he'll give your, um, your the... Castalexes. Really? Yep. How'd you work that out? He'll confer that special rule to the Castlex because they take their things from him. No, I don't think that's how it works, mate. I think I could we, be wrong. we had a thing like this on um, uh, a certain heresy thing about them getting their warlord, their traits from yes. Ravian. And basically, because he's Legion Astartes and they're not. Yes. No, they do become Legion Astartes. No, they don't. In they the don't, FA, they in don't the FA, 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 special rule. 
Yeah. Mm. So they don't become oh. Legion of Stars. They get like that's why you have you know like, the special upgrade thing for them instead yeah. of Legion of Stars. Otherwise, the Ultramarines ones, for example, would get that reroll one. They don't get that because they're not Legion of Stars. They want to do it with the Space Wolves. Um, and yeah, it says in the FAQ that yeah, they don't because the Space Wolves has. Uh, I can't think what the special rule was. Uh, oh, you mean Hunters get the um, kill, every, kill everything just by turning up? Uh, <laughs> or one of those, I can't remember. They get it as yeah. the space wolves. Yeah, it's um, the, probably be the counter attack. Get the, counter attack. That counter attack. Yeah. He he thought that they they got it. He didn't understand what the point of the space wolves rule for the Castellax being counter attack when the Pravian would give it to them anyway. But the FAQ says they're not Legio Astartes, so they don't get the benefit of his Legio Astartes special rule. Yes, mm, that's exactly okay. it. So it's, in, it's all in the FAQ, mate. Um, the only argument you could have is if he's got stealth, does it is it one that it confers to the squad? So I'm just looking it up now yeah, at the moment. Uh, a unit that contain you actually, Michael, 10 extra bonus points for you, my friend. Oh. A unit that contains at least one model with this special rule, this is the stealth special rule, confers its cover save as being one point better than normal. So you Benzic were right and you were wrong. <laughs> <laughs> you were right but for the wrong reasons. So, um, yeah, you're absolutely right. Camellio line cloak on the old Pravian. All of a sudden, you're putting your um, Castellax with a three plus cover save if they're in ruins. Yep. Bonus. Mm. Well played, Mr. B. Well played. And final, <laughs> finally, the things that we never talk of, but we are going to talk of, is the crazy world of relics, which really should be outlawed. But anyway, if you want to go down straight down to crazy town, you can give them a fractal harrow blade, which is which, strength plus one, rending power sword. But each uh, wound caused by the weapon bear, bearer, bearers with any weapon which but each wound caused by the weapons bearer with any weapon is counted as two wounds for the purposes of assault results okay, basically yeah. uh so it's not ap2 is it it's ap3 but yeah other than that you're right it's, it's the worst blade of position yeah much worse because yeah, it, but it, makes your power, two it makes your power fist count for two wounds rather than no no, because any weapons, he says. Yeah, but you, there's only very limited numbers of characters that can choose which weapon they use. Uh, actually, this has always been a very big area of contention. One to circle back but to another relative. episode. Uh, six, is it? Let's just check there. Anyway, actually, no, you can no, you can change what weapon you use, but it's limited characters that can swap in the same combat, isn't it? I like think Horus can flick between Mace and Talon round for round, but most people have to go in this combat. I'm going to punch you with this. Yeah, yeah, that's what uh, I mean. I think I think that you can choose which weapon you. If you have two weapons, you can choose which one because there's always this big argument, right? Yeah. As where Perturabo, so Perturabo, on his Todd, if you're not given the big old hammer, he does a strength six AP two hit. Because he's strength six and the load just or whatever it is, mm. AP two. But of course, you give him the hammer, which is doubles his strength, so strength ten, great. But it's it's unwieldy, so he goes at initiative one. And of course, you can actually gank 
poor old Perturabo by going before him with a, a volume of attacks, right? Because he's mm-hmm. going to fail some saves. So the argument is, well, if he's not using the hammer, I can say I'm not using the hammer. I'm going to use the fists. But he hasn't got another weapon to give. <laughs> so it's not like he's got chain sword and big hammer. He hasn't yeah, got... you can't. You can't. If you've only got one weapon option, you can't voluntarily not use it. That's basically the argument. But yeah, I think I think, and I don't don't quote me on it. People may have a better view than me that if you've got two weapons, you can choose use in that round of combat. What I don't think you can do is say I'm doing two attacks with this one and one attack with that one. Yeah, I don't think you can do that. Could be wrong. It's one to investigate. So yeah, very cool. So anyway, all good with that. Yeah, you need never going to be used them. Never going to be used it. So who's who's first out the bag? Sorry, Chris, what was that? No, I'm just trying to find the thing to make sure it's not because it's odd that it would do it for all its attacks, regardless of the weapon. Okay. Um, things don't normally do. Okay. I say, I, morning. You go first, Mister B. Yeah. Okay. So, unique units. So we'll start off with the more Dayfen Strike Squad. These are the elite veterans of the of the Deliverance Uprising that fought alongside Korax and are able to sneak around just as good as the Primarch is. Basically, they're a recon squad with ballistic skill one, uh, plus one, sorry, and implacable advance. They don't have acute senses and outflank for stealth and scout. Uh, Sorry, they give up acute senses and outflank for stealth and scout. But, you know, they can already infiltrate anyway. So, you know, they they get the the, what you call it from the special rules. Yes, Um, they get the ability to infiltrate anyway. So, yeah. That's kind of cool. Um, and uh, yeah, once per game, they can basically twin link their weapons to give them rending. Yep. Which is quite cool. They're only 10 points more than a recon squad, but they don't come with weapons. You've got to buy either sniper rifles, shotguns, or combi rifles. And unlike a recon squad, one in three of them can take a special weapon, like a missile launcher, a spencer web, or a Volkite charger. I think you can get a melter gun and a plasma. Yeah. That's my gun as well. So. so even with a recon squad, though, they don't come with sniper rifles. Do they? You have to pay for sniper rifles. I think they come with bolters. They come with bolters. Yeah. So, yeah, but they can't take bolters. They keep, well, they can take combi bolters, but um, yeah, well, combi yeah. weapons. Uh, combi weapons, not combi bolters. Um, they come base with a bolt pistol and a close combat weapon. So that's two base attacks and three oh, of yeah. charge. But you don't want them charging. This no. is a shooting squad. Totally. Very good. Okay, uh, who wants to go with the next one? Uh, Rob, do you want to? Yeah, go Rob. Is that the Dark Fury? We'll do this one, the Dark Furies. Um, basically, they're a um, powered-up Vanguard veterans unit. Uh, they're all armed with twin Raven's Talons. Nice. Which is, I underestimated that to my yeah. and to my cost, admittedly. It's it's, <laughs> obviously, Will Henry was on the other side of the table, so, yeah, which is why I, mean, I underestimated is that what he used? Or yeah, actually, yeah. Maybe that's um, a conversation after we've done our list. He managed to beat up dreadnoughts with infantry. Um, so, yeah. Um, the sergeant has weapon skill 5. He's got artificer armor and precision strike. So he's not to be messed with. And they're jump infantry as well, these guys. Yep. Um, they're not cheap. Yep. 175 points for five. your base 5, but then 30 points each. Um uh. When they arrive mm. by deep strike, they get a five-up cover save, and uh, obviously they get the furious charge as well. And yes. um, uh, plus one and, initiative, and they get plus one initiative on the charge. These guys as well. Yeah, nice. So they so they get old they get old school furious charge, which is initiative and strength. 
they are a pretty useful unit, but I'm so I don't think they're not. I suppose it depends on the dreadnoughts they're going against because there's only strength five, aren't they? Ravens. Oh, volume of attacks, you're out. Yeah. Four, atta- four attacks each, rending. Of course. Yeah, that'll do it every day of the week, won't it? Yeah. And mastercrafted. Yeah, rending, mm. mastercrafted. These guys like it was William Henry and his yeah, us. Blood and Glory 2018. Um, I, d- I didn't know who he was, and yeah. I saw his list, and I was like, well, it doesn't look like this much. It, it just looks yeah. like looks like infantry, and and yeah. there's a couple of rapiers. And bear in mind, this was. Um, Chris had, Chris's infantry had suffered at the start of the day, and I'm like, well, yep. they're marine infantry. They're not. They're not custodies infantry, and I know what I can do to them. Yes. And then, then the Henry effect happened, and <laughs> I took my models off basically, and I don't know what happened. Um, but it was an entirely enjoyable experience. But basically, I basically Will Henry roofied me with his yeah. dark furies. I think he's like um, Darren Brown. Because yeah. that's that's exactly what happened to me when I played as Salamanders. It was like one minute I had a perfectly reasonable and robust, and I thought pretty strong Iron Warriors army, and the next minute I'm it was I'm shaking the case. Lance, I'm going to last two turns against him. I what happened in between that I can't actually tell you except that it was it was a masterclass in 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 why I'm not playing the game at the same level as him because I know it was it was exactly what happened to me I was like wow that was incredible so yes you're absolutely right and I I when I see Raven Guard to be honest with you I've never really had a problem with them but I can see that you know somebody with looking at this and looking at this list again you think actually there is there are options there that are good mm, yeah so shall i talk about the next one or do you want to go chris no that's right go for it okay cool so this is so this is the dark wing gunship so this is a, basically a storm eagle um it comes with two twin link mass cannons twin link heavy bolter which mm, outflank and stealth so stealth does give you three plus jinx save which is nice and it's got a vengeance launcher which isn't as good as the storm eagle one so it costs 25 points more than the storm eagle is that 25 points more with the storm eagle with twin link as cannons yeah can't yeah um yeah. and it's taken as a dedicated transport by veteran tactical squad to turn and the more deathrin but its it capacity is reduced yeah, 16 reduced capacity so I struggle with the why this one. I mean, stealth is a thing, right? So giving you three plus. Would you out? Why would? Okay. Would you outflank a flyer when they've got thirty-six inch range to start with anyway? I, I've never seen the point of that one. Um, I don't know about you guys, but I always where you want its armor. I suppose. Yeah, but I'm kind of guessing that on. You're right because it may be if it's a long way away because thirty-six. You're going to get them on the board. Um, they can't assault that turn anyway, so they're going to stay in. The next turn, you can only move six in hover mode to get them out. So the maximum kind of threat range, if you like, would be 48 because you've got a six-inch move. And then 48 plus potential gamble on, a let's say, a seven. So 55 inches. Most things are going to be covered by that, I would think. So, yeah. But, yeah, I see where you're coming from, Chris. It may be forcing the issue if you outflank them. Yeah. But... The stealth I can see being useful because, you know, the usual thing with the Storm Eagle is the first thing you want to do is it's usually got something horrible in and you want to bring it down pronto. But, yeah, I'm not sure I wouldn't just take a normal Storm Eagle, to be truthful with you guys, because the thing that I like about the Storm Eagle 
is the multi-melter, twin link multi-melter on the front. Gives it a little bit of a kick. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that's that. Chris. So we then get on to Strike Captain Alvarex Morn, mm. the master of descent who leads the Raven Guard drop assaults. He is basically a Praetor with a power sword, but one less on weapon skill. And no invulnerable save. Yeah, no invulnerable save. Oh, no, no, Who no, needs it, though? Who needs Everyone. Everyone needs an invulnerable. <laughs> uh, if he is the Warlord, then all flowers and drop pods get to reroll fail reserve rolls. And he gives you the ability to either reroll on seized initiative if he's deployed on setup, or if in a deep strike transport, have that arrive at the moment you start rolling for reserves. He also has a nightfall pattern, Strato Vox, which has an 18 inch range for preventing no scatter on arriving deep strike units. Yes. 18. Lovely. I think one of those is only when he's the warlord, though, isn't it? Because one of them's yes, a warlord. The, the, the flies and drop pods to yeah. uh, reroll failures. Yeah, reserves. reroll reserves. Yeah, so that's because if you cool. have old Korax with him, that wouldn't count because yeah. Korax would have to be the warlord. Yeah, but I think he's pretty good actually. If you're doing a drop pod kind of army, he's he's up there for me. Mm-hmm. Not not a great character, but he has a good boosting effect. If you see what I mean. Yeah, I I, I very nearly took him, and I'm really regretting not. I I took him in my army because I thought. But you're right, Chris. It's flyers and drop pods. If you're just doing normal yeah. deep striking, not all, not all that good. Stick with the damages. Yeah, damages will do it. Anyway. Uh, next out the bag, I think it's back to Rob. Or Rob yeah. yeah, it's Moritat Prime Cady's next. Uh, the Raven's Huntsman, Blood Crow, attached to the 14th Interdiction Company of the Raven Guard. He is Chief Emo Man. Um, basically, he's a murderer freed by Korax to help in the uprising oh. and eventually transformed into a Marine. Um, compared to a standard Moritat, he's got plus one ballistic skill and initiative, along with precision shots, shroud bombs, melter bombs, refractor field, and cameo line, uh, but he doesn't have a scout. No. But obviously, he's um, a Raven Guard, so he has infiltrate. Yep. Um, he loses the lone killer rule, uh, that's replaced with ill-omened, uh, which allows him to benefit from rights of war and blessings, but he can't join any type of squad, not even destroyers. He's that unpopular. Um, he has a relentless stalker rule which allows him to deploy within 18 inches of his chosen HQ slash elite target as long as he's out of sight and he gets shrouded on the first turn he deploys after other infiltrators have deployed and he doesn't count as an infiltrator so augury scanners have no effect on him so he can can charge on turn 1 with a melter bomb I have seen it done (laughs) it is unpleasant um the Raven's Vengeance rule gives him Zealot against his chosen target, but he is a shooting character, so it's not fantastic. Yeah. Um, his weapons are basically sort of supercharged bolt pistols. Um, they've got AP4 rending concussive, and he can wield them in close combat and gets plus one attack for having two of them. Um, but chain fire with ballistic skill six and precision shots and rending. Like... Yeah, there might be supercharged bolt pistols, but this guy's gonna, this guy's gonna put some hurt on. I think he's yeah. I mean, he seems like very much a kind of a, a one-trick pony thing. Yeah, if you see what I mean, because he's yeah. he's 
you're going to just last come in and take, take him out really sharp as I expect. Mm-hmm. Once he gets out of cover, he's like, say no invulnerable save. So he's, he's going to be super. He has the refractor field. Oh, he has got refractor field. Sorry. I beg your pardon. Yeah, still a but yeah, so yeah, I'm not, yeah, I'm, I think it's the problem is if you were to take a Moritat, you'd take the one with the plasma pistols, wouldn't you, for the AP2? Mm. Yeah. And I guess you're waiting for chain fire and precision shots, like you say, Michael, could be useful. But um, you're hoping for sixes then, aren't you? For the yeah. rending. So yeah, I mean, okay. this guy's a deca- this guy is a, a, a strict. You you know, you take him to do a job, uh, which is to kill you know a HQ or an enemy. He gets to go close to them. And once he's done that, he's gone. You don't care about him anymore. He does his job. I mean, a normal Praetor, you know, if you take a fully tricked out Praetor with a Iron Halo, for you know, I think he would. Pro- I think he'd have a job. To, would he? I suppose we'd have to have a look at it. Could he? Could would those shots take out a Praetor normally? You know, even if you got all twelve off. Terminus in Tartarus. Uh, two plus four plus. Yep. Plus environment. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, even just normal, like with just a iron halo, because he's already got the praetor when he comes yeah. in the pistol armor, doesn't he? So, two plus four plus against those chain firing pistols, and he may have a squirrel. Remember your praetor, so have to try and chew through them. Um, I'm not sure he'd be great at that. To be honest with you, I think that's it. Need a bit more for my my view, but he's got a melter bomb, so I suppose, like I say, turn one charge the melter bomb. That's a gamble. I have been on the receiving end of this guy. I underestimated him. Shouldn't have done. <laughs> Fair enough. I'm sure mm. people will be writing in as we speak saying, dear, <laughs> dear Mr. Mills, you're talking nonsense. He's amazing. Okay. Who wants to cover the big guy? Oh. Uh, Rob, I think. No, Rob's no, I just, that one. I just uh, did him. Michael. Oh, I guess it's me. Okay. Corvus Corax, uh, the sneaky Primarch. Now, unless the unit shooting at him is a demon or a psyker, for some reason, or for, you know, for some reason, you put Korax in a unit, uh, or he's the closest model to him, then he can only have snapshots made against him, mm. uh, which basically means he's like the um, Heresy Lictor, as it were. Um, it, that's probably the closest comparison I can give to uh, I can give to him. He's like a Heresy Lictor, um, but that means he's basically immune to blast and um, template weapons unless they accidentally target him if he's not the closest yeah i mean that's the thing is you know you you could hope for a scatter i guess or um you know if there was a near you and a unit fairly nearby you know you'd aim at them and hope for the best kind of thing but i think when i've played most people in this rule he's been out on his own and there's been another unit kind of they've always tried to put like a dreadnought or something between it and him so you have to get rid of the dreadnought first for example so when i when i played um raven guard i've never seen him in a unit no me neither that's what i mean i think it's i think somebody had the one i saw was quite effective was a leviathan dreadnought coming down the drop pod as well yeah okay go on so he's also got the ability to jump back in the sky and return to reserves even in close combat. And mm. his Sire of the Legion rule gives him furious charge, which is lots of fun because he's always got hit and run. Yep. Um, and uh, basically, um, he also uh, gives, also has his entire Legion, uh, gives his entire Legion acute senses uh, for their outflanking. 
mm-hmm. when they when they do that. Uh, and always roll si- and they, that his legion always rolls sixes on run moves, even terminators and jump units, which don't get fleet already from the wings and talons special rule. Mm-hmm. So he busted the buster the legion quite well as well. Now last time I played him. He took out. I had a squad of fifteen word bear, well, twenty word bearers, uh, marines, and you know what he did? He took out fifteen of them and then swept the rest all by himself because he got um, he got he's got a high number of attacks already. What he's got six attacks, mm-hmm. um, plus he's got uh, mm. um, his fighting style rule, which comes with one of the uh, weapons, which we'll talk about later, gives him an extra D three attacks, dual pistols for an extra attack. And he's got his uh, Corvidae pinions, the jump pack, gives him D3 Hammer of Wrath attacks, AP3. Wow. So he can really do some stuff on his own. You know, he's, he's not, you know, he's not a machine, you know, a, a tank killer, but he's tough. So his war gear, he's got the sable armor, so that's two plus five plus. That is a so problem. He's, he's fragile compared to other Primarchs, but... Um, the armor does cause deep strike mishaps to arriving enemies within 12 inches and teleport homers just don't work around him. Nice. Which is nice. Mm. Uh, the, the panoply of the Raven Lord, so his weapons. He's got a twin linked claw, a twinned claw, sorry, as it says, um, and whip, which counts as a single two-handed weapon with AP2, shred, and blind. And he gets to use the fighting styles rule, which allows him to either gain D3 attacks add plus three to penetration rolls and auto wound on a five plus which shredding re-rolls of course um or apply a minus one penalty of the two hit rolls of enemies targeting him which is pretty awesome mm. he wouldn't so, get plus one for the pistols just uh just in case not? somebody no because he's using a two-handed weapon so the, and also the death strike when it's on a five plus it's not all the time so it's all Tobin rolls of five plus by Corax. It's close cut weapons. Uh, sorry. It's All just during five plus by Corax. It's close combat attacks wound their target regardless of its toughness on any rolls to damage. Vehicles gain extra yeah. plus the armor pen. So it's on a five plus. It's not a yeah five plus. Uh, sorry. Right, sorry, I just say auto wound on a five plus. Sorry, I just yeah, say that. But yeah. I may have not yeah. said that right. Okay. Um. Uh, he's also got two architect pistols. See, damn! I, I, I an extra attack. I could have had. I could have only had fourteen uh, marines wounded in that uh, killed in that uh, combat. Yeah, doesn't make that much difference. He's also got his uh, so two architect pistol architect pistols, which are pretty pretty damn good, I think. And two of yeah. them is awesome. Uh, three two shots. For those yep, he's also got one his, shot each. Yep. He's also got his core the dine pinions. His jump pack, so it makes him jump infantry. With rerolls to deep strike scatter, the ability to vector strike. Mm, yeah, that's a pain. And provides D, those D3 Hammer of Wrath attacks on charges at strength 5 AP3. And if he suffers a deep strike mishap, he only gets a delayed result. Some Primarchs don't need jump packs. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> so, Is that going to be your t shirt? Some Primarchs don't, some need, Primarchs jump don't need jump packs. <laughs> Um, I've had him uh, take out, I don't know, I think because there's that D3 to penetration rolls. So he's strength six, isn't he? Because he's a, um, I think he's 
that nine? Is it strength six? Yeah, he's strength six. So with the D three to penetration, I think it's vector strike. I don't think it's D three. No, it's just, it's, it's just, just plus. It's just plus three. It's not D three. It's just plus three. Sorry. Yeah, but you wouldn't get that in the vector strike because the vector strikes at your base strength with no add-ons. But even so, strength six vector strike. I've seen him take whole points off things like um, uh, uh, fire raptors, and I've seen him. I think he actually downed a um, lightning. I remember that. Jumped up and you know did a vector strike on it. Of course, strength six, um, which is quite effective against armor eleven. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all I'm saying is a pretty handy, pretty handy Primark there. I think that five plus plus really lets him down though. Yeah, because it's pretty easy way. to murderize with plasma. Yeah, but if you can uh, hit him. But again, if, if you, you can, can hit him, him, if you can hit him, of course you're right. If you know how, if you know how to use him, shooting him is going to be very difficult. If you know how to use him. Did um did William Henry have it? Army, no, if you remember. Okay, no, nope. interesting. Cause I didn't, most I didn't, right, most didn't need him. Yeah. most so, Raven Guard armies I've seen have got him in. Yeah. Overall, what's your feelings on their crunch, as it were? Uh, me or should I go first? Yeah, yeah. And, uh, so I, I think there's some okay things. It's not a sort of army that appeals to me, to be fair. Um, but I think that there's you could underestimate. I'm not a big fan of the more Deathkin, to be honest with you, although. Oh, they are in my list. They're okay, but they're not they're anything special. The Dark yeah. Furies are, aren't bad, but the problem is I've seen people use them and deep strike them in big squads, and then, of course, the first turn, they're kind of not doing anything, or they might not make their reserve roll, and they're kind of sitting around and just waiting to get shot because they've only got three-plus armor on. So I know they get the cover saves, but, yeah, they're not bad. They're not staggeringly great, but they're not bad. If you put them in a D6, if, I'm just trying think, if you put them with that, there's a right of war where you get plus one, where you get a better cover save. Is it Angel's uh, Wrath? Angel's Wrath, is it? I think, yeah, but I think it's you get plus one to your cover save. Okay. Got you. I think, uh, I could be getting that completely, it might just be you have a fixed cover save. That's, uh, right. I think it might be plus, plus one. So they get a four plus cover save, but it's still check out. Yeah, I've never had too much of a problem with them because they're, they're quite an expensive unit as well. Yeah, yeah. But I think if they got in amongst it, they would be devastating with those Raven Talents. That's a lot of attacks. But, you know, what was it? Four attacks, I suppose, on the charge? Yeah, yeah. Two base, plus one for the and plus one for the charge. So, yeah, I could see that being very effective. Which book are the rights of war in? I can never remember. They're in the Legion. The um, Legion book. The ge- generic Legion one. Book. Oh, yeah. oh yeah, there's some the more. In, yeah, in book six, there's some as well. Yeah, the, the dark, they're, in the the two red book, they're in the two Legion red books, but the one red book has the book six uh, yes, rights right. in, and one book has the original rights in. Cool. Um, okay, so what we'll do now is we'll quickly look oh, at oh, a. Oh, 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 oh. Well, just before you go, that was just my opinion. Oh, you're I don't know yes. if anybody else has got to chime in. I think there are some interesting bits um the right of war again it's a similar thing to the world to the word bearers you know that liberation force it's like i don't really see why you why you would use it in comparison to some of the rights of war and they're going for a really themed army um 
which is a shame because I think you know it, it's good if you've got a couple of useful rights of war specific to an army. But um, yeah, I mean, Dark Furies once they get chopped, in, they are right up my street in every you know. Mm. But they are, very, they are very choppy. They are very choppy. They're jump packed. They're everything that I've you know. Loved. You can but deep I, strike with them, and you can punch people with them. Yeah. Well, I have breakers for that, so that's fine. Um, These are better. <laughs> are they? Two plus armor save with Dawnbreakers. Yeah, I think Dawnbreakers probably have it. Strength five rend. Strength five rend in mastercrafted power. Um, lightning claws. Uh, plus strength five spears. Are we um furious like, charge like, plus one like, initiative? Yeah. Blood angels. Who, who cares what your armor save one, is when your opponent's already dead? Blood angels <laughs> need one less to wound. Mm. Anyway, gentlemen. Now that we've finished yeah. comparing, um, I wish shall... higher up that wall. <laughs> <laughs> maybe that's maybe that's another episode. You know, def- this is the best unit for this. Prove me wrong. Um, I quite like the the characters though. That again, I think you're right. There's one okay right of war and one pretty rubbish right of war. Characters don't aren't spectacular either, unless I'm missing something vital with them. They don't, you know, they don't sort of leap out at me and go, oh, they're like an auto included in an army. What do you, what do you guys think? I think, I mean, they're what, a book two army? Book three, book two? Book two. So I think it's that age. They have that slight age issue now. Yeah. Where characters have been around a long time. A lot of other good characters have come along and one or two of the older ones are starting to just sort of show that yeah show their signs of age creak it a bit at the the seams yeah well i've i've put a special character in my list and i generally don't like special characters okay so yeah i I was very tempted to put a character in my list. i'm i'm almost i'd almost go as far as to say that i'm opposed to special characters but that's just a hangover from old warhammer it is right Um, because yeah they were ridiculously you, you weren't allowed uh, you weren't yeah, allowed, you weren't allowed characters, yeah, in tournaments um i took one in mind but he's a very specific one for that army and it works with that army but he's not a there's not a generalist special character that you think oh yeah he's, he's cool he's not uh you know it's yeah not all armies have them you know iron warriors for example probably keir Allen, but the rest are all a bit meh to be honest with you but i think some armies are, are blessed with more than you know World bearers, for example, have got a couple of good characters, and I think. Mm. So anyway, yeah, you have to live with yourself all, for taking them. Well, of course, like Erebus. One of them's Erebus. Erebus. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so all in all, what about the what about the Primarch? How do you think he fares compared to? So let's say with other kind of book two, book three Primarchs, and then with the latter day Primarchs. I think he holds up better than most. Mm. Uh, he holds up better than Angron does. Yeah, I think that's, that's even with the worse in one save. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I like him. More use about him. More, you know, there's more that you can do with him. Um, I've had him. I've had Korax literally go against an armor breakthrough list, and once he got into the back line, it was all over. He just destroyed tanks for fun because of that D3. That's sorry, that plus I mean, three AP. Worse, armor, uh, worse armor situation because he's only AP three, isn't he? You're right, actually. He's got a better Invon, because I think he's got a 4-plus Invon. Yeah. But he's got a worse 
Uh, armor safe. Base armor. Yeah. 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 But I mean, um, I, I I like him. The reason I like him is because he's someone you can easily, if you've got a two thousand point game, you can easily take him along because he doesn't need that you know anyone to accompany him. He is best put out on his own. Mm. So you're not immediately going right. If I'm going to take him in a 2,000 point game, I've got to dedicate so many points to his Spartan. I've got to dedicate so many points to a bodyguard squad. Yep, that's true. Do you? Um, there's also the sort of NACA version of him, isn't there, where you can reduce yeah. his points by 100 uh, to sort of simulate. Yeah. But that's in a specific. That's in a specific campaign, however. Oh, is it okay? It's not general. Right. It's like in a specific um, campaign setting for him. But yeah, you can knacker him up for a hundred pounds less, and it's in the, it's in the, um, is it Strike Force? Um, it's oh, the Victory of Vengeance. That's it. The one in book two, book two, when you, you know, you're dealing with the, 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 the legions left over on Istvan that are trying to survive. Hmm. Five but, wounds, five attacks, three plus five plus. Loses the pinions, loses his pistols. Carries a heavy he bolt. Has a heavy bolt, yeah. In case hatred, Iron Warriors, Sons of Horus, Night Lords, Alphys, and Empress Children, Death Guard, World Eaters. Forgets the Infiltrate and Scout special rules, and he is 350 points in that situation. Mm. So, but still I said that's, that's specifically nope. for, um, specific for that campaign. Mind you, he always does, he reminds me of a bit of a Slanishy um, character with the uh, whip and the, uh, and, and the claw and that. I never uh, thought of that. Bloodthirsters have whips and things. Yeah, well, uh, I suppose. He just... <laughs> it's just the way your mind works. I Michael, suppose. Saying, you know, <laughs> straight in with a slanish. Yeah. yeah, okay, fair enough. Maybe maybe I've got a bad... Maybe I'm a bad man. Okay, fair enough. I just went to slanish. It, that's it. First protocol for Mr. B. Slanish. Every day of the week. Quite it's, right. normally, it's normally Nurgle, so, you know, it's a surprise. That's an improvement. Is it? Yeah. <laughs> let's not know. let's not go to the comparative okay shall we run into the crap modeler's guide yes So Michael here, I'm recording the uh, crap modeler's guide on my own uh, today. And this is because, um, we, you know, we were struggling for time. So let's have a quick look and see what we would do for the Raven Guard. Now, in terms of modeling, the Raven Guard are most closely associated with Mark VI armor. Now, this was designated as Corvus armor in honor of Corvus Corax, the uh, Primarch of the Raven Guard. But this was only after their escape from Istvan uh, V. Now, Prior to this, they would have been seen in any other mark of armor that any other um, uh, uh, chapter, uh, sorry, legion was uh, seen in. And during the uh, guerrilla war, they adopted what later became known as the Mark V heresy armor. So lots of options there if you want to do an Istvan survivors um, army um, to mix and match different, uh, you know, Mark III, II, IV, uh, and V. Now, in terms of Forge World stuff, there's actually quite limited options now these days uh, for modeling them. So, you know, a lot of stuff's not for sale right this second, although some of that might be coming back uh, later on, but, uh, given the um, uh, res restrictions because of the uh, production due to the, the pandemic. So 
what you've got, you've got the Mark five, Mark, sorry, Mark six heads upgrade set with the, um, beakies, um, the Mark six shoulder pads, uh, a contempt of dreadnought, uh, a transfer sheet, a dimos pattern, uh, rhino doors. And you've also got, and I know that I will, I'll get slagged for this, uh, from some of them, but you've also got, if you want Mark four compatible shoulder pads, uh, some heads and some decorations, you've got the Raving Guard Primaris upgrades and transfers. Okay. So now I've got the, uh, controversy out of the way. Um, let's move on to painting. Now there was actually a dearth of painting guys specifically for the Raving Guard. Um, I, I said last time, oh, well, it's just black armor, isn't it? But black armor is obviously a very complicated, uh, thing and there are very many different ways of doing it but in terms of uh pure uh gw stuff you've got um the the um you've got the paint the burning of prospero painting guide had a ha had some ideas on how they would paint um the uh, uh raving guard now um you, they were suggested undercoat with chaos black spray paint silver areas with lead belcher and white areas with corax white um Shade the recesses of the white areas with Agrax Earthshade and silver areas with Null Oil. Highlight black areas with Eschen Grey. Tidy up the white areas and paint the lenses with Corax White. Then finish with lines of Administratum Grey and the silver um, with... Uh, so I finished the black, sorry, with lines of Administratum Grey. And the silver with Stormhouse Silver. Use Gorefall Brown to weather the white areas and contrast Blood Angels Red for the lenses. Of course, some of those paints have changed since that guide was published, so I've had to make a couple of alterations there. In terms of videos from GW, um, you've got not a specific Raven Guard. In fact, there's very few Raven Guard videos on there, but we do have Dry Brushing Black Templar's Power Armor, Iron Hand's Power Armor, and Raven Guard skin. I've also got a camouflage cloak, an urban camouflage uh, cloak scheme, because uh, obviously the Raven Guard, uh, you know, have options for camouflage. Um, so that's uh, quite good. Uh, Darren Latham has also done a fantastic set of videos. Uh, he did one on specifically on painting Shrike, the uh, 40k chapter master's head. So again, you've got a good video on, um, uh, you know, skin for uh, Raven Guard. And he also did a specific video on painting Black Power Arm. Also, just as we went to record this, the Cult of Paint uh, published a uh, video on um, painting black Templars. Obviously, a lot of the same colours and techniques will uh, transfer over that. Now, that's for a Primaris Assault Intercessor, but same same uh, stuff applies. It's, it's black um, and white, so decent guard there. Okay, so that is uh, that. And what we'll do now is we'll run into uh, Graham and Chris talking a bit about a custom mission that we developed for the Raven Guard. In this next section, we've uh, taken on a new kind of mantle, really, and this is a surreptitious uh, set of circumstances that fell into place. So the first thing was, obviously, we're doing Raven Guard, and what we're going to be talking about is this particular mission that Chris and I have created for the Raven Guard. Yep. But the reasoning behind it wasn't that we planned to do this. Uh, as mentioned previously in the... Um, Augury scanner we got some feedback from uh, damien turner asking us to do a mission for uh him and his son um from the raven guard sure if it was and, him and his son or if it was him and his dad if that makes sense 
Okay, yes. There was a, for him and his family, let's go with that. And um, he had a specific uh, kind of scenario in mind based on a specific piece of narrative. So the narrative, which Chris is, do you want to read out or shall I read out? Uh, what do you mean to the, the actual narrative or do you mean to put what his, his, his request was? Uh, I, his request I think we may have mentioned the request in the augury scanner, but you know, he had, I can't he had ideas okay, in, yeah, in, in his post. So he was doing it 2,000 points. Um, uh, basically, he's trying to find a way to represent the arrival of, of Bran and the Stormbird without breaking the game. Uh, Raven Guard choose their board edge, but World Eaters go first. On a 3 plus, reduces uh, Bran can contact Corax. Once contacted, he can send support to aid Corax. The drop ship will arrive turn four. Raven Guard will earn victory points for every unit makes the transport, and World Eaters get them for killing units. Mm-hmm. So that was his sort of brief sort of outline. So then we, I, I jumped to the internet to see what the actual contextualization um, sort of narratively was. Because this is basically yeah. Istvan. Oh, I can never remember. Five. Five, yeah, I can never get them in the right order. Um, it's like yes. Star Wars films. <laughs> so, yeah, three <laughs> is the traitor v. traitor, or traitor v. Yeah. loyalist traitor. Five is Raven Guard Salamanders et al. Get a yeah. shoo-in from get the there. other, not at the time traitors, but were really traitor legions. Yeah. The sneaky ones. So, we yes. so ran to the internet to, to get the contextualization and stole uh, uh, three or four, <laughs> three paragraphs from Lexicanum <laughs> to. Uh, to, to use as a, a sort of our, our guiding light. Yeah, definitely. So, should we read through that? I'll, I'll read through it, shall I? And then, yeah, um, go for it. and then you could, that will hopefully help people understand the sort of context that we used to create this mission because it's trying to replicate this particular piece of the narrative. So, um, from Lexicanum, it says uh, after 98 days of relentless pursuit, the Raven Guard survivors were finally backed into a literal corner. Caught upon the windswept mountainside, Korax's legion remained resolute. Behind the peak stretched the great salt plains that had forced them into this last defiant stand. Ahead of them, the massed might of the world eaters, the rage-driven Astartes legion of Angron, who strode at their head, strode at their head, roaring for the blood of his brother, who were at Langron who strode at the head, yeah. A sea of white and blue world eaters, Astartes spattered with the red gore, swept up from the valley, intent on the destruction of the Raven Guard. Maddened by their neural implants and driven into battle frenzy by the inhuman cocktail of stimulants, the berserk warriors of the world eaters pounded up the slope mountainside while their tanks and guns provided covering fire. Every wallow, every warrior bellowed his eagerness to fulfill the blood oaths he had sworn to his primarch. But before they could utterly eradicate the surviving Raven Guard Astartes, the World Eaters were attacked from an unexpected quarter. Broad-winged aircraft plunged down from the scattering of clouds, missile pods rippling with fire. A swathe of detonations cut through the ranks of the World Eaters, ripping through their advance companies. Incendiary bombs blossomed in the heart of the approaching army, scattering white-hot Prometheum over the steep slopes. Corax looks on with incredulity as blistering pulses of plasma descended from, a, from orbit, creating gouts, gouges into Angron's legion. 
the roar of jets became deafening as dropships descended on pillars of fire, black dropships emblazoned with the badge of the Raven Guard. The legionaries scattered to give the landing craft space to make planetfall. As soon as the thick hydraulic legs touched the ground, their ramps whirred down and boarding gateways opened. The Raven Guard met their rescuers in stunned disbelief. These dropships were part of a desperate rescue mission that had been devised by Commander Brain. Bran? Bran. A Raven Guard captain who had been left in charge of the Legion's homeworld of deliverance. Without further delay, the Raven Guard survivors quickly prepared for embarkation and escaped aboard the dropships, breaking for orbit and leaving behind the frothing berserkers of the World Eaters, their angry Primarch futilely baying for blood. So that was the narrative that we were working with, right? So there was a couple of things of interest, I think, from that narrative that I picked out, but maybe we should talk through the process. So we'll talk through the mission, what we've created, and then maybe refer back to the narrative, Chris, just to make sure all, all it all ties up. What did you say? Ah, nothing. I have clearly lost you. You are muted. No, I muted myself uh, <laughs> while I while I opened the drink. So, uh, oh, so we professional. Didn't professional. Half the fact that I forgot I'd done it because the button had pushed disappeared off the screen. Um, yeah, yeah uh, we tried to encapsulate to get all of those elements in here in some way. Yeah. To, so yeah. So so read through the, the mission. So, so the mission uh, I gave a, a humorous title. Kentucky Fried Corax. I see. K- KFC. EOE does KFC. Oh, so all the acronyms, yep. Exactly. I love an acronym. What can I say? I'm a simple man, simple pleasures. <laughs> so uh, it, it, it's not sort of written out in a, in a traditional sense, so this may jump around a little bit because this is me writing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, World Eaters... Um, so the, te- the deployment zone is probably the best place to start. Yeah. So, so normal six by four table um, to one end of the table, you get the world eaters deployment, which is that spear tip deployment. Yeah. Um, so this is like hammer and anvil, basically. So um, you both sides deploy in the short table edges, not the yeah. long table edges. Yeah. No. And on the left hand side, for example, actually on the left hand side, looking at our map. Um, there is a triangle deployment zone for the world eaters, yeah? Yeah. And that goes up to the point of the triangle, if you like. The middle bit of the triangle goes 24 inches along the long table edge. So if you imagine a 24-inch high triangle, um, so it would be 24 by 24, actually. No, 48. And that's the deployment zone. So the idea here is that obviously there's a charge of yeah, the world eaters. Angron leading the charge, you know, as, as it yeah. says in the, yeah. in, in the fluff. So we've got we, we've ticked that that particular box and yep. you've got quite a narrow battlefield because they're charging up a mountainside. Yes. Uh, and it's the world eaters that are charging up and the exactly. Raven guard are, de- are defensive. Yeah. So, uh, then you get the Raven guard deployment. Now this, the, their actual deployment zone isn't the table edge. It is, uh, 36 inches from the nearest table edge of, of, yeah. of their tape. What would be their table edge for the purposes of, uh, falling back. Yes. So 36 uh, inches, inches is the centre cent- of the board. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Um, the map wasn't wasn't to scale. So yeah, so <laughs> um, you know they are they're on that difficult line. They are holding the ground. 
uh, you know, trying to survive basically. Yeah. So and they've got then, 30, so thirty-six inches from the short table edge is the edge yeah. of their deployment zone, and then it's eighteen inches back. So it's eighteen yeah. inches wide, and basically an eighteen-inch wide strip is their deployment zone. So not a big deployment zone to start with. No, no, you've got to, but you've got to use that space. To, they're survivors. You're not. You know, uh, uh, there's not going to be a lot of them if we're looking at this as, as a, from a narrative point of view. So, um, yeah. and, they've and got, then, they should be at a disadvantage as well. I mean, they've been yeah. forced into this kind of valley or up the side of this mountain. Or whatever. I think if you were going to do this game, you know, I, don't, I, don't I think if we were going to take a, a, a sort of a Forge World uh, black book approach to to writing, sort of putting this down, we would do it so there was a slight points imbalance. Which yeah, you often get in those black yeah. books, but I, that would be taking that sort of extreme. Yeah, I'm also um, a bit wary of those. Kinds yeah, of I, I'm not a big fan, but I think people like that feel sometimes. So you could, you know, if if you do play this mission, God help you if you do. Um, <laughs> it's a good mission. I, I did, but I think you know you could put that in yourself. That's that's left to your own devices. Yeah, if you wanted to give the world a small points and the raven guard less points or give the world as sort of rolling troop choices or something along those lines yeah. that might also work if you wanted to kind of give that effect and then at the nearest table edge for the raven guard players there is a nine inch wide um landing zone basically yeah so yeah. that's that, that's the space that they that will we'll, we'll come on to that in a moment so that's, yeah, that's so just, just the table so just, yeah. setup. So, yeah, just to recap. So um, six by four table, left-hand side, there's a 24-inch high triangle. The that's best the way to table. picture it, I think, is the pause button on a TV. Okay. You've got that little play symbol and then two lights. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, and then yeah, that's, that's not a bad analogy. And then the Raven Guard deployment start of the game is from the middle of the board, 18 yeah. inches but towards there. Um, short table edge and they will deploy in there yes okay so what other special rules do we put in so uh scout and infiltrate work as normal as does outflank but uh in the case of world users vehicles except dreadnoughts only when they deploy so one of the restrictions that we put on is that world eaters vehicles can only uh arrive from reserve yes um you know, apart from dreadnoughts, dreadnoughts can come on uh, turn one. That's fine, but yeah. um, your your vehicles, speeders, things like that, turn two onwards. Turn two only, and that I think was also to symbolise the charging horde up the mountain. Yeah, so I mean, it's, it's, you know, with the guns providing support behind. Yes, yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is Angron and mm. the world. Well, it is in full fury mode. Yeah, so you want you know, I can't think Angron's going to go. Uh, oh, not, by the way, bring that on. for the tanks, yeah. is he? Yeah, yeah no. no, exactly. He'll get him on, on his, on his Todd. Um, yeah. And they can't bring, neither side can bring anyone in from Deep Strike. Yes. Know, the Raven Guard don't have the ability to do so. Again, this is the, the World Eaters charging. Yeah. So, there's a, so there's a few restrictions there. Yep. Um, but yeah, nobody, no, nobody can deep strike because the Raven Guard wouldn't have anything to deep strike from, nope. technically. And the World Eaters massed ranks are already there. They're not going to call an orbital assault, for example. Yeah, exactly. So, but, so no deep striking, just everything on the deck. 
Yeah. Raven Guard have still got their ability to scout and infiltrate if they want to, so um, yeah. they can I mean, lay traps. Pretty brave. I mean, I guess because the 24-inch end of the spear tip, if you like, of the triangle, that only leaves 12 inches before yes. you get into the Raven Guard's deployment zone. So the Raven Guard have got some decisions to make turn one, which we'll come on to. So yeah. what's the other restriction? Uh, so let's have a quick... So turn four onwards. So turn four onwards. Um, yeah, so from turn four onwards, you roll for random game length. The game always ends at turn six regardless. Yeah. So it's a lightning quick mission if, you know, if you're unlucky. Well, if you're lucky, if you're unlucky. Yeah. And the so there's also this special rule, which is um, Raven's Talons. So do you want to talk through this one? So this is like a mission special rule, if you like. Yeah, absolutely. So the Raven Guard player from turn three onwards, at the start of their turn, rolls a D6. On the aerial support, which I spelt wrong, I've noticed, uh, I've written aerial as in... Little uh, Mermaid aerial. Little Mermaid aerial. <laughs> <laughs> um, the aerial support starts to arrive. So... Yeah. Sorry, that, you broke up there. Five, on five plus from turn three onwards, yeah? Yeah, it. absolutely. Yeah. Um, and that's to represent that support fire that it references in that narrative that we read yeah. out. Um, so in the shooting phase, the Raven Guard player rolls a, another D, then rolls a D3. They gain that many three-inch blast templates with the following profile. Strength five, AP3, flesh bane, deflagrate. And on a roll of a six... It becomes a six-inch blast. Oh, sorry, a five-inch five blast. blast. I do, yeah, do apologise. Nice. Yeah, and like I say, so this is to symbolise the barrage from space coming in beforehand to try and thin out the um, yeah. World True. Eaters players. Yeah, it's, it's, it's you've got that AP3 in there, you've got a flesh brain, you've got Defagrate, because we're not trying to have it as a specific weapon. This yeah. is a, a homogenisation of the weaponry um, yeah. that's being unleashed upon them. So, yeah, I mean, that, we did think about lots of strength yeah, nine, strength, strength eight, strength eight, AP two or AP three, sort of classic blast template because it did mention they were using yeah. um, sort of uh, Promethium. So Promethium's not got a high strength, but it might have flesh bane, for example. So you know, I quite like the idea of that one. So yeah. an AP three's okay. It's against Marines, but if you've got Terminators, for example, or um, artists for armored characters, they can still survive that. Yeah, but yeah, three. Five inch blast of that that, that could that could uh, ruin your day if you got super lucky with the dice rolls. Yeah, absolutely. So we covered off the um, the way that the the that they do deploy the restrictions on how things come on and what yeah. sort of units can come on, and we've got a mission special rule which is this sort of uh, orbital strike, if you like, um, from uh, turn three onwards. Um, three, yeah, because you you want at least. You know, it, you get, the game could end turn four, so you want you know you want at least two chances to make this happen, basically. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, very cool. So uh, and the, so, how on earth do you win this game, Chris? So there are and, uh, primary objectives. So the Raven Guard player gains one victory point for each surviving unit not locked in combat or falling back at the end of the game. Okay. Any unit in the landing zone with the above criteria are worth an extra one victory point. So if you move them back into the into that green landing area that we spoke about earlier. We didn't, but that's okay. We'll, 
Well, the, I referenced it. Okay. So, yeah, so the landing zone, sorry, was how was the, what was the, the landing zone deployment zone? So, the so landing is, zone is, is the nine inches from the table edge that we spoke so, about. Yeah, nine inches from the table edge. So, basically, the idea is the Raven Guard, for them to score points, um, their units, for every unit, not engaged in combat effect, ultimately, uh, that's in that landing zone gets two victory points. Yep. And every unit that's outside of that landing zone that's still alive, not engaged, gets one victory point. Yeah. And not falling back. So, yeah. Yeah. So there's a real benefit to doing that. The World Eaters score two victory points for each unit destroyed inside the Black Raven Guard deployment area at any point in the game. And one point for every unit destroyed in the green area or any other in the deployment area or any other area of the table. Yeah. And that's basically because this is about the World Eaters hunger to kill and getting stuck in and they, they, they you can't you know they're not going to sit back this is them they've got to get that punch because yeah. if they let the raven guard get too far away then you know th- they're at a disadvantage yeah so yeah so it's going to be a real the first turn is going to be a bit of a, an interesting one because the raven the world eaters players obviously want to get in and destroy units in that turn yeah. um but then the world eaters go first, I believe. Yep. So, uh, so world eaters go first and deploy first. Yeah. Uh, Raven Guard can't seize the initiative. Yeah. Um, as well, so, and, you know, there may be a, a reasoning that you know. I was thinking about this at the same time. You know, if I'm a Raven Guard player and I'm thinking how am I going to deal with this, I'm going to want. You know, you're going to have to make tactical choices of sacrifice. Mm. You know, you're going to have to think. Okay, well, if I could hold. If I can use this, you know, recon squad here, you know, just to hold for a, a bit of time, maybe a turn or two, that means I can pull another squad out. And, and you've got to make those choices because you yeah. can't sit at that back line, you yeah. know, and, and hope that everything, because they'll be on you. So you've got to make tactical choices um, as to, to, you know, where you're going to sacrifice people. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, it's it's a, it's basically for the Raven Guard player, as per the narrative, it's about survival. Yeah. For the World Eater player, it's about destruction, fundamentally. Exactly. And um, uh, there are some secondary objectives, that, you know, the, the old, the old favourite. Mm. Uh, first Blood is one victory point. Slay the Warlord is D three victory points, and uh, we did put in plus one victory point for each unit wiped out um, by sweeping advance, and that applies to either side. Yeah. So that's to sort of symbolise the sort of hatred between the two units. Yeah. Sorry, the two armies. Two armies. Yeah. So in summary, then, like I say, it's, it, there's some tactical choices you need to make as the Raven Guard player or the defending player, if you like, in this. It's yeah. quite difficult to survive that first round. Um, and it's going to probably favour a full-back approach. But, it, you know, you may have to make a decision as to whether you put a big stopping unit to hold the World Eaters' advance up. Um, bear in mind they have no tanks to speak of on, in turn yeah. one, so they'll only be using and relying on um, world eater infantry types. So there's not going to be a lot of shooting coming your way. They're going to have to try and get in close combat as quick as possible. So yeah, there's a good it's a good balance I think. And then the Raven Guard player is going to have to be tactically astute as to work out how best to survive for potentially up to five rounds of this yeah. ongoing sort of onslaught. Yeah from the world eater so yeah so obviously we'll put a copy of this uh, in the show notes or a link to it in the show notes it's probably a lot easier to explain um but 
I think that hits the the brief. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 <coughs> we, we we ticked off those boxes from those those um, that bit of narrative. Yeah, you know, we've, we've got the, all those elements in there. Nothing is is sort of game breaking. No, I'm you know, just... it would have been easy to sort of go uh, sort of um, oh, sort of balls to the wall in in sort of crazy things that happen. Mm. You know. Massive plasma destruction raining yeah. down from the sky, um, but yeah, I mean it's, it's the, the one time this has been played, as far as we're aware, it, it is the game that they that Damien ended up playing. You know, ended seven five, which is a fairly you know even score, mm. um, which I think is is quite encouraging in regards to balance. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, bear in mind that you know the world eaters can't do the old spartan bus trick because the spartans are a vehicle that can't that can't turn up till turn um turn two two. so that limits a bit you know that gives it a little bit of balance there and you know then there's always the risk that you're very expensive um you know terminate squad for example they can't deep strike so the only way you're going to get them on the board is probably by using a transport of some description maybe a storm eagle or something but that's not going to be around till turn two minimum so Exactly. I think as a mission, it would be it would be would it work with any other legions? I don't. I think it's good enough that it's not specific for these two legions. Um, I think you'd probably have to be. It wouldn't be necessarily something you'd put in an event because I think you'd probably have to tailor your list a little bit to the type of units you'd want. I think I would like to play this um, as a custodies player against demons of the ruin storm. That would be good. to represent um, the war in the webway. The only problem is, would the demons be able to use their little warp refs, or will we insist that they're actually already corporeal and they have in, to basically in the webway? They're already corporeal, so yeah, agreed. So yeah, that would be good. Yeah, that's the, that's sort of sort of that's, that's sort an of, occasion that I would like to sort of give it a, give it a run out if that makes sense. That last sort of part of Master of Mankind, you know, where they yeah. fall back through the webway. That would work equally well. Yep. In that context, I think you're absolutely yeah. right. Like I said, the demons have to be corporeal at that point. There's no using the old, um, and they have to run at the custodies. Yeah. Which would be really not going to be like custodies in that situation in comparison to the amount of demons of the ruin storm, which is. Uh, it could be an interesting one. Yeah, it'd be cool. So yeah, I, I don't think it would work as a generic pickup mission. I think you'd probably have to understand the mission first and change your list because yeah. it would be people would sort of rock up with Spartans and realise they're at a very big disadvantage potentially particularly yeah. to a team that could have Spartans on their side quite happily the Raven Guard in this instance you know they could have whatever they want you know from turn one onwards so there is a balance there so just something to think about I think it would probably be good as a um, a narrative mission with people giving advance notice of what yeah. it would be yeah, yeah I could see a couple of different scenarios where this would work yeah, yeah. So yeah, so what we're going to do, I think, is uh, when we do um, find ideas for missions, or um, when we have a narrative uh, special, like for example the Raven Guard one we're doing now, or any other legions or the like, um, we might try and find some bits of narrative that we could potentially put a mission to that isn't already covered in one of the black books. But if there's anything um, in a particular area of interest for you that isn't covered by the black book already, that you would want to see us try to make a balanced mission for then just drop us a line we'd love to hear from you we're happy to do it because it's quite interesting it's quite fun yeah it took us about an hour and hour and a half hour and 20 minutes Mm. 
and sort of mulling it over, sort of over messenger and yeah. Skype and stuff. So. And because there obviously is a dearth of missions for the um, Horus Heresy yeah, at the moment. As, as we spoke about earlier. Yeah, um, yeah, give it a go. See what you think. Maybe arrange to play your friends and you know tell them what the mission is up front and see how you get on because we'd also love to hear that feedback and see if you think of any uh, alterations to this mission that you would like to make uh, going forward. So there you go. Hope you enjoyed that and uh, we'll be off onto the next section right about now. Okay, and now it's time for our list challenge. And we've got four lists, one each. And then we've got uh, Ed's list, one of our Patreons who sent in a list for us to have a look at. So um, who wants to go first? Shall I go first? I'll put mine to the... Yeah, go on then, Graham. To the public vote. Okay, so I'll just put it into the chat channel because we we guard these things jealously now (laughs) to surprise people. It was nice to have a little surprise. So uh, I'll talk through my list. So this list is very much, you know, I looked at what they're good at. Okay, so they can infiltrate, but they've also got this this um, shield captain Avax Morn, which has got some good rules around deep striking. So I've kind of envisaged that basically an army that just had very little to deploy to start with, although that could be slightly flexible. Um, but he would be getting in somewhere infiltrating as close as he could that was sensible to bring some drop pods in around him right so that's the that's the kind of deal it's like an alpha striking kind of deal here so i've gone with uh shield captain alex moore like i said he's 100 points out of the gate he's not especially he's not got anything great he, he just needs to survive so he's going to be putting cover you know away from danger ideally but close enough that anything within 18 that deep strike that's a drop pod can then do some damage. So I've also, and this is what I was talking about earlier, a little bit earlier, um, Rob, I don't know what you think about this. So Mm -hmm. the sort of default for getting the champion, right? So a champion, so it's a a, a centurion, then you've got to pay for the upgrade to get him to be a champion. And then you've got to get the um, paragon blade and if you want to give him martis for armor you've got to pay for that if you want to give him a refractor field or something you've got to pay for that so um i i think that actually for 10 points more you just you buy a praetor get, you just buy a praetor because he's got a better stat line extra wound and you get the same upgrades right so mm-hmm. i did a little bit of cost comparison so yeah basically so if i did did it with a champion it's 145 points so but the same model with the same stuff but better because it's your praetor is only 155 points so there's only 10 points for him. I think the extra wound, extra um, extra leadership, and the extra attack, that's worth 10 points. So yeah. um, I test for armor because it comes for free. Bolt pistol. I've given him a combat shield. So, you know, it's the cheapest of the bonds that you can get. Uh, he's got a jump pack with a melter bomb and a paragon blade, 155 points. So not gone crazy with the, um, the killing in terms of HQ choices. I've then gone for a, one single drop death storm drop pod as mentioned they can be good and he would basically that would probably be coming in on turn one next to the strike captain uh i've then gone for the more death strike squad 
and because they would probably be infiltrating with the ship, the strike captain. I think he can be joined. I think he's an independent character, so he can. They have similar rules, but they've all got sniper rifles, so they're kind of like the recon specialists coming in to scout scout out the area before yeah. the drop yeah, pods come that. Um, and then I've gone for a veteran tactical squad. Um, quite expensive this one because I've kind of tooled them up a little bit. So they've got two combi weapons, which is uh, they've gone. Uh, they've got a melter gun. They've all got melter bombs. There's a missile, a single missile launcher with suspensor web, um, nuncio box, just in case. Um, and then there's eight of those guys in a drop pod. And I've given them eight because um, I suppose technically I could put the shield captain in a, a deep striking transport. And he has some rules around that as well. So it just gives me a little bit of flexibility. But yeah, the, actually, just to go with the more death ring, I've given them the one that another advantage is and it's 310 points for their squad by the way but that's with three missile launchers with suspensor webs yeah so that's they're going to be quite good they're going to be up close and personal and the missile launchers are you know strength eight so they could do some damage and if i did have a horde army i could use the frag missiles but they probably wouldn't fare too well against that anyway and veteran tactical squad is there to basically deep strike in in the drop pod got combi melters melter guns missiles the classic kind of veteran squad get forward get in among, get in amongst it get in the lines you know take a few things out or use them to take an objective because they've got the impact of an advance rule um, then from a troop choices i've got an assault squad um nine ten man assault squad um all with melter bombs um, but just the sergeant's got a test for armor and a power fist. So power fist with furious charge, because obviously they, they get that. Um, I think it'd be pretty cool. Strength nine power fist. So mm-hmm. not bad. And no. then two, just just two normal tactical squads, um, extra close combat weapon. Uh, Nuncio boxes again, in case there's some shagins where one squad deep strikes has to get out and then the other squad comes in behind them on the following turn. Um Tactical, the sergeants have all got um, artistic armor and power fists as well, just to give them a little bit of punch, not to be completely abandoned, if you like. So they're kind of trying to get on objectives. So that's three, that'd be four scoring units from there. And then I've gone for some heavy hitters insofar as the, the Dark Furies. So I've gone larger these. So I've gone for two 10 man squads. Um, yeah. So they aren't cheap. 330 points for a squad. And the the chosen, the kind of sergeant guys got melter bombs. Now, I don't, I don't think I would deep strike them. To be honest with you, I think that they're they're a bit risky on deep strike and they can get torn to bits really quickly. I think I'd probably have them on deployed and then get them to move. So maybe starting in cover or out of line of sight and then use the jetpacks to close on the enemy because the drop pods would be coming in in your face if you like, and then I could use the dark furies for that sort of secondary attack. So. Mm-hmm. The drop pods come down. They focus on the drop pods, which gives the the dark furies, which is my main puncher, to come in un, unmolested as near as possible to do some damage. And then I've also gone for another squad to do that. I've gone distraction squad in some jet bikes. So jet bike sky hunter squad. Uh, I've gone big with these. So nine of these guys, um, heavy bolters and two multi melters and a plasma cannon. But again, I mean two plus saves, four plus jink saves. I mean, I think they all get. Stuck. They said I'm not can't remember what the rules are for stealth for this army, but it may not apply to them. But that that would be quite cool because I might get a better cover save. And then for my one single heavy support choice, because I've taken the um, decapitation strike right of war, uh, I've gone for a fire raptor because I think that's quite thematic and it's a lot of shots. 
which I think the army lacks without it. And that's me. Nice. nice. Very good. So, yeah, basically, deep striking caused by the classic Chris tactics, to be honest. Um, get in, get in the face, force the, your opponent to make a decision. And in the meantime, you've got the jet bikes, you've got the two um, uh, Dark Fury squads that are going to come in, and you've got whatever else is going to be left in reserve because there's four drop pods in total coming in as well at some point. So, yeah, hold for the first turn. They've got to deal with it and then try and smash them up. That's me. Ooh, interesting. Shall I go next? Yeah, go so on. So, um, starting with HQs, funnily enough, I also started with Strike Captain Alvarex Morn. Uh, nice. I just saw all the uh, shenanigans he could do with uh, with deep striking and with reserves if he's the warlord and all that kind of yep. jazz and thought, oh yeah, that's, and just bare bones, 140 points, we'll have that, and that is my only HQ. Nice. Him. Um, in troops, I've kept it. I'm using the Orbital Assault Right of War, by the way. Not using okay. one of their own. Does uh, he have Master of the Legion? He does have Master yeah, he does, of the Legion, yeah. yes. That's, that, he's very good for that, too, actually. I'll just think about to comment on that. He's for 140 points. You know, Usually they don't get Master of the Legion at that, uh, but he's actually quite good, and he has Master of the Legion, so he gets the Right of Wars. So yeah, I'm using, Sorry, you, Rob. Using, using orbital assault. So we're going drop pod tastic here, mm. um, which basically lets anybody who can take a rhino take a drop pod, yeah. basically. Uh, but also lets um, dreadnought talons take drop pods as well, uh, and rapier batteries as well. Um, but uh, for troops, I've gone for two uh, ten-man legion tactical squads. Sergeant's got Artificer Armour, Power Fist and Melter Bombs in a drop pod. The plan is that they come down on an objective and they just sit there. Got it. You know, if necessary, they go to ground. They just they just stay there and hold it. Stay and hold, yep. Yeah. I have in... F- so that's it for troops. It's only two scoring units, which I know Graham will disapprove of. Because, <laughs> um, you know, it should be at least nine. At um, least yeah, exactly. Uh, in fast attack, I've gone for seven Legion Seekers with combi melters in a drop pod. And in my head, Alvarex would join them. Gotcha. So he's got that cool role, hasn't he? Yeah. When he's in a, when he's in a um, flyer or some sort of transport, he can, he will, he can just turn up. Yeah, he just turns up. Yeah, he just turns up and they turn up, they jump out and whatever is prime target one has obviously been listed and they just melt it to death yeah um straight away my other two fast attack choices are much like yourself two 10-man dark fury units with melter bombs on the sergeant Mm -hmm. i hadn't decided whether they would be deployed or deep striking i kind of like the idea of them deep striking to be honest yeah, um, I mean, it's, it's like the only thing I would say is when I've seen it done, I think if you had two of them, that gives you a chance. But when I've seen it done, they're like, a, you've got to destroy them this turn, and there's a chance of taking. Yeah, it. yeah. But I've got, I've got the two units of ten. Mm. Um, nothing in elite, so we're straight into heavy support, and I've got two Leviathan dreadnoughts in drop, uh-huh. in drop pods. Yes, with a snippy claw and a siege drill. Classic. Volkite nipples, armored fa- armored ceramite, and a phosphex discharger on each. Oof. So there's two of them coming down. Lovely. 
There's also a Fire Raptor gunship with Hellstrike missiles and upgraded to the Reaper autocannon battery. Yes, yes, I forgot to mention I upgraded to the Reapers, but yeah. Uh, and then Lord of War is the Primark Corax, 450 points, and that is 3,000 points exactly. Very nice. Nice, that is nice. Uh, but what I did struggle, because I've never played with the Primark um, before, I can't... Where does it say... I can see in the Primark's chosen right of war that the Primark has to be the Warlord. Yes. Other than that, does the Primark have to be the Warlord? Because I've never ex- never come across it. I don't think he has to be the Warlord. I think it's in the FAQ now. Right. Because so if, there is, if, it, if it isn't... something about it. If it isn't, then uh, Alvarex is doing all this snazzy jazz with um, re-rolling reserves for all the drop pods as well, which was my thought. Yeah, I'm I'm speculating here uh, insofar as I'm... Yeah, I'm sure that there was a question about this because the Primark always has to be the Warlord. But of course, you or I both know, Rob, that what I think and what is the truth could be very different things. Some mm-hmm. characters do yeah. say that if yeah. some specify that it has to be the case, but yeah. I jealous thought com- it, but jealous yeah. commander rule, don't you? What do mm-hmm. I do? But yeah, let me um let me investigate that. Yeah. Yeah, go on, Chris. So actually, so Rob, just quickly. So what's the what's the plan of attack here? You're on the board, you're at Blood and Glory. What's your what's your opening gambit with this? What, what are you expecting to happen? I'm going to play this like Mills the Younger and drop everything straight <laughs> on your head. I love how you <laughs> chide me for it constantly, but when it comes to it, you'll want to copy. <laughs> the plan is basically the plan is basically drop Korax, a fire raptor, two leviathans in drop pods, and seven seekers with melter bombs right in your face blow up nice. blow up everything and then dark furies mop up anything squishy that's left while two tactical nice. squads are sat on objectives going is everything dead yet dave everybody's <laughs> dead dave everybody is oh, dead dave that's a shame well as yeah. as as you two have gone for the you know my tactics light <laughs> <laughs> by light is that because they don't have two plus save toughness five move through cover and uh, bent rules that get rewritten every year yeah assault During cannons come for per, per <laughs> 15 15 assault cannons per tactics uh, there we are ladies and gentlemen that's my list in the whatsapp group okay. so raven guard i have got a praetor artifice drama digital laser iron halo uh Paragon Blade Power Fist, uh, Mastercrafted Power Fist, because if I want a punt sank that's armory, Paragon Blade's not really going to do the job. I have a Warmonger, uh, Tartarus nice. Power Armor, because Ooh. if I'm going to drop stuff, I'm going to make sure I can drop as much as I can. So Terminator Armor, a, and he's got Raven's uh, single Raven's Talon and a Power Fist. A single apothecary is my uh, one of my elites. My second elite is a seven-man Terminator squad that the Warmonger will be joining. To give them a deep strike. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For with three power fists, uh, sorry, three chain fists, two sets of Raven's talons, two power fists. Ouch. 
bases covered there. Furious charge as well. Yep. That, yeah. uh, the old favourites, two assault squads, one of 14 men, one of 13, uh, two power axes in each one. Uh, okay. No milk bombs because they were getting expensive at that point. A mm-hmm. single recon squad with a nuncio box. Nice. A tactical support squad uh, of melter guns. Seven of them in the unit. The yep. apothecary and the praetor will be joining that unit. Mm-hmm. Two javelins with last cannons and uh, last missiles? missile launchers. Yeah, missile. A six-man jet bike squad with three plasma cannons going by memory yeah sounds about right yeah six six yeah, six, six man sorry one two, three? Two. 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 So you can't even read its own form, no, let alone how I expect anybody else to. A Terax uh, Termite Salt Drill. Oh, that's interesting, yeah. No, which the Delta Squad's going to go in, obviously. Of course, yeah. No, I did wonder how they're going to get there. You've yeah. answered that. Two Deathstorm Drop Pods. Okay. And a Leviathan in a Drop Pod. The Leviathan has a Cyclonic Melter Lance and a Siege Drill. That's my 3,000 points. So basically... <laughs> I'm going to drop as much as I can. Uh, so the drop pod, the two death storms will go down first. Yeah. Because 50% of my drop pods save the Leviathan for later. Uh, and then the Terax and the Leviathan will arrive at the same time. The Terax would go turn one as well. Oh, that's true. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, so that would come up and take out whatever's going to mm-hmm. bother the Leviathan, basically, for when that turns up turn two. Uh, the Assault Marines will be there. The recon squad will be there with its nuncio box if I yep. need it to. And then the warmonger will drop in with his terminators to make a killing blow on something. Do you have anything to manipulate the old reserve? I box? don't, but I'm all right. <laughs> you, say, you say that. I, I'm the man. I, I, I'm well aware that I won't be all right. But <laughs> I was trying to find 100 points to... to, 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 to yeah. To take out. I know what you mean. And it's like, do I take a, uh, do I lose a javelin and one marine? Do I, you know, and once you get down to that sort of, I know you 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 play a, you play a different slightly different rule than I do. I mean, I know that you you sort of say hundred points. So hundred points, like you say, it's a javelin and and some other stuff that's actually going to kill something. Whereas the the um, Damocles command rhino isn't really going to kill anything it's just going to give me plus one to my reserve rolls it's it's i must admit i've been thinking is there a better way of doing this the only other thing i can think of is to try and gamble on your warlord traits but then it's like a one in six chance of getting the strategic one that gives you re-roll reserves so characters that re-roll reserve i think are pretty useful um but yeah that that's a tough old list there chris like i wouldn't expect anything less but there's not a lot of fact on that one. It's, it's no, all it's all in your face. A, you know, I, I, when I sat down, I was like, I need to do this different to how I would normally do an army. And the problem is, the Raven Guard are one of those armies that fit my playstyle. 
very easily. It was really difficult for me to visualize a different way of doing them. You know, all their special units are fast sort of getting in units. I didn't take any because I thought actually you could run this with any Legion and it would still be very effective. Which it may come back to haunt you, but you've got it, it quite may, a lot of scoring units but there I as well. I think there's you? enough there that it's Raven Guardy because it's quick, it's lightning, you know, it's getting in there. The whole idea was basically to run Decapitation Strike without running Decapitation Without running Decapitation Strike, yeah. Yeah. Because I, you know, it limited my um, heavy support choices. I didn't want that Leviathan. I, I, you know, I've experienced many times a, a Leviathan dropping on its own, it having headaches. Uh, so the drop pod's going in first, just to sort of, you know, help a little bit, soften things up. The Terax to you know, do the same thing, because once those Melter guys and the Leviathan are on the back line. That's, yeah, I mean it's it's problematic. I guess it's um it's certainly you do run the risk of August scanners, etc. But yeah, that's yeah. fair. Um just to actually um Rob, just to clarify the warlord thing. Mm-hmm. So it's actually it's not in the Legion book, it's actually in the big rule book. So the Primarch is a special was, rule in the big rule book. Uh, I was let's see, I was searching for Warlord rather than Primarch. Yeah, so page one seventy. Um, any model with the Primarch special rule is automatically the army's warlord oh, and go. does not roll randomly for warlord traits. They would have been included in their unique abilities. So there you go. So, yeah, if you have a Primarch, it's automatically the warlord. But that's the Primarch. Fair enough. I, pre- I presume that would be the case, but uh, I was just struggling to find the... I don't think until the big rule book came out that was clear, to be honest. Fair so, enough. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Run through mine. Um, right, I've just sent it in the WhatsApp chat. I am another decapitation strike. So it just sounded hey. so cool. But I haven't taken the main character as my warlord. I have just taken a standard Praetor as my warlord. Uh, I've given him an architect pistol, uh, artificer armor, iron halo, master crafted Volkite char- charger, <laughs> and. <laughs> And Raven's Talons. How many but, points was it for the Master Crafted? 15 points? Yeah. And how much was the Volkert Charger? It's like... Seven. Seven, seven okay. something like that. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I just wanted... I just wanted... I want him to be a shooty character. I want him to... Uh, this, this, he's, he's designed to shoot, not to not to, to, to do uh, combat. And his Raven's Talon that he's got is his close combat weapon is already Master Crafted. Mm-hmm. May I suggest that you Master Craft the Architect Pistol then? Just um, yeah. Just quickly, my Terminators have two plasma blasters in them as well. Oh, ah, right. uh, joyous, joyous. <laughs> okay, um, right. My second HQ, taking the second HQ, is a librarian. I've given him artificer armor, a jump pack, psychic mastery two, and Raven's talons. And his force weapon is a force sword. Now I've taken him because I am specifically hoping to roll shrouding. Uh, I really want shrouding for this guy. One in six chance, is that? Two in six chance. Well, one in. Oh, yeah, because you got two two chances to get it. Two chances. Two chances. So you know, it's gonna happen at some point. I'm gonna get the psychic (coughs) power I want from him. But even if he hasn't, you know, it will be the last game on the Sunday that you'll get it. Telepathy. (laughs) You know what? Telepathy is still a pretty good 
Um, what about Gates of Eternity, where it is the one where you can move across the board? Uh, what is that in? That, I don't know. Though, Possibly, but um, I, I I want him to. I, 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 you know, telepathy isn't too bad a bad a thing, so it's not too bad. Uh, I don't mind that if I don't get it, but I'd like shrouding. And I taken for him to hang out with. Uh, I, I taken not for him to hang out with. Sorry, uh, a more Dathan squad. And in that more Dathan squad, I've got seven combi melters, uh, a ten man squad, three melter guns, and they're in a dark wing. Okay. Plan being, they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna come on. The dark wind's gonna shoot some stuff up, and then they're gonna jump out and finish whatever it is off. Capacity is sixteen, isn't it? So yeah. Yes, but they've only got there's only ten in there plus the praetor. They have jump packs. No, Maldathan do not have jump packs. No. Okay. That's dark furies. Oh, that's yeah. Sorry. Dark mm-hmm. furies. Yeah. Uh, these are the snipers. Yeah. So that's that's the plan for them. Then in tap troops, I've got a free tactical squad. I've got um, all, all ten men, obviously. Uh, additional chainsaws, uh, nuncio boxes, and vexelias. Um, sergeant in one of them has raven's talons. Sergeant in another has prower fist, and then another one is just a chainsword. Um, and they are all in drop pods. So they're my objective grabbers. I hope. <laughs> um, in fast attack, I'm taking a ten-man Dark Fury squad. This is the librarian's going to go with these guys um, to try and give them shrouded, which okay. is a one in six chance. But you know, <laughs> it's a risk. Mm-hmm. But even yeah. if he isn't, as I said, telepathy got some pretty good powers. Um, yeah, they've got melter bombs as well. Uh, no, sorry, they haven't got multiple. I'm sorry, forgive me. Uh, yeah, they're, they're just nine plain old Dark Furies. The Jet Bike Sky Hunter Squadron, on the other hand, six six uh, bikes with a sergeant, um, four heavy bolters, uh, two multi melters, and a um, and a Raven's Talon on the um, sergeant. Because I think Furies charge on those bikes, they're going to hit pretty hard. I really yep. think they're going to hit. Yeah. I think they're going to be pretty good. Yeah. Jet bikes with furious charge, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Then we've got a seeker squad in a drop pod um, with uh, a nuncio vox. Um, not ten man seeker squad there. Um, and heavy support. I've taken a leviathan, leviathan siege dreadnought. I've given it a dreadnought drop pod, um, a cyclonic melter lance, a phosphax discharger, and a twin linked uh, volkite uh, nipple. Nipple guns and a siege drill. And okay. The best yeah. Same as mine then. Yeah. Yeah. The, the classic close combat version. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, it's got the cyclone. That's, it's got the um. Yeah. It's got the the, the melter. Oh, yeah. oh, okay. The Chris Mills classic. The Chris Mills version, not the. It's got the melter and it's got the, it's got the melter and the drill. Yeah. Hell yes. Mm. So that's that's my list. I commit it to to posterity. <laughs> to the record. Yes, generations to ponder over. Yeah. Right. Shall we go, do, what was he thinking of? Shall we do the easy one first and see whose is the most expensive? Well, this is, a, this is new. <laughs> Doing it this way. £1,120. Pounds. Oh, mine was, mine was buttons. £746.50. 
the other one is Battlefield Effectiveness, and the third one is Cost, which we've just done. So we think Michael's probably got that one. Okay. So let's go with fun to play with or against. So case for cases four. Okay. Uh, my, I, go on. I suppose fun to play with. Mine's a lot of deep strike from various different angles. Is it anything particularly special or exciting in that way? Probably not, I suppose. Uh, we've got the horn, but you know, it's it's kind of my standard list almost. Yeah, I think the only thing I would say about your list is it could be any, it could be any of a number of legions, if you see what I mean. That's the only criticism, to be honest with you. I know where you're coming from. Is like actually, well, that's kind of a bit because that's a bit like saying any shooting would have to be armed. Yeah, I can see where it's the only thing I suppose is this list. This my list could be a Night Lord list, a Blood Angels list, a Raven Guard list. You know, yeah, I, I I'd have to count you out of this one chris on, on me personally and that's not saying anything because normally all this can be quite interesting um it's just this Sorry. doesn't feel it feels too generic to be fun yeah. to play it for a raven guard and that's not me saying that your lists are bad but it's just Sorry, i didn't think you were but now you brought it out <laughs> <laughs> no i think it just feels too generic to be you know i want to have fun playing with a raven guard but this is this is as you say you know you could put this in blue and it'd be ultramarine friendly. I don't need someone on the internet telling me that I'm all right, so it's fine. <laughs> it's fine. No, it's actually a good list, and I think with a few changes. No, seriously, just a few changes. I think this list would be would Michael, be. He's fine. Oh right, okay. He's just I was, I was, you up. He's okay, fine because he's he's having a little little dig um, at the fact that somebody's said that my lists are quite good sometimes. Um, Rob, I think Rob's was was. Let's have a quick. What was yours? You had a theme there. It was you used a lot of the special units as well, didn't you? Yeah, Corax. Alvarex and twenty Dark Furies, uh, Legion specific. I think did Rob you use a, Legion specific right of war? Uh, no, orbital assault. Okay. I kind of um, think Rob might edge it for me simply because he is taking that. Um, because he is taking that um that that cor- uh, well not not that but corax and i think corax sounds like a lot of fun to play with in combination with everything else yeah i mean especially if you're thinking about it, i want to play a, a raven guard list what does this look like i kind of think that the you may edge it to be honest with you just because you've used a legion specific right of war haven't you mm. yeah but then and you've got, you, you, yeah, you've got you've got you've got the morrow whatever they are and the dark and the i think but no special character. No special character. With Corax, with the special character, with the Dark Furies, there is more that Raven Guard style of play, I would say, in Rob's list. Yep. I agree. Yeah, Michael's I, using I, a live really, so it's a he's, no for Using me. the right of war and stuff is... <laughs> I think... If, <laughs> <laughs> if, 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 but I think if you're, gonna, if you're looking at our armies as a fun... Raven Guard army to play with and against. I think Rob's would be that fun Raven Guard army. Yep, I agree. Oh, well, I, I shan't attempt to dissuade you, gentlemen. Okay. okay. So, Battle, carries that one. Battlefield effectiveness. Oh, God. I kind of think that 
See, I think that Chris's is going to be the most effective, but I don't want to say that because it isn't. Because it, it, he begrudgingly he usually wins this one. Um, no, I think Chris's will be very effective. Um, Watch gamer right here, people. Yeah. I think <laughs> yeah, I think yeah. it will be a very effective list. There's not much I can say about that. There's not a lot of fat on there. Yeah, seconded. He's thinking. He's thinking. Well, of I'm just thinking. Well, I mean, I don't deny that there's certain aspects of it that are quite. You you haven't got anything to manipulate the reserve rolls, which would potentially leave you a little stranded. Mm, it's not. Would be only if it goes would, very wrong. Doesn't really go that wrong, but yeah. I mean, basically, you're waiting for uh, the only reserve rolls I'm having to make are the Terminator squad and the Leviathan. So what else coming come, down by deep strike? Oh, they're not coming down by deep strike. They're going to be on the, the board. The and they come on automatically. No, only half of them do. So one of them would yeah, so, come in no, on. So, no, because I've got three drop pods. One has Leviathan. So two death drums have come down. Yes, that's right. Yeah. And then the Leviathan and the Warmonger with the Terminators that I'm actually making reserve rolls for. So that leaves you what on the board? Uh, on the board would be so the squad and the Terax, two uh, assault squads, recon squad, two javelins, uh, six jet bikes. So you're not going to outflank the javelins? I could do if I wanted to. Yeah, but... okay, fair enough. Yeah. I'll leave it to that. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, the, the terminus may edge it slightly, I suppose, but I, yeah, all good. Cool. Yeah. Yes. So, what do we think? Yes, I suppose if that is the will of the majority, then far be it from me. No, I don't want to grudgingly, grudgingly suggest otherwise. But yeah, okay, look, Chris ugh, has it. Okay. Awesome. Perturabo (laughs) scorn to be applied. Awesome. So, do we want to take a quick look at Ed's list? Yes. So, Mr. B got a point. Rob got a point. I got a point. Shocking, really, considering that I had special units and I used a right of war. And I had manipulation of reserve rolls, but that's fine. <laughs> it's not better at all. But the it? thing is, I'm not. I'm not saying that. We're the thing is, uh, the same criteria I'm, across the board. But that's, I'm, I'm looking you know, at your uh, other people to decide. Yeah. <laughs> Go on, Ed's list. Ed's list. Okay, right, Ed's list. So, shall I run through this quickly, and then we'll just yes, yes, yes. give a quick opinion on it. So we got um right so ed sent in a list it's one of our patreon supporters so thank you for that ed it's 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 much appreciated and your list we've got here we're starting with a damocles command rhino with a dozer blade extra armor and a pintle mounted heavy uh bolter which is cool obviously there for your your manipulation of reserves then he's got a praetor with um artificer armor uh on foot and He's taking a um, what's he got there? A command squad with him. He's taking a command squad with him. That's a 
It's different. Um, and they are in a Land Raider Phobos with the um, twin-linked uh, heavy bolter, searchlight smoke launchers, and the and the sponsors. He's got his chosen. Uh, one has got a Volkite charger, and one's just got a bolt pistol, bolter, chainsaw, and the other one has Raven's talons. The standard bearer has Raven's talons, so that's nice. that's kind of cool. I like that. Okay. Um, then we've got um, troop choices. So we've got a recon squad um, with uh, is this four-man recon squad. Um, and then we've got a tactical squad um, with nine men in there. Um, Nuncio of Ox and Vexalia in a rhino with auxiliary drive, dozer blade, extra armor, and heavy bolter. And uh, a hunter-killer missile. So that is a quite a... That's, an, expen- that's an expensive rhino. It yeah, is. He's got another tactical squ- squad here. And they've got um, nine, nine nine marines. Um, Nuncio Vox, Vexelia, uh, Rhino with Auxiliar Drive, Dozer Blade, Extra Armor, Hunter Killer Missile, Multi Melter. So again, another tricked out Rhino. So that's unusual seeing seeing a Rhino. I mean, that's almost that's more than double the points of the Rhino. So yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Then we've got a Land Speeder Squadron um, with three Land Speeders: one with a Multi Melter and Plasma Cannon, one with a Graviton Gun and Volkite Culverin, and one with a Havoc Launcher. And multi melter. So I think what he's done there is he's tried to cover as many bases as possible. Yes, that's Which, just the normal land speeders, right? That's not the yeah, game. just a just a normal normal land speeder squadron. <coughs> then he's got my one of my favorites, a saber strike tank squadron. Um, he's got mm. two tanks in the squadron. Um, yep, two tanks in the squadron. Um, I should have probably made this list a bit more legible. Um, I'm saying nothing. Um, armored ceramite um, on one of them uh, with extra armor, uh, a havoc launcher, and the neutron blaster. I like the neutron blaster. I think that's kind of cool. Um, and the other one has the snub auto cannon, armored ceramite, and extra armor and a havoc launcher. So that's pretty cool, actually. Then we've got a seeker squad. This is a big seeker squad. Um, 640 points. Um, so we've got 10 seeker marines. Um, two combi weapons, two combi flamers, two combi uh, plasma guns, and two combi volkites. A land raider Proteus with armored ceramite, an auxiliary drive, dozer blade, explorer to augury web, which means he can't take it because he's got too many seekers. I was going to say that's um, uh, reduces six, your co- that reduces your transport six. capacity by t- no two, I think eight. Uh, okay. eight. Uh, frag assault launchers um, and. Um, Heavy twin linked heavy bolter, hunter killer missile, multi melter. Uh, yeah, so that is there. And the sergeant on the uh, strikes, the um, seeker squad has got artificer armor, combi weapon, melter bombs, and a power fist. So that's the only issue I can see with that so far is the fact that you've got too, you've got too, too many seekers in that squad. Mm. Then we've got a jet bike sky slayer squadron in heavy support with um, free, a free man squad there with multi melters. That's pretty awesome i think uh, and a sergeant then a predator um squadron um we've got a first predator tank armored ceramite auxiliary drive dozer blade extra armor um heavy bolt sponsons machine spirit and predator cannon and another predator with armored ceramite auxiliary drive dozer blade extra armor 
Heavy Bolt Sponsons, Heavy Conversion Beamer. Not seen that in a while. A Machine Spirit. Mm. Another Predator with Armored Ceramite, Auxiliary Drive, Dozer Blade, Executioner Plasma Destroyer, Extra Armor, Last Cannon Sponsors, and Machine Spirit. And that's his list. And his right of war is Armored Spearhead, in case you haven't guessed. Mm, nice. That's very interesting. An interesting choice. Um, those mm. rhinos have got a lot of, lot of gubbins on them. I don't generally tend to put a lot into rhinos too much, though I have with my salamanders because they get rules from the multi-melters. But, yeah, always a bit risky because they're quite fragile. Yeah. I suppose, you know, in our own way, we've got our own little meta, you know, where we don't like to spend a lot on our transports. So maybe this is Ed's meta. And it's nice. To, it's interesting to see, you know, what other people would think of this list. This is why we kind of asked for it. And I think I think we will be trying to do that going forward. You know, asking some asking people for for challenges when we do do this. But I don't know about this one. I mean, those javelins instead of basic speeders. Hmm. Yeah. They're expensive. One. I mean, physically, they, the cost difference is massive. Yeah. The plastic I, I, ones yeah. from Games Workshop. No, I know. But that's what's yeah. taking that into a sort of account but yeah i mean the rest of it it's in the land raiders in numbers are pretty good because they're hard to crack you know if you get somebody who can't deal with armor 14 you're in you're in business but um the problem is they are quite expensive as well even the phobos is 200 points plus i think so the phobos uh... It's one ninety. Is that the Proteus or the Fabus? I always get confused. Proteus is cheap. Well, the ones on Ed's list are three hundred twenty points. Yeah. Yeah, Excellent. I've got quite a lot of lot of add-ons there. So yeah, it's you're right. Maybe you are right, Michael. Insofar as you know, we we tend to have very lightweight transports with assumed non-survivability. I think. Um, Whereas in in other areas, maybe they kind of battle. Double them up as actual effective tanks as well. So yeah, interesting. Maybe. So there we go. I mean, I mean, I I don't know about this one. I mean, the only reason I don't, I'm not so sure about it, is just there's a there's a I, don't, I think there's a lack of specialization amongst his predators and his uh, javelins, and I think that might let him down because they're squadrons, aren't they? So yeah. Oh well, I suppose the predators have machine spirits, so they can they can fire at different things. Different targets, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's quite an expensive still, upgrade. They're still together. Yeah, I mean, uh, there's quite a lot of shooting there, and I can see, you know, it's basically sort of armored set up at the beginning, and then um, uh, and then go from there. So, yeah, I think there's some interesting stuff going on for sure. Quite an interesting list, but yeah. Okay, very definitely, different. Definitely one I'd love to. Especially the armed spearhead, because we don't ever really, you know, it's not one that we've ever. Yeah, we'll have, to, we'll have to look at that properly sometime. Mm. Anyway, so what we'll do now is thank you for um, that brilliance, um, and we'll go away and we'll um, run into the events and then the close. For sure. Okay, Michael, on my own again, and I'm going to be running through quickly the events that are scheduled. So let's have a look. 30th of August, we have the Burning of Prospero down at West Forrick, a Mournable podcast event. 
5th of September, the scarring of Alsfer and Southampton, a doubles event. 18th of September, Company of Legends 2020 in Durham. 26th of September, the purging of Delta Garmin 4 in Eastleigh. 24th of October, Company of Legends 2020 in Durham. 24th of October, the scarring of Alsfer in Southampton, a doubles event. 1st of November, decimation in Eastleigh, that is another doubles event. Uh, 14th of November, the death throes of Trina Samarag Part 2 at Common, Common Ground Games in Sterling. 21st of November, the fall of Damochan at Boards and Swords Hobbies in Derby, that is an Imperialist Militia and Solar Auxiliary event only. And finally, the 28th of February is Firefight in Eastleigh, and that is a Centurion advice event. Now, I preface this with um, we just don't know if any of these are going to go ahead right now. Um, for Company of Legends, we're in a position whereby we are literally waiting for government advice um, because we just don't know what the what the situation. I imagine a lot of other event organizers are in this exact same position. We don't know what the situation is going to be like next week, never mind in two months' time. And, um, well, I'm, I'll be perfectly honest. I'm, I'm, you know, <laughs> well, we don't know what's going to happen. Um, I'm, you know, every day I'm in communication with the venue. I'm asking what's the situation. The government is giving out advice, but the venue is not, you know, doesn't know what the crack is because when they're speaking to the, the wider scout organization, as I said, it, it's all very, we're living by the uh, seat of our pants right now, it feels like, in a way, event organisers. And, and a lot of us are in the same position. So um, not much I can do about that. But uh, as soon as we know, we will let you guys know. And that's basically all the events we've got. So we'll run into the close. That brings to an end another episode of Edge of Empire and our Raven Guard special. Hope you enjoyed it. We're always happy to get criticism. We're expecting it embraced for it. I think Michael's got the, the servers especially lined up to filter it through. <laughs> uh, as always, uh, please leave us some reviews on iTunes. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. God, we're everywhere. We're like the plague. Um, actually, I've joined it. I've joined Instagram, Michael. Oh, excellent! I haven't even on it yet, but I have. I, I've taken tentative steps in. Uh, links will be at the bottom of the show notes. Um, as always, give our Facebook page a like too, because Graham likes to have his ego massaged, and it, it just it makes everyone's uh, everyone involved month easier if we get at least one like a month. Uh, if you want to get in touch with us, you can post on our Facebook wall or post in the Edge of Empire community page if you're a part of that. If you're not, feel free to join. It's full of memes and things, but you know we're cracking down. It, it's uh, most it's it's mostly Carl talking about blood uh, dark angels and um, Fifth saying, "Hey, I, uh, Imperial fists are rubbish." And it's great. I love it. It's yeah. actually, it's, you know, somebody said, they actually commented on how friendly it was. So that's a good thing, right? 
Yeah, yeah absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, or okay. you can email us at the rush at edge of empire.co.uk as Ed did, uh, and we will all get to see that and we can go through them. If you want to help out the show, we have an affiliate link with Audible, so you can sign up to get your Horace Heresy audiobooks uh, through them. You get a month's free trial when you sign up, and after that, $7.99 a month for an audiobook, which is pretty good considering most of them would normally cost you, you know, 15 quid upwards. 30 quid for Saturnine yeah. or 7.99 on, on on Audible as a member. Exactly. Basically. Absolute bargain. And you can always return them and change your credits over and stuff like that. It's always useful. I usually do. Yeah. I got Amazon now. Amazon's I, uh, after us. I got stamped down on that. They they stopped me returning things. Yeah, I mm. have to I have to contact them by chat every time I want to do that. It's not a problem. They've never turned me down for it. It's part oh, of the okay. I haven't bothered doing that yet. It's just they uh, make it more difficult for you. Yeah. You can become a patron of the show and uh, pop a couple of dollars in the tip jar. Uh, we are eternally grateful and constantly surprised that people are willing to help us on this crazy journey. Uh, you can help us also by going through the advert on our website to purchase your war going through toys through Element Games. And we have what's the deal with the outpost? Oh, it's the same thing, yeah, Element. Same uh, thing. Yeah, we've got an advert on the website. It's not a very big advert right now. I need to need to make that a bit better. Um, but yeah, they do the same thing uh, because you know not everybody wants to go to the same store. They want to support other stores, and that's cool. Uh, we all have element crystal codes, which means when you place your order, you get double crystals, uh, and we get normal crystals. Uh, they are in the show notes. Uh, Rob gave his out earlier, so I'm not going to give it out again. Uh, <laughs> Mine is CHR2 double one. Graham's is GRA794. <coughs> Michael's is MIC double four zero. Uh, as I said, Rob can, Rob's is in there somewhere already. Uh, next month, who knows what we're doing? We haven't planned that far ahead, but whatever it is, yeah. I'm sure it'll be exciting. He says. Mm hmm. Silence. As as we said earlier, we'll have our between now and then. Hopefully, get the uh, first episode of Straight Silver out. So, if you're interested in the Sabbath Crusade and the Adventures of the Gaunt uh, Ghosts, which we probably won't get to just yet because there's a lot of stuff to cover before we get to that, uh, tag along for that when it appears. So, just brings it to say good afternoon, good night, and we'll speak to you in a month. All right. Have a great, great month, everybody. I look forward to speaking to you then. All right. Bye-bye. Take care. Cheers, guys. Good night.